today, and I don't know why, and it just started just an hour and a half ago. I was fine all day, and then it's just like, nope, you hurt now. Or What's that? I started, I started getting a sore throat, like, right before. Are you set Your last message? No. I don't know why. It's probably just because I'm upset about baseball. <laughs> I'm pretty upset that baseball exists as well. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I'm so mad that you follow baseball when you could be following the Devils. You're in Jersey. Have some pride. Look, I follow sports. I mostly became interested in sports so I'd have something to talk with my dad about, and he wasn't into hockey because he was into hockey when it was about fighting. Look, if they were still fighting in hockey, then maybe I would be into it. Yeah, okay. They pussied it out, though. I mean, yeah. They really, really did. <laughs> but, you know, that's what they do with sports. They pussy out all the time. Oh, yeah. Basketball has, is so much pussier than when I was a kid, even. But that's because there was a riot in Detroit. That kind of changed things. <laughs> Yo, when... fuck Detroit. I'm calling Eminem and ICP out. <laughs> that's not true. Like Eminem and ICP would even fucking care. A nobody <laughs> on the internet is calling them out when they are actually making money. Eminem has notoriously thin skin, though. I know, but he doesn't have skin thin enough <laughs> to care about what some random, like, dopey-ass podcaster has to say when he is literally selling out stadiums. At least, like, the people he gets upset with are people that are as probably wealthy as him. Yeah, that's just because those are the people, only people he actually interacts with. Yeah, like If he exactly. actually heard you, then he would probably would get pretty mad. The thing is, I don't even, like, I actually really like Eminem. So, like, I don't <laughs> yeah. even want to make him mad. But, but, can you think about how infamous our podcast would be if he called <laughs> it out? Dude, that would make it. <laughs> like, it's crazy that, like... I like this guy, but, like, if I could somehow make sure he, like, I got under his skin enough for him to call us out in, like, a rap or something, we mm -hmm. would actually be famous. Yes. That's <laughs> how that works. That guy is huge. And I never even re... Like, I didn't even re... This is gonna sound so stupid and, like, <laughs> millennial of me or whatever. But, like, the way uh -huh. I figured out how huge he was was by looking at how many people follow him on Twitter... <laughs> Be the way like this is the thing is that when you grow up in a small town and um, mm -hmm. you find like that CD with the explicit like label on the front or whatever and you're a kid and you're just like oh this looks cool or whatever you pick it up you show it to your friends and then like there's maybe five of you in the, the like the high school that you're in like the small high school of 200 students so the, uh, five is a pretty high percentage actually there's like the five of you listening to it, and, like, you all know and love it. And then, like, you meet other people later on in your life that have heard of him, but it never clicks to you that, like, a hundred million people <laughs> are in the same boat until you, like, look on Twitter and see that this motherfucker is, like, one of the biggest people on it, apparently. Let me see what he's at. It's really fucking huge. Oh, never mind. He only has 19 million. He's a little bitch. Ah. Uh. What's Ashton Kutcher at now? 
Ashton Kutcher has long since been the oh Ashton Kutcher's at like nothing. People don't care about him anymore. Okay, Old man. Yeah, he's only at seventeen million, and, and I know that it's like oh, only seventeen yeah, yeah. million. But when you consider that, like, I think Mariah Carey, who is literally a nobody now, yeah, she even has fifteen million. Mm. So like. What's Lady Gaga at? This is just the podcast now, by the way. <laughs> okay. Lady Gaga, yeah. Lady Gaga is at 51.9 million followers. Sounds about right. That, I love her, though. She is one of my favorite artists. Not even, like, as a guilty pleasure or ironically. I think she's fucking wonderful. I love everything she stands for. She's so good. I didn't like Art Pop as much as Art her. Pop is fucking trash, but you know what? Even the Beatles had some shitty albums and songs. So, it's okay. Yeah. Tangent over. Anyways, <laughs> this is the Burning Barrel Podcast. Welcome, we're back. I'm so sorry for... I'm just going to take the full blame on this. It's totally my fault that we haven't done this. I've been messaged like incessantly every week <laughs> about like when we should do another podcast and I've been wanting to but I've been kind of putting it off because like we were going to do one yesterday. Yeah. And um like I apologize for not getting back to you. I can explain why and I will. That <clears throat> was also probably good cuz I kind of passed out early yesterday. So, okay. I had a shitty day at work. Yeah. And, like, even when I got picked up, like, from my girlfriend or whatever, uh-huh. she was, like, trying to talk to me, and I just said, I don't want to talk to anybody, and we didn't talk all night. Wow. I was just so done with everybody in the world. I uh-huh. just wanted to go home, put on some headphones, and just, like, listen to other people talk to each other while, like, staring blankly off into space. Mm-hmm. Like, I was so fucking done. That's why I didn't even respond when you uh, messaged me on Twitter after, because yeah. I was just like, no, like, we're done. <laughs> Don't, not I, I, mean, I, I figured it was something with your work. It was bad. Cause... Yesterday was the worst day I've actually had in a long time, and I don't even know why. It was shitty. But today, as you can tell, was a normal day. It was fine. Mm-hmm. And um, That's good. We're here. Yay! And, uh, yeah, other times, like, this past month, I've just basically been either too busy, uh, feeling kind of shitty, or just the same thing where I I was exhausted, came home, and basically passed out. Yeah. Yeah. That's all it's been. It hasn't been anything like, we should put it on hiatus, so then people will really crave it, or something. It wasn't anything weird, or PR-related, or sinister, or even, like, scary on one of our parts, where, like, we found out we had cancer or something. It was literally just, it never worked out. Schedules, man. And doing other stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of it. Like, living life to the fullest, as it were. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyways, we have a shitload of stuff to talk about because of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. My list is not in any way in any order. <laughs> so, we can just kind of bounce around, I think. Or, like, yours seems to be in order. Like, actually... Yeah, my because I write down stuff as I yeah as I do it throughout the weeks. So my stuff sort of in the sections is ordered by like order of when I did stuff. Okay, well we can just kind of go through your stuff and I'll throw in some of mine randomly in there. Okay, 
Let's start with uh, Super Mario Maker. Did we not talk about this? We did. Okay. So, like, the big thing for me is I sort of have gone... I've been making levels, and I've been... I, like, shifted in terms of, like, what I was thinking about when I was making levels a bunch of times. Have you... Has your idea of what a level should be shifted? It's not even what a level should be that I'm getting into. It's more like, okay, what levels can I make that people will play and like in the this weird form where people just are being served random levels? Yeah. It's like that, or then I got tired of doing that and then tried to make weird, mazy levels where there were like multiple ways to get through stuff. Like so puzzle levels sort of thing. Yeah, but like not you have to solve this puzzle or you can't move forward <clears throat> to the next one. More like there are all these different it's more maze like. So there are all these different ways you could go and kind of all of them will lead you to the right path, but if there's just shit you don't want to deal with, there are just like other ways you can go and like the challenge comes from just being fucking confused cuz you're getting too much information at once. You're like where the fuck do I go? That's actually exactly <laughs> what like normal Mario ghost houses are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. For the most part. I mean, toned yes. down to a playable yeah, yeah, level, yeah. but, like, that's what they are. They are, like, you can basically take any path you want and finally find your way out, yes. but, like, one path might just of, be faster. Uh, yeah, they have the advantage of multiple exits, so it yeah. feels like stuff. Also, I'm super excited. They're going to release a update-free DLC for Mario Maker that's going to include checkpoints, they're putting checkpoints into the game. That is actually a game changer and will make me play that again a lot. That Absolutely. is the one problem I have with that game, and I've yeah. gone on record saying this. In Super Meat Boy, it's fine dying all the time because you are back in the action instantly. It is not fine dying all the time, starting from the beginning in some of these shitty Mario levels. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Once you're really playing a lot of Super Mario Maker, the the big thing is like pressing pause and hitting start over is so much faster than listening to the dying noise. Yeah. I mean, then you Tony Hawk it, right? Where like, yeah, yeah, yeah. even if you yeah. don't do it perfectly the way you want it, you just do that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's when you get into a good rhythm with it, which is sort of like a shame that like the, it's a, the system based around lives is the the only way they serve stuff to you for the most part. Yeah, for sure. Uh, they're also going to put out like a, a special channel of like featured levels or something. Yes. Like some, there was a level from some Facebook challenge or something they said was going to be the first one. And that's a way they could serve from Nintendo created levels. Also, they're going to put in the thing where you can like attach a fire flower to a mushroom so that if someone's big, when they hit the mushroom, it'll be a fire flower instead. Are they doing right. anything to fix the, like, level leaderboards, as it were, so that, like, people with a million followers like Ross and Gerard don't just have top slots all the time? I don't think so. And I don't know how I mean, you fix that. I mean, you do it the way you were saying, like, put a featured thing on it, and, like, maybe you like this level, this has kind of the same elements in it, like an algorithm to kind of detect what, like, you might have liked about a level. Mm-hmm. I mean, they have, they have, like recommended level stuff when you play a level yeah but i don't know how good that stuff is 
or how good their algorithm is. So, I mean, they're still going to have the problem I have where, like, the people, like, PewDiePie, if he makes a level, will be the number one slot always because of mm-hmm. popularity, not because of quality. Yeah, there's, there, yeah, that, the, the top starred stuff is just broken because of yeah. out of game meta, basically. That's so lame. I hate. Th- yeah, it sucks. It makes that whole list useless. You know why I hate that though is because Google and like Amazon and stuff have these great algorithms to get around that when I'm browsing shit. Mm-hmm. That I want that in everything. Like, of course, if I watch the Game Grumps a lot, I'm gonna get a lot of like. You should check out Ego Raptor and Ninja Sex Party and stuff, and that's fine because that's what I'm into. But at the same time. I start watching just, like, small animation channels. I will start getting recommended, like, weird small animation channels I would have never heard of before. That's what I like. But, like, Google and all these big corporations that have the the internet presence. I'm not even going to say an internet presence, <laughs> but the internet presence. Yeah. Of course they have the time and money to put behind that and behooves them. I just wish everything did because it's so good when you find some like that diamond in the rough sort of thing and start off at the ground level. That's kind of what I want in Mario Maker, but it seems like it's going to go the Facebook route of more likes, more like visibility. Yeah. Yep. Oh, totally well. that. <laughs> Oh well. Yeah. Anyways, um so this is gonna sound really pointed and mean, but are you getting better at making levels? <laughs> oh for sure. I don't mean I don't mean it in the way that like your levels were terrible, even though I hated some of the RNG elements you put in them <laughs> that I played. Mm. But like I meant it more like you're spending time with it, like are you starting to get like a real sense for what you want in a level and how to design it now. Yeah, it's because I'm because I'm trying this weird challenge of like making it this particular kind of difficulty. I'm definitely getting better at that. Okay. Um I, I guess yeah. the question it's, is it's more like the puzzle, like making the maze thing. Yeah. Was like a level that I found it interesting enough that I spent more time making it than a lot of the other levels I made, so I think it was better just from that fact. I guess, like, the more accurate way I meant to phrase that is, do you find yourself doing a lot less, um, a lot less kind of, like, putting something down and just seeing if it works, like, a lot less trial and error and kind of having a more clarity of what you want and going into it with that? Because it yeah, seemed like, like your one level you said was literally just, I wonder if you can do this and then put it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I stopped that pretty... Like, I made a ton of, like, easier levels after I made those super hard ones. And I was... I had much more of a plan with those. But then I made a level that was literally, let's make challenges... So I made this one level that nobody's beaten online. Although that... that and I had to, I did it did get taken down and I changed it slightly and put it back up. But it was literally just like, let me make a level that each challenge is like using the bizarre mechanics of Super Mario World that are in this game. Oh no, you don't have a thing so, where you have to throw a fucking springboard and then hit in midair, do you? No, it was okay. nothing that's ridiculous. It's just the stuff that it seems like people who play the, the game normally just don't no, like just throwing an object up is or spin jumping on enemies. Oh, 
Like, people just don't know you can do that. Like on a thwomp or something? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So those levels just, that level just doesn't get beaten. But it's not, it's not actually ridiculous. It was a little ridiculous, but I, I made it simpler and easier. But uh, it's just interesting that, like, there are people who just, there's part of Mario that people are fluent in, and then there's Super Mario World. <laughs> Um, maybe give me the code for that. I'd like to try it, and then, like, I can put in the show notes if people are interested in it, too. Okay. Yeah. Later on, though, obviously. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but Super Mario Maker is still a thing. People are still playing it. I like it. I just, like, dude, shit has been coming out. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. It was, it was a game I was basically fiddling with every day. It was, like, my little... Like, I would get to my desk, I'd see if people had played my levels, I'd fiddle with stuff. I, I've, I've sort of stopped that roar recently, but for a while there, I was doing it, I was playing with it every day. I, the, like, I've been trying to make a level in it, and uh, it's really fucking hard. Because my, the way I wanted to make the level wasn't just like, I want to have fun with this stuff and see what I can create. I've been trying to think about, like, teaching the player a mechanic at like at the beginning implementing that and then like increasing the difficulty like the way that you would kind of think about like level design mm-hmm. where it's like in one one the first thing you encounter is a goomba and that teaches you that like you have to jump because you can't run into it it will hurt you if you try like you just start over sort of thing so there must be a way to get around it and then when you jump there's a good chance you're going to hit one of those blocks so that the, like, given the block will teach you that, like, you can hit things with your head and maybe, like, these coin ones will have a different effect sort of thing. And then, like, there's pipes. So you have to know how to jump over the Goomba to get past that. Then you have to know how to jump higher up to get past the pipes and then across them, like, to get over the gap later. Like, that sort of thing. And that's really fucking hard to make an interesting level. Like, one... This game has made one one the like definition of the perfect level design in oh, my head. It's fucking incredible. Yeah. But um like the big thing with a Mario game is it's it's a whole game. Yeah. So they can do they the way they make those games and I've I saw like interviews with Miyamoto and like the other guy who's head of it is they think up fun stuff they just want to do. Yeah. Like of just sit and that's the like levels that are at the end of the game but then like the hard work is like constructing these early levels that have to teach the player yeah the reason like new super like the newer games like if you've played mario those early levels kind of suck because they're assuming the person playing them is like this is their first mario game yeah they have to like teach them everything all over again that's right yeah because they made lost levels which didn't do that and uh that happened or in the like in the thing like uh super mario uh, 64 you are actually teaching that same generation a whole new set of skills they will have to learn so those first levels in a 3d world that's why they're kind of shitty and weird Mm -hmm. because you're learning a 3d environment and then later on they implement like don't get me wrong that game controls like ass it always has it still does and people that can play it are like gods in my mind because I don't understand how the fuck they can get around how shitty that game plays. <laughs> but the th- there is still that ramp up where you go into like 
the main Goomba land. I can't even remember what the name is because I hate that game so much. But like you go into the first painting and it's just basic ass Goombas and some like little 3D environments to get you used to like moving the camera around if you need to. Like you're going up a mountain that kind of spirals up. So you have to the camera will move and stuff like that. And you have to do some weird jumps and it's all in a safe environment. Then you get to like the end game, like TikTok clock, and they take away all the things that would make you safe. And they're just like, at this point, this is where you've honed your skills, you've learned what to do, and like you just have to do it now. And it's mm-hmm. harder. Like, even in that game, their design is impeccable. It is perfect. The thing is, I don't want to go through those first like three levels of learning every single time anymore. <laughs> yeah, I just yeah. don't. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, uh, the other thing I'll I want to mention about Mario is like going back and just trying to play older Mario games. Uh-huh. Once I've played Mario Maker, it's like they've changed. Like those, the physics in those games has changed. They play better than the old games. Honestly, it's like yeah. a big thing with Mario Maker to me is it just plays better than those older Mario games, but uses like those two D aesthetics that are really what I like. Yeah. So I fucking love it. <laughs> I have to say though, I actually hate using the triggers as like your spin jump and stuff like that. I wish it was still mapped or at least give me the option to map it to like how it used to be where you would like hold up and jump sort of thing to do certain jumps or like push B. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it was I, I don't I don't I like remember. the learning curve, like the beginning learning curve where you pick up Mario Maker and you don't know how to spin jump, which is like the easiest thing to pick up instantly on the Super Nintendo. Yeah, on the Super Nintendo, it's spaced weird from where the run button is to spin jump because they don't want you using it all the time. Yeah. It's bigger like when you're pl- if you're when you're playing that game on emulator or like Yeah. playing like Kaizo stuff where they that's constructed for you to use the spin jump, so you like rebind it to a much easier button to press. Because the spin jump in Super Mario World is fucking broken as shit. Yeah, it's overpowered. It is, like ridiculously, like they toned it down a lot. Like you can't uh, saw blades. You can't spin jump on saw blades. I found that out the hard way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there's like, so that's another thing. It's like toning down some of the stuff in Super Mario World that was ridiculous and stupid and but like keeping most of it so it still sort of feels the same. Sure. There's a lot of like I really it's one of those things you look at it and you makes me really appreciate the amount of balancing work Mar- Nintendo has still put into this game that they keep making over and over again. <laughs> and it's it's just like, oh, if you took away some of the stuff in New Super Mario Brothers that made it more explory, they are still kind of making the game I want. They've just been doing other stuff. Like the mechanics sort of were there. They were just making levels that were designed differently that weren't as in, that weren't really the thing I'm into. Yeah. I hope they do more stuff with Mario Maker though. Like as of right now, it's basically just a level creating platform. Yeah. But I hope they kind of go like, like how uh, 3D Mario, like Mario Galaxy games sort of thing. Like they can release a bunch of them if they wanted to with the same mechanics or in it. Or like the new Super Mario Brothers stuff. They can release multiple versions of that game 
in different platforms and different levels and stuff. I kind of hope they use Mario Maker like a platform for releasing their own shit as well. Where mm-hmm. it'd be really cool to play through a game where in one level you're going from like NES Mario to like Mario World Mario if you go through one pipe or uh, Super Mario Brothers 3 Mario in another pipe and different mechanics to reflect that. Like I think they could do some really cool things using just nostalgia as the button they push for the level design that I would really be into. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm curious to see what they do with it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Maybe just better curation tools for now. Oh would god. Be enough. <laughs> or and like uh they also need like some sort of tagging system. Yeah, like, they do. Badly. They do. Because then everything that would be tagged like Kaizo or unfair or what, like even if they just put their or own automatic, <laughs> just ignore that shit. I like those in a, th- so I, I don't like those when I'm, they like come up cause and I'm playing hundred Mario <laughs> or like yeah. I'm playing on normal and a fucking automatic level comes up cause people suck and like die on those things. And I'm like, Oh, well, yeah, now I just, just sit here for a while. No, like, yeah, I can see from that because you actually want to play a game. Yes. But every now and then, like, at the end of a session, if I've been playing a few levels, I'll just put one of those on and just kind of admire the fucking Rune Goldberg machine that they made. I I made a level and I put, like, a simple automatic section at the end as, like, a reward if if you got this way through this path in one of my levels. I okay. This like is that. another thing they have to do. They have to make rewards count. I'm never gonna care if you put a one up in one area because it means literally nothing. I know there are people like building their levels <laughs> around exploring to find one ups, and it's like, ugh. Yeah. <laughs> like they have to make those count somehow. I don't know how they could do it, but they have to make it so that like there's a reason why I want to go this way. I think. But a. You put the like gold coins in and say on this map there are there's the achievement for beating it there's a flag for beating it and then you can just get these things and then you'll say you did that thing too. I feel like that's that's the way to do it. What about if you could do leaderboards for a level where it's not only like at the end mm-hmm. how like if you beat it or not, but there's like a thing for how fast you beat it compared to your friends or how many coins you collected compared to your friends. Cause even then like uh, a level that is literally nothing but grabbing a whole bunch of coins becomes a challenge where it's like, Oh shit. I can't believe Hank got those two coins. I didn't think you could reach and beat my score because of it. Yeah, that would be good. A little meta gaming happens like, cause a game like, uh, like, I don't know. There, there are plenty of 2d platformers that do that kind of stuff. So like, and yeah, or whatever. Yeah, no, exactly. It's just kind of adding a small little thing. It's basically adding statistics in at the end that yes. people can use to metagame with their friends, which I always think keeps a game fresh. Yep. So, I don't know. Maybe just food for thought, Nintendo, since I know you listen. <laughs> Nintendo is always listening. I'm at, I might actually email like their PR and say, that I think this is a good idea, and see if I get a response. <laughs> Because I really like the idea. Mm-hmm. I think it would be great to just have a level that is like a bunch of blocks that like shoot out coins or whatever, or just a bunch of coins in random spots that look like they're hard to get. And then at the end, it's just like, yeah, I got 56 coins, bitch. 
the other thing from N and and plus that they really should have is uh that plenty of games have is like saved replays that people can watch okay. for like every person's run. That would really make that game. Even if it's just the top replays from the people that beat it fastest or something, I would love to see it. Yeah. Some levels even just to the people that beat it, like 30 out of like 500,000 people, I want to see what those 30 people did. Yeah. And there are plenty of games that do that, so I know it's not fucking impossible. So, like, Dust Force, I think, does that. Uh, oh, dude, like, let's just plus. even go back to Super Meat Boy. Where, yeah. like, you can actually see every death attempt, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Ugh. they totally could do that. And they're they Nintendo, for Christ's sake. They have, like, they could probably rent out a full Google warehouse of servers if they wanted to. Yeah. For that. They should totally do it. They should do that. The, re- the replay stuff is huge. Because if you're just, if you made a level and could see the people who played it, like, their runs that, like, makes it. That also makes like the if even if you're just gonna be a dick like that it gives value to that at least yeah <laughs> at least see people suffering yeah exactly and then you can see all the stupid dev doors people put it put in to just upload a level and I'm yes like if you can always watch the the winning run of the creator that like mm. okay. Like, we're going to move on, I swear. This isn't the (laughs) Mario Maker podcast. It is still Bernie Barrel. The one thing, like, if you're listening to this and you make levels, don't do this. Don't put in an easy way out for yourself and then, like, make it actually impossible, basically, for other people. That's shitty and stupid, and you're a stupid ass if you do that. Dev doors are, like, the worst idea. I mean, I like putting in easier paths for people if they can find them but i always make sure i can fucking beat the main way that is a whole different story though exactly yeah it's similar but it's also completely different because if you're just creating fucking garbage that you don't even bother play testing and then make a door around it you're just an asshole i think that's what like i don't watch giant bomb a lot anymore but i do watch anytime they do a mario maker thing yeah. Which has been only twice now, as far as I know, anyway. Yeah. That's what I do like about watching that process, is they put a bunch of stupid random shit together that the ch- their chat will say, yeah. and kind of, like, make it work somehow. But then they will playtest it live, and you can see it get uploaded. You can see that it is beatable. Yeah. Yeah, no, those streams have been really good. Yeah. And then seeing Patrick go through them, <laughs> and just, yeah. like, getting the whole wrong idea... Oh, it's so good. It's frustrating, but at the same time, like, it's frustrating because I would be the same way. I would totally miss, like, the, the, like, uh, the obvious way to do it, like he does. Uh Uh-huh. The best was, like, they were periscoping themselves in, like, watching the stream of Patrick playing it. That was like, laughing at him? Yes. Amazing. (laughs) I have to find that. I'm sure there's a video of it. That was, that was actually the best was watching them watch Patrick play it on stream. Did he ever beat the Reikening? He did. Okay, I need to see that VOD for sure. Yeah. That level, like, that level actually looked like the best designed hard lev- hardest level I've ever seen. I love that 
Dan was just like specifically making it to fuck with Patrick. Like he picked up on things that of like ways Patrick thought about levels and parts of like playing the game that he was bad at, which is yeah. why two blocks are everywhere in it. <laughs> okay, to be fair, nobody's good at bouncing music blocks, blocks. Yeah, music blocks suck. Because even if you think you know how to do them, you will still fuck up. Yeah. I hate them. They are, oh my god. I wish I could talk to Miyamoto and just be <laughs> like, you need to fire whoever thought of this idea. Oh, you did? You need to get out. <laughs> <laughs> I hate them so much. With okay, I need to know one thing, but like, don't ruin the run for me where he beats it. Yeah. Watching it the first time through, I saw the coins in a specific pattern that looks like you need to hit a P switch to go back up on. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> I don't remember. So I haven't, I haven't actually watched that the end of it. Okay, so but you know I he do beat know, it. I do. I know he beat it. And I know there are a ton of red herrings in the in the level, so that could be a red herring. Interesting, because okay. that was one of Dan's things was like f- creating a thing that looked like you had to go up it, only for it to be a dead end, just to fuck with Patrick. Because <laughs> he would get like super into figuring out how to get up to a place, and then it would be super hard, and then he would die. <laughs> it would all be for nothing. I like this. <laughs> I really like, like, from what I saw of it, um, there's, like, one point where there's just a bunch of lava and, like, a pipe in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And, like, he sees it accidentally while, like, falling once. And then he's huh. like, ooh, or whatever. So he gets back to it. <laughs> and then it's, like, literally nothing. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, it's so good. It's so good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's still a game. Talk about 20XX. Let's move on. So 20XX is, uh, something that seems kind of copyright infringery. It's basically someone decided to make a roguelike Mega Man X game that also has online co-op. I hear it's good. Yeah, it's, it's pretty good. I haven't played that much of it, but, uh, I guess we could play together, couldn't we? Yeah, I've I've heard mixed things about how well the online multiplayer has worked so far. Okay, but um, I just really wanted to. That idea sounded so cool. I really just wanted to investigate for myself if the game was any good, and the game is good. It's it's just fucking nuts, like that, of like going through several bosses and then dying and losing your whole run in like a Mega Man X type game, and you're like, fuck. <laughs> I just feel I just feel broken. <laughs> You know what I think bolsters this too? They release this at the perfect time. Oh, for sure. Because Mighty Number no. Nine has a lot of people fucking pissed, uh-huh. and this is exactly what people want. Yeah. It, yeah. Even better too, because I don't think Mighty Number no. Nine is even going to try with like a co-op thing. Mm-hmm. So like, they, they, I, they either are the smartest people alive. Or they are, got super lucky and, like, they finished development to a point where they could release this around the time of, like, giant controversy. Yeah. But, yeah. Good on them. I'm glad. Like, I hope yeah. this works out for them. I, I'm i actually adding it to cart right now. I'm buying it as we talk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because I've been wanting to check this out and I totally forgot it existed. Yeah. The one thing I'll say about its, its roguelikeness is it's clearly, uh, like, 
the you, you'll see the same sort of section stuff over again. Okay, so it's procedurally generated, not like uh, random. Yeah. Okay. Kind of like Spelunky. Like you'll see the same kind of tile sets. Mm hmm. Okay. You recommend it? Yeah, it's fun. It's only 15 bucks or something. It's on sale right now, actually, I think. No, it's only $13. The yeah. full price will be 15 Okay. I mean, okay, let's be honest. $2 isn't much of an incentive for, like, buying no. it early. <laughs> but, um, I mean, I want to play it. I, how, like, what's your experience with Mega Man? Mega Man X games are my some of my favorite games ever made, so I'm excited to, about this. Right so now. somehow Mega Man is like a game I never played as a kid. Uh-huh. Just like I didn't know anyone who had it. I never really played it. But like seeing Mega Man X, Mega Man X is fucking great. Mega Man X is legitimately one of the best video games ever made. Like I'm the only my only problem with playing Mega Man X is like sprite lag that like, is my mm. problem with going back to Super Nintendo games. Like, Super Mario World has sprite lag that fucking drives me nuts at this point. Well, like, all of those old games do. I think what yeah. gets me past it is nostalgia. Because yeah, I know yeah. I know where the sprite lag is going to hit, and I use that to my advantage Yeah. when I'm playing, oh. like, an emulated version of those. Super Mario World, I was, try I've been I was trying to uh, practice speedrun stuff for it. Uh -huh. And there's just one part where there's like th four invisible blocks in an underwater section, and I'm bringing Yoshi with the flag, and the game fucking chugs. <laughs> yeah, it's horrible. Ugh. But in a way, endearing the way video games used to be. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. I like I'm doing. I'm like I'm have Yoshi there so I can. Sp like spin jump off him back into him so I can skip through a corner and then go under the level. Like I'm I'm pushing I'm like doing fucked up shit to the game, but it's still it's like ugh. <laughs> I'm still firmly in the belief that you can tell how revolutionary a video game was by how much it chugs and pushed limitation. Mm hmm Yeah. Because if they if it didn't, it was boring and useless back then. Like if it chugs now, it still holds up because they tried something. Damn it! I don't know, man. Tekken, Tekken still holds up, and that runs beautifully. That was also completely different hardware. Yes. <laughs> but like things like Tekken and Tony Hawk on PlayStation, those games worked because, like, in an era where load times were garbage, they were fast. Like you would yeah. get back into the action really quick. In an oh. era where that, like, was not the case. Kodiak G Pro's asking, Paul, do you play War Thunder? I do not, but I know you do. How's War Thunder? Is it great? You, Hank. I don't know what War Thunder is. Oh, fuck. Maybe I'm thinking of Ty. I know Probably. somebody was, like, on my ass for a while, like... Get War Thunder. That totally sounds like Ty now it that I think about like it. sounds like Ty. Yeah. Okay, was, never mind. I'm sorry. <laughs> he was on that, like, uh, World of Warships thing for a while. And then yeah. there was Freedom Planet. He's Freedom Planet is that old, uh, like, Sonic remake game thing, right? Not, like, it plays like a Sonic game. 
I'm yeah, you're right. That is freedom. Play. I'm thinking of some other game. It was a it's some some Vita game. Freedom Wars, I think. A Vita like, game? That doesn't sound like Ty. <laughs> I thought he hated the Vita. It was like the one game because it's like oh. some weird monster hunter thing or something. I don't freedom even. Wars. I don't even. I don't even. Yeah, Freedom Wars is what I was thinking of, but I don't even know what it is. I do know that I went into a Target and they had like thirty copies of it. <laughs> Cause and somehow someone who was stocking that that Target thought Freedom Wars on the Vita was gonna be the fucking best selling thing. It <laughs> actually looks cool. I have to it. say it does. It looks neat. It's just not the kind of game I want to play on a Vita. Like there are games I want to play on the Vita. That's not the kind of game I want to play on the Vita. That I mean you're you're probably right. I want to play like Monster Mon Piece really bad. <laughs> It's not even a joke. <laughs> I need to play it. I need to see. I just like weird gimmicky things that uh-huh. people try with stupid like hardware things, like being like shaking the thing to make their clothes or like stroking the thing to make their clothes come off. Yeah, like that is a stupid idea. I need to play it. Mm-hmm. I need to see if it even has like any reason to exist. <laughs> because like with Mario, sure, it's just like that. I know how Mario plays. Like, sure, this can play here, whatever. I need to yeah. see how this game where you stroke girls' clothes off, how that plays. <laughs> gotcha. Like a drug addict trying to find, like, the new hot thing, <laughs> the new sexy drug. The latest gameplay hotness. Yeah, which is why when Super Meat Boy came out, it's like, wait a minute, you can do, like, platforming stuff and not have the jumping feel shitty? Amazing. <laughs> Or not the jumping, rather. The, like, wall of physics stuff. Yeah. Because their jumping in that game actually feels kind of floaty and shitty, <laughs> to be completely honest. Yeah, you really feel it with the uh, fans and the, some of the other the, the other mechanics. The fans are bad design. That was a bad design that they put into a good game. Yeah. It's too bad. It was almost perfect. Those fans actually ruined that experience for me. Mm. Maybe if they came later... They come in, like, stage two, which is a terrible time to introduce something that sucks that much. Yep. Anyways. Uh, So I also played the uh, Plague of Shadows DLC for Shovel Knight that lets you play as Plague Knight. I hate Plague Knight. That kind of sucks. I hate Plague Knight. It's not fun. No. Because they didn't redesign the game around him. They just shoved him into that game, and it's like, I could just play a Shovel Knight, and then the game would be really good. Or I could play this shit, where one of my attack buttons also determines my double jump? What? Fuck you. Fuck you. It's, yeah, no, I don't like Plague Knight at all, and, like, I got into a little Twitter argument, and you know what? It's totally disingenuous to say it was a Twitter argument. It was me saying something about how bad it was, somebody disagreeing and saying why they thought it worked, me retorting with it would work if the levels were designed around it and not just taking an enemy out here or there or a platform to forcing you to do a mechanic instead of the way you would with Shovel Knight. And then he just basically said something like, okay, well, I disagree, but like I can see where you're coming from, and that was it. We like left on a totally high note. Uh-huh. <laughs> so it wasn't an argument necessarily. It was more like he didn't mind 
the way they designed that where like you have a whole different set of mechanics how you play that game with Plague Knight. Yeah. You do not have a whole different game. You just have the same levels with every now and then there will be one less platform, so you have to use the Plague Knight mechanic instead of doing a shovel knight thing. Yep. That's the and only I difference. Be, and I would be I've been fine if that were in the game when they released it. It's that I like I'm c I was like looking forward to a reason to come back to this game and then playing that and being like, oh no. I don't want to play this. You know <laughs> this what? isn't fun for me. You know this what I would have play. actually preferred is a way shorter experience, maybe even like five or six well-thought-out stages oh, for total, sure. and that's it. Like, give me a shorter thing that was thought out perfectly to deal with like what you do as the Plague Knight, and that would have been the perfect thing. Apparently, this- the thing I want is what they made for like the Battletoad stuff. But yes. that's on the version that's only on the Xbox One, which I'm never going to buy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, that being said, though, it is a free update, and yeah. it's really shitty of us to complain about that. <laughs> like, that's kind of what like stopped me from complaining about it on Twitter, is yeah, literally yeah, yeah. that I did not pay a single thing for it. It is a different thing that people can try if they want. I tried it. I didn't like it. I lost absolutely nothing but maybe 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. So, like, we're yeah, assholes for even getting angry about it. <laughs> it's, it's whatever, but whatever. I put time into it, and it wasn't fun. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like you put more Again, time into it than I did. I knew it wasn't fun yeah. for me, and I stopped. I, I, I really gave it a shot and was just, nope. Well, that's too bad. Yeah. I mean, if people did like it, I'm super glad for you. Yeah, that's great. If yeah. you liked it, cool. Yeah, you like, got a free great thing for you. For me, I just got a thing that I will never play. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, how's that any different than any Humble Bundle, right? hey Oh. We should talk about that a little bit later, but right now we should talk about Rainbow Six a bit, because we played that together. Yeah. That is a fun game, actually. <laughs> yeah. That game is pretty good. That being said, it has the Evolve Syndrome, where I had a fun weekend playing it. I don't care if uh-huh. I play it for a while. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, to the point where I don't know if I'll buy it, but I had fun with it. Oh, you'll buy Thanks it when it's on a sale bundle. for, like, 20 bucks, maybe. I mean, I thought I would do that with Evolve, too, and I'm not sure <laughs> we're going to do that with Evolve, so... Because nobody plays that game. <laughs> I've said it multiple times, and I will state it again. Yeah. Evolve, if it goes down to $30 or less for a full four or five pack, I will uh-huh. buy it and hand out copies. I'm mm-hmm. okay with that because then it's 30 bucks for a fun weekend, maybe two. Yeah. Exactly. And I'm okay with that. Like 30 like how much do you spend to go to a movie? Like maybe 15 bucks, all things considered. Yeah. So 30 bucks for two weekends worth of fun with some friends, worth it. Yep. Yeah. Not a single penny more. <laughs> <laughs> I guess for me though, it's actually more like if it's like twenty bucks because of the exchange rate. <laughs> uh, yeah, thirty dollars American is yeah. my maximum. Mm-hmm. But uh, Rainbow Six Siege, um, that game is one of those things where it feels in a weird way very one sided with the multiplayer where it feels way easier to attack and just shoot things on site than try to, like, strategically place things up to me. Yeah. 
Like it's just never, easier to I bust never, a wall down and shoot. Yeah, I never feel like I know what I'm what I'm doing on defense in terms right. of where I should put stuff or what I'm doing. Like I didn't get a handle on that really. It's easy to make pe- random like if you're playing with randoms, it's easy to make them hate you instantly for not doing exactly what they want. Yes. Like yes, I yes, I remember one of the I first mean, really, games th- we played th- it's just like put up a barrier here, like sparked in. He's like, okay, I guess we fucking lose. And it's like, what is this, Dota? Like, calm down. <laughs> I know. That's one of those games where it's like, if you're not, if I wasn't playing with friends, then I don't want to play it. <laughs> That's kind of actually what every MOBA has become for me now, which is too bad because I used to love playing MOBAs alone. But. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just, I guess I don't have the pay. It's one of those things. I spend my whole life, like every day, having to put on a polite face, deal with stupid customers and stupid coworkers, and be cordial. I don't want to put up with that shit when I'm. I don't want to put up with bullshit when I'm home and doing my hobby. Mm-hmm. Like I can. It's a one thing to have somebody like respectfully say why, like what you're doing is bad and how you can fix it to be better at a game. But everybody that is a random is an asshole, and they never do that. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. There there are ways to find slightly less than random if you find like yeah. a, a community place to just team up with people you don't know. That's the for way that I play Dota. That's actually, how I play Dota, yeah. With a giant bomb. Yep, that's what I did. Dot com. It's a video game website about video games. Or it's a chat room name within Dota. <laughs> yeah, it is that too. <laughs> I'm pretty sure there are people in there who didn't ever go to the Giant Bomb website also. <laughs> the the annoying thing is, like, this kind of still fits with Rainbow Six Siege, but I'm talking way more about Dota now. Yeah. Um, I see it from the other point of view, too, where, like, even playing with people that I know that, like, aren't going to be good because it's their first time playing, it's frustrating to see them make dumb mistakes. So, yeah. like, I see it from their side, too, and I think that's why it's annoying, because I know how annoying it is to be uh, to see that guy do something stupid, and I hate being that guy. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's yeah. actually, like, it's one of those things where ignorance is bliss. If you're playing a game for the first time and you don't know what you're doing, like, you don't care because you don't know what you're doing is bad. But when you know that, like, what yeah. you're doing is bad and you're doing it because you're an idiot... You just feel like shit. <laughs> like when you know all the things that could go wrong and like yeah. where your margin for victory is and what will screw it up. It's like, uh, <laughs> yeah, you know too much. Yeah. It's harder. It's harder than to, uh, to play through. Yeah. And that just goes for most things in life. Honestly, <laughs> that started for me with wow. I had a real fun time doing, like, the first time I did, uh, what the hell was it called, Dead Minds? Like, uh-huh. the first time you do an instance, it's mind-blowingly amazing. It's fun. You don't care what you're doing. You're just like, oh, okay, they could say I'm a tank, so I guess I got to go in here and just kind of, like, hit stuff until they're hitting me. Oh, we're all dead. What happened? It's like, well, you didn't do your aggro thing. Then they say, like, push this button. You push it, and you feel like stronger because everything's hitting you and they're dying slowly and you're not and blah 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 Uh and like it's just this mystical magical thing that's working somehow and then later on when you're doing like end game raiding for (laughs) like uh Uh what the fuck was it called not zg the one after it 
I guess molten core would have been it at that time. Like when you're doing molten core stuff and you're not min maxing how much your like fire resist is, and mm-hmm. there's somebody in there who's like, <laughs> you don't have full fire resist, you only have like seventy nine or whatever. Like that's frustrating to you, and it's such yeah. a dumb little thing. The magic is gone. It is literally numbers now. And if you don't yes. meet those numbers, you're not raining with us because you suck. You suck. But um, you're insufficiently prepared. That's where it started for me. It was with that game because huh. the magic was there when I first started playing it about uh-huh. playing with like random people from all over the globe doing this thing and just like being in this weird encounter thing with an ending. It was amazing. And then it dies as soon as you realize everything is math and you need the numbers to just like match up a certain way to win. Yeah. Anyways, yep. <laughs> that's what Rainbow Six Siege is kind of like. <laughs> <laughs> That's not at all what it's like. I really like the um, invasion mode or horde mode or whatever they call it thing where you can play with some friends, go in against some AI and kill everything and you win. Yes. That's yes. The AI is really good at fucking over, fucking you over. Yeah, I like I liked fighting the AI in that game. I kind of liked it more than fighting players. They're really good at randomly patrolling around where you aren't and then coming up behind you. Yeah. It's kind of terrifying how smart the AI can be in that game. It doesn't it doesn't take that much for AI to be good, but I'm sure it's a lot of work to get AI to do even a little. <laughs> also, ADK or G or however he wants to be known as ter- he's right, it's called Terrorist Hunt. And Terrorist Hunt is yeah. fun and is the thing that like if we had a group that had it, I would play that with. Yeah. Um, a game I, a game I probably wouldn't play with a group, even if we all had it. Battlefront. Yeah, yeah. Star Wars Battlefront had yeah. a beta too. Played yeah. that. That is what you expect. <laughs> it it is Battlefield, but with a Star Wars skin. That yeah. Um, if you really, <laughs> I mean. Dude, if you really, really like Star Wars, you should probably buy it because it's a competent shooter with Star Wars everything. Yes, that's why I've already I pre-ordered it because it was there were plenty of places where it was on sale for like forty-five bucks. Okay, and that was like, yeah, I'm gonna do that. <laughs> it's like a hundred and thirty for us. That's ridiculous. That is ridiculous. <laughs> because it's actually a hundred and ten for the full thing. There's like yeah, the sixty dollar yeah. thing and the fifty dollar thing add, yeah, the, to add on. Yeah, the fifty dollar season pass, which I don't think I'll care enough about the game to ever play that stuff. Also, no single player mode. Yeah, whatever. Come on now. It's fucking what I I know what video games are, man. I know what shooters are in this day. Come on. It sucks. Are you, Whatever. It sucks. Are you really saying whatever? No, this is... Okay. This is a thing <laughs> we have to get into. You all... Everybody should always raise a stink about anything they love doing some gross practices. There should Yo, be no... This game is gross. There should be Yay. no whatever. You should be contacting EA and saying, what the fuck? You, like, you love Star Wars. You like this game. You pre-ordered it. Hearing that they're not doing everything they can to make your experience an enjoyable one or even a normal one, you should be pissed right now. I just... 
or not. <laughs> my expectations for EA games that aren't Bioware, dude, pretty e- fucking like, low. Honestly, I'm I'm gonna throw this out there. Even ones that are Bioware at this point, <laughs> they've. EA has infected BioWare's standards. Oh, EA has totally infected BioWare. You're right. But I at least am, like, invested enough emotionally in... There's enough that those games do right that when they fuck it up, like, I think I blame a lot of what happened to Mass Effect 3 and its problems, specifically on EA. Not all of them, but a lot of them. I was fucking pissed. I'm still pissed. I just... I don't... When I play Battlefront, I might get pissed about there not being a single player. Dude, you're going to because you're gonna want you're gonna have that itch to be like, I want some good shooting in this universe, and I want to just like explore a wing of the Death Star or something. Like, I just want to go to Dagobah and not have to worry about fighting forty other guys. I kind of just want to like fight some AI and do a story thing. And they're not going to give that to you, and then they maybe will a year from now for, like, another 60 bucks, and you're going to be pissed. <laughs> like, it's the yeah. way they operate. It's gross. Speaking of, let's keep talking about gross practices. Payday 2 having skins you can buy is disgusting. It's fucked up. It's fucking fucked up. gross. And it's not even... Like, I can't remember who I was even talking to about this, but somebody was saying, like, it's not like you have to buy them or whatever. Uh-huh. You're, I mean, you're totally right. You don't have to buy them. But putting in gambling, things that exploit the nature of people that, like, the gambling thing, addiction, yeah. is fucking disgusting. CSGO does it. TF2 does it. It's all fucking gross where you get a case and then you have to spend real money to maybe get something cool. This is even worse. Dota, Dota does it. It's why I've spe- I've never spent money yeah. on Dota items. Because mm-hmm. I don't like the fucking capsule mechanic. I've spent money in Heroes of the Storm because I know what I'm fucking buying. It's overpriced as shit, but I know what I'm getting. The thing is, like, okay, I mean, I'm a Blizzard fanboy. What they're doing is gross, too, but from a completely yes. different standpoint. Yeah, At least they are marketing something to you, and you are getting the thing for the money they are asking from you. Yeah. I if I'm putting down my money, I want to know what I'm doing with it. It's a contract I don't agreement. Gambling. They yeah. say it is this amount. You say okay by paying it, and you yeah. get exactly what they said it was. It is a contract. You it, they treat you like an adult. Like you can have this thing. You're going to be charged this. Cool, and you're just like, no, that's stupid, and then you don't do it, or you're like, okay, yeah, fine, I kind of like this, and then you spend the money on it, and then you're both happy, and their legal department is super happy about it. <laughs> but when you get into the capsule thing, it exploits people in a way I think is fucking disgusting in the worst possible way, and Payday 2 is even worse about it because. They give you have a chance to get a random skin for a weapon you must own the DLC for, which is more money, and they have stat boosts. What the fuck the is st- that? Oh my god, the stat boost shit. And like their claim that's like, no, it's fine because the game will still be balanced around the base level stuff. The stat boost and stuff will just make everything easier. Yay! The way they're trying to skirt any problem with this is by saying it's not like a competitive multiplayer thing, it's co-op. 
And in a way, they're right. In a way, they're right? In another way, they're fucking gross, just like snake oil selling pieces of garbage in the worst degree. In it, a way, like, this game is fucking kind of old and, like, you haven't been making good new levels, so fuck off? I'm Like, fix your broken-ass piece of shit? I'm mad that I could possibly spend like a dollar ninety nine or two ninety nine, whatever it is, to get a key to get a skin for a gun I'm gonna have to buy a DLC pack for, which is another five ninety nine. That is bad practice in it's every gross. single way. It's gross. Because not it's only also, are you... even if you like say you can you make the argument, oh, you just don't participate in it. You're still going to get cases where you could have been getting shit before. Yeah, that's the thing. You don't get cases as, like, you played, like, maybe five games, you get a case. You get a case instead of a free thing. Yeah. That is your free thing. You don't get a card. You don't get, like, parts or whatever for your guns or a mask or any, like, any of that stuff. You get a case that you can spend money on. Ugh. It's so, it's fucking gross. And it's like, why are you fucking up this game that I'm kind of over already? Yeah. Ugh. When you could have, like, been making shit that would, like, bring me back, or if you want, or making a new game, like, something, not just fucking trying to scrounge as much money as you can from the people who are so heavily addicted to your thing that they can't stop playing. I think that's what makes it worse to me, too, is that, like, I actually didn't mind their business practice before. I mm-hmm. thought, like, they did way too many DLCs and stuff, but it was the same idea as what Blizzard does, right? I yeah. knew that if I paid uh, five ninety nine, I'd be getting these three guns, this mask, and maybe a mission or a character mm-hmm. or something. That is the end of the agreement. Cool. We're fine. I'm okay with spending that or I'm not okay with spending that. It depends how I feel that day. This is a whole different level of fucked up. Yeah. And they're specifically exploiting people who are so deep into this thing. Yeah. (laughs) That they'd be susceptible to it. It's ugh. Because, like, people like you and me don't care anymore. But the thing is, like, if this was a year ago, we would be in on this so hard. Yeah. This right now would not be a discussion of gross practices. This would be a discussion of what cool skin did we get this week. That's how heavy we were into this game at one point. Mm-hmm. I I wouldn't buy into the capsules because I've did, never bought any of the DLC for that game, and I wouldn't buy the capsules. I would. Yeah, capsule stuff like I have an immunity to that because I've like gone through that shit in real life. Like with basically with fucking Magic the Gathering, like as deep as you can go. The worst that kind of free to play program. Yeah. The, yeah. Like as deep as you can go into that shit. I'm done. <laughs> I'm out. Not, not doing that in your virtual, in this thing. Yeah. This shooter that I can play without this. To stuff. be fair, every single kid at some point was into like that sort of thing. And they're kind of exploiting. Like it's worse when you're kids. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. you don't have the money to spend, and that's what kept you away from your addictive nature, actually, is your yeah. parents. Your parents were smart enough to see, we're not spending, like, six bucks on ten random cards, of which you probably already have five of them. Mm-hmm. Like, that is stupid. You're a stupid kid. No. 
We're not doing that. We're not giving you allowance for that. You can go buy a haircut or something responsible. Mm-hmm. And now as adults, we're just like, fuck yeah, give me the card packs. Here's $500. I might get something I want. Uh-huh. Like, yeah. <sighs> Anyways, um, going back to gross practices, I, dude, if there was... I'm just going to throw this right out there and bring this full back around. If sure. Star Wars Battlefront had a single player campaign, there would be no problem with me spending the like 80 bucks for the main campaign or whatever. I'd oh, be... for sure. I'd be so much more excited for this thing if it were having a campaign. Like, I'd be it, much more into it. It would be, I would be, I probably would actually pre order it because I want to see what they do with that universe and a thing that I don't have to be connected to like 60 other people to do. That's just my thing, though. If you're really into the multiplayer and you really like Star Wars, like, why are you even listening to this? You own it already. <laughs> like, you bought it. I mean, the fucking reason I'm buying it is because of the, like, <laughs> sound design. Like, the the amount of skill they put in, that that team can put into sound design using the Star Wars sound effects yeah, is just fucking enough for me for this product to spend, like, less than its retail price for. Oh, dude, but, no, yeah. for sure. Their sound design is, like, even in the beta, I was super impressed how everything sounded and felt. Yeah, yeah. It's really, I mean, it's a fucking EA, it's polished. What else do you mm-hmm. say about it? It is the product of people with a huge, uh, what's it called, a huge IP behind it and marketing money yeah. and, like, 6,000 people to program it. Like, it's, it's one of the perfect things you could get for what they wanted yeah. to make. Yeah, I mean, along with that, just because the video game industry is fucked up, is all this other bullshit on top of that. But yeah. at a certain point, I want the thing that's in the middle of this yeah. enough to like tolerate that other shit. Yeah, I, to I a guess. Point. I guess my thing There's is a that balance. I'm yeah. just mad that this industry has become. This isn't a new thing, by the way. Like I can talk about when it's probably became it. I'm just mad at the industry I love has become a thing of like, what can I tolerate for the price point, and not just like how like good is the thing at the price point. <laughs> if that makes yeah. any sense, like yeah, the big thing before all this, by the way, do you remember when used games? were like becoming a thing for GameStop and like EB and that's how they were making their money because people were buying games at like $20 off from EB mm-hmm. and can uh, and uh the companies behind them got pissed off cuz they weren't making any money off of it anymore so they would put in like the one-time use code that like oh, yeah. in yeah. the case that you would have to input or then like mm-hmm. if you bought it secondhand you would have to pay like $20 for Yep. online that like that died and i'm hoping all these other gross practices we're talking about will again i don't know though man in a no, world that's where one every... of the things where it's like i people should fucking whine and bitch about this sh- like i would never tell someone not to whine and bitch about gross practices in video game industry because that's how shit changes is people whining and bitching about it and being fucking annoying yeah honestly like that's how the internet works that's what gets things to change people being loud as shit <laughs> when you hurt their bottom line with bad pr 
basically yeah. when you get it like it's not even necessarily anymore about like if they're making their bottom line it's how much do they have to pay their pr staff to like deal with complaints 24 <laughs> 7 yeah like if this is the thing if you think a practice for anybody listening if you think any practice is gross even one i don't agree with that i'm okay with i want you to tweet at these companies send emails send letters like and just yeah. say like why it's gross don't threaten don't do any of that stuff just make a fucking stink about it retweet things that you agree with like fucking comment on articles share articles on facebook of like gross practices if you think something is gross you need to spread that shit like the fucking plague to get these companies to shut up about it yeah because i think actually jim uh sterling on yeah, a gym position sure. i think he did an episode about like these practices and how the only way like as soon as we're okay with something or for like kind of don't care apathetic about something that's when they win and i never want pr companies to win i never no. want game companies to win i want them to be uncomfortable they work for us it's not yeah. the other way around we are giving them their fucking salaries yeah that no that that's one of the things for sure i like was super stoked to see someone on the internet like talking about was jim when he was saying, like, yes, people should be complaining. Like, fucking All the video time. game industries are gross. Like, they yeah. ha you have to be loud and obnoxious about all this shit because that's, that's the only way. It's sad, though. That it, it's it's like, sad. It's it gets kind of way. annoying if, like, to listen to it if it's not something you care about, but, you know. But it's, if it's not you something you care it. about, then you don't care about what happens either way because you're not into the. Like, people only complain about stuff they want to love or care deeply about, which is why, yes. well, it, which there, is why video games are something I will talk about. That just complains about people complaining. That is a thing. I mean, yeah, but you have that anywhere. Yeah. Because people don't like change. Mm hmm. So. It's just like for, for on Twitter for me, I actually never see big twitter trend stuff because of how i've curated my twitter lists my follow like the people i follow i only ever see people complaining about like like i get everything secondhand i feel like i see people like complaining about trends and then i have to like fucking decipher what they're even talking about <laughs> it's just weird yeah um i mean Star Wars Battlefront is a thing. If you like Star Wars, I still think you should probably check it out at some point. Honestly, that yeah. is a Star Wars ass game that plays well. Yeah, you shouldn't pre-order games ever. No, don't don't do that. I did it because sale price. Sure. And I didn't feel great about it, but uh, I fucking love Star Wars, so I made a choice. I don't mind Star Wars. I am yeah. nowhere near in like love with that series or like any That's of that stuff as totally much. Fair. So because of that, like also Battlefront you're in is Canada where that game costs a billion dollars. There's also that, yeah. I it's kinda weird, but like it's good that our dollar has like it's really put into perspective what people like in 
like say Australia and other parts of the world that aren't like quote unquote rich countries or whatever or have bad exchange with the US always have had to yeah. deal with where they oh, have yeah. to be super selective about their games like for my salary right now if I bought every big game that I wanted to try I would actually not have enough for rent every mm-hmm. week that's how bad it's gotten like the big games here at a $60 price point for most people are like 80 for us. So we, it's not, it doesn't sound like a huge jump, but like three games are, what is that? $200, <laughs> like $240. Yeah. 200. That's half of a console for three games. That's actually why I haven't purchased a PlayStation four or an Xbox one. Now is I was going to, but then when I was going to, like, I was looking at deals or whatever. It's like, oh, the Xbox One is $400 now. Yeah, that's 480 for me. Mm-hmm. That's $500. <laughs> well, there was also, like, in the U.S., they slashed the price of, like, the PS4 by 50 bucks. In Canada, they slashed it by 20 No, it actually went up. Oh, it went up? it was cheaper on launch than it is now. Well, it had gone up. Yeah, and then it Just went down recently, they, by a little. they slashed it by 20 when they were slashing the U.S. price by 50. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's amazing, right? Like, Fuck. we are actually becoming <laughs> Afghanistan right now. <laughs> that might be a bad, like, comparison <laughs> now, now that I say it. It's kind of a bad comparison. So you're going to become, like, a quagmire for military invasions for the next centuries and like wrongfully so we're just gonna have like this stigma about us that doesn't make any sense because like a few people are just just like twitter rumors man yeah exactly it's just like canada war zone is trending constantly for no reason not my canada hashtag (laughs) Well, you are going to war against Gamergate, so you never know what's going to happen. Oh, dude. Fuck. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> this is something we should bring up because it's amazing. And, there, like, I know TDP is not a place to talk about this. Uh-huh. But, like, on this show, I can say whatever the fuck I want because I upload it. Uh-huh. <laughs> the fact that our prime minister, like, his third day in office just decides to go after Gamergate shows just how stupid he is. <laughs> Not not even the fact that, like, it's that he's going after Gamergate and, like, oh, he's going to get everybody to hate us. He's stupid because out of all the things to worry about, a bunch of people arguing on the internet should not be one of them. <laughs> like, if, if, if that's what you actually care about, it's you talk about internet harassment and threatening. Yeah. You don't just specifically say Gamergate. Like, fuck. I'm... I'm so not impressed. I'm also not impressed because I think a lot of his votes came from girls who think he's attractive, which is annoying because it's like, it doesn't matter how attractive somebody is when they can ruin your life by like making college tuition impossible to get it to and stuff like that. I don't think he will. Uh-huh. I'm just saying that like basing the the person who runs your government over like he looks better than the other dude is stupid. You guys got lucky with JFK because like he looked better than Nixon and Nixon was a scumbag. Mm-hmm. So you guys got lucky, but like, that's well, we a, got... that's a bad practice, dude. You should <laughs> not less go lucky when Nixon did get into the office, but 
To be fair, you've had a lot of shitty people. Uh, dude, there's <laughs> a lot of shitty people. Fuck. And the thing is, they have more power there. Mm-hmm. The thing I'm worried about here, like, this is going to sound like I'm so anti-liberal, and I'm not, actually. I would, like... I'm not going to say who I voted for, obviously, because it doesn't really matter. I'm a dude who talks about, like, video games and, like, stupid jokes on the internet. Uh You shouldn't care about who I vote for. (laughs) But, like, when it comes to the Liberal Party, it's not even the fact about, like, what the party is or, like, what they represent that I'm scared of. I don't like majority governments. Uh I, I don't think any one side should have a deciding vote, ever. Because that's scary. That is bad practice. That's bad mojo right there. When, like, one side of an argument can just say, I win because Mm -hmm. I said so. That's gross. I hate that. I was hoping, to be completely honest with you, I was actually hoping for a liberal government uh, that was, like, minority. Mm -hmm. And then, like, the other, like, I wanted them to maybe have, like, 30 or 40%. And then, like, all the rest of them have, like, up to, like, 50-something percent. And then everything would just kind of be, like, everybody has to agree this is best for our nation no matter what side you're on. That's always the best thing. It's kind of like when you go back to the argument of, um, like, competition always is better for the consumer. It's the same way with government, right? Like, the, the one thing that will always stand out is the thing everybody can agree upon. And I don't like that only, like, one side's interests are looked after now. It's gross. Yeah. I mean, in the U.S., the two-party system kind of fucks that entirely. I've I've never liked your guys' system at all. It's way too (laughs) binary, and it actually is bad for turning people against each other because it's kind of like, if we were both in the U.S. and I was Republican and you were uh, conservative, is it, I guess? Democratic? Democrat. Yeah. Like, if you were a Democrat and I'm a Republican... We mm-hmm. kind of, like, we're born to hate each other, right? We're like the there's, Montagues there's, and the Capulets, yeah. automatically. There's there's no way to have a conversation. <laughs> like, there, there isn't a way. Yeah. Because it's... Because uh, you guys are split up into black and white. At least yeah. in Canada, there's differing shades of gray. I would even mm-hmm. say there's maybe 50 shades of gray. It's very kinky up here. <laughs> very kinky. Yeah. Fun fact about uh, the city I live in, we had like seven mayors in a row or something go to jail as soon as they left office. <laughs> we have so much political, like, it's just a thing here. That, that I think, sounds I, I think the stroke was broken by the mayor dying in office. Great. <laughs> was there a horse head in his bed? No, there was this. Is he sleeping but, with the fishes? No, he had a, I think he had a heart attack. Um, oh, okay, that's what you guys call it now. All but right. there was like a big thing of like a big scandal of like a lot of political people going to jail, and it was like tied, got tied to like rabbis running <laughs> a organ like transplant scheme where they would like kidnap people and then steal their organs. Fucked up shit, man. Dude, what the fuck? <laughs> This is a thing that happened. What the ever-living shit. (laughs) Amazing. That's what what happens when you follow the money. Go dark places. I mean, I guess. Fuck. (laughs) Um, Speaking of 
my favorite <laughs> political things. Uh, we played Keep Talking and Nobody Explodes. Yeah! That thing is fun. Yeah. That game is a stress machine, but in a fun way. Yeah, because it's... it's... Okay. Somewhere. We should probably lay out maybe why it was fun for us and why it wasn't fun for me to watch other people play it. Okay. So, this game is a game that is... One person is defusing a bomb. Like, they buy the game, they see the bomb in front of them, and they have different uh, modules and puzzles and stuff they have to figure out. And the people on the other side of the conversation, the call, or, like, somewhere else in the room, if you're in the same room, they have the manual, and they're trying to relay the answers back to you sort of thing. And that's totally free for them. You can just go to bombmanual.com to look that stuff up and whatnot. Um... When we were playing it, we had, like, five people in the call. Yeah. And it was really easy to just, like, have somebody on wires, somebody on buttons, somebody on symbols. Watching other people play it, and there's, like, two other people on the call, is fucking infuriating when those people aren't perfect. Mm. Because the thing is, nobody can do it perfectly when you have to uh, jump around the same thing, like, all the time. Yeah. When you get to harder bombs. That's why I think that game shouldn't be played with any less than three people ever. Period. Mm. Fair <laughs> enough. Yeah. Um, I also wonder... <laughs> so, yeah. My other thing is, like, part of the fun of that game is, like, how bad the instructions are at laying it out. Like, they're terrible. Mm. And they're purposefully bad so that the first time you're going to fuck up. Yeah. But, like, so the more you play it, then you... It's like you might as well like at some point you're getting good enough that you just want to fucking rewrite that whole book <laughs> for yourself. Yeah. yeah. And I just I wonder like <clears throat> I know that then like the the like what the game expects you to do later on, like the number of puzzles you just solve goes fucking crazy, so it's it's probably still fine. But I feel like the the amount of like line that game has in playing is not quite that long. Because I think that like the madness of like trying to figure this shit out is really the fun the fun part. Oh, totally. Yeah. That's why I want to be on the other side. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. The thing is, like, what I've been doing is I've been watching other people play it on YouTube or stream it or whatever with the bomb manual open. And mm -hmm. I've consistently been getting the answers like about ten seconds earlier than anybody else. Oh, that's the worst when you're like figuring it's frustrating. out any kind of thing where you're watching a stream of a puzzle and you give yourself the tools like or you can yeah. see enough of it to figure it out yourself yeah oh, it's the worst. it's actually made it that i can't watch that game anymore and i don't actually want to ever watch anybody play it uh-huh <laughs> like it was <clears throat> it was fun and novel to watch at first now it is a thing where i like it is the ultimate backseat game because yeah. i know for a fact like i have evidence in front of me that I can do better mm -hmm. <laughs> and I should be in that call instead of this other person who's just uh -huh. doing it to have fun. It's like, no, there was a, there was a time <laughs> to have fun with it. That's when it released <laughs> one day after that's when you have to know what you're doing. <laughs> Diffuse a fucking bombs, idiot. <laughs> yeah. But, um, that, that game is, yeah, it's strangely intense, and it's not even intense in a way where, like, you're scared for your life or anything dumb like that. It's just that there's a lot of things to do in a short amount of time and a lot of multitasking. Mm -hmm. 
And particularly when you have like it's like multiple people, like the stress comes from like you don't want to let you don't want to let people down. You don't want to be the one that fucked up. Right. Like the thing is when we were doing that, there was a few people in the call that like I was thinking my fuck with me mm-hmm. or whatever. But like I put my trust in them and I found out that like they weren't trying to fuck with me because I think there is this unwritten agreement when you like you have a when you're a cog in a machine, you want to be the best one. So you yeah. actually put yourself into like you actually get mad at yourself if you fucked up the answer. Like mm-hmm. I that's where that's why like every time we died or whatever, I didn't get mad at anybody because I figured they were probably beating themselves up. I thought it was kind of funny. When they yeah. would give me the wrong answer, and then like we would blow up, and I would just laugh about it, and they would be like, "What? No, it's like I could tell they were angry with themselves." Yeah, it's it's kind of like so ridiculous yeah. that there aren't like jokes you can come up with to fuck with someone to say something more ridiculous. Like there isn't that room for creative fucking with your friends of like I don't know, Left for <laughs> Dead or something. It's just like. I don't know. Yeah. There are like there are plenty of games that are cooperative and you really need to be working together, but somehow they do sort of encourage you to fuck with people and be an asshole. Yeah. That, that game just doesn't have the room for. Right. Yeah, and um I don't know. That game is weird though, because it's exactly fun to watch once. Yeah. And yeah. it is never fun to watch again once you know what's going on because I kind of just know now, like, <clears throat> for example, the needy module where you have to turn the knob, Yeah, I know that it's always left of up if it's uh, blank, blank, one, blank, or one, blank, one on the yeah. top row. It's mm-hmm. always going to be that. And I know that for complicated wires, if it's a white wire with no light and no start, it's always a cut. Yeah. Like, it's, it's weird, right? Like, you gain these patterns in your head. Or, like, if it's a two, or no, sorry, is it a two or a three? It's either a two or three. If it's, like, a two or three in the memory panel and it's the first sequence, it's always going to be the number two spot, whatever label that is. It's it's weird because you get to a point where you just can almost do it yourself. You don't need another person reading the manual, some stuff. Yeah. And that's why there's, like, things you can solve 11 puzzles in three minutes or whatever, like, the harder challenges. Yeah. But that's also, it's just, like, that's less fun. <laughs> that's <Yeah>. not, <clears throat> that's like, oh, you've gotten to the point where the game is about doing these skill challenges. It's not about being silly and ridiculous and, like, communicating stuff to people. It's just, and, like, learn, reading this ridiculous manual. The, the actual best thing about that whole game is that, Every time you play it with new people, you create a whole new language to speak to each other with, so you're both on the same page. I oh, found. for sure. Like, the way it's designed would really work well for, like, you just have, like, you say you had it at a computer and you had, like, a printed out version of the fucking manual and you had people over and you're just like, hey, let's do this. <clears throat> yeah. It's an activity to do. Like, yeah. it works well for that. Just, like, for example... Like, the symbol pad, or whatever, the symbols, the keypad. Uh-huh. Like, you could call one of the symbols the lambda with the X. You could call it the upside-down Y. You could call it Half-Life. Like, yeah. whatever you do, you, it doesn't matter what you say that you're looking at. 
this is kind of where the fun part is being on this side of it. It's like not the person reading the manual is that your whole skill set isn't memorizing the manual. It isn't even clicking on things properly. Like it is about like cutting the right wire when they tell you to. Yeah. It's about trusting the person that you are talking to and learning how to communicate with that specific personality so you are both on the same same wavelength which is why maze always fucked us up when it wasn't the same person doing it cuz everybody wants to do it differently yeah and i think i i think like next time i play it i'm just going to come up with the rule we're doing coordinates from the top left i don't care about your battleship stuff this is how we do it because mm-hmm. like i need to be able to give you infer like if we have 11 modules and 5 minutes I'm going to give you the information. You're going to figure it out and then get back to me as soon as like we do other stuff. Yeah. Like I can't be waiting around and just like arguing with you. This is how it's going to be. If you can't do it, move on to something else. Mm. Like it's one of those things where if you can't communicate how you want to, to like the person or you don't understand what they want, you're fucked. Yeah. You are yep. so fucked. <laughs> yep. That's but. like a, a, cool thing of like figuring out particularly if you're when you're playing with like different people it's like figuring out how you like communicate with this specific human being this tiny specific detail like very quickly you know what it actually is is um you know how for like team building exercises they would do like the workshops or whatever where you would be like with your coworkers and then you might just like close your eyes and like fall backwards and they're supposed to catch you. <laughs> yeah. This is a way better exercise. Put the like if you have a coworker that you're doing a lot of stuff with, mm-hmm. like put them on the other side with the manual and do a bomb. You'll find out the true co- like how you can communicate with them instantly. Yeah. And you mm-hmm. will you will never have a problem again because as soon as you've done like maybe five bombs or something with one other person, even if they're easy, you will learn how that person thinks and you will learn how to communicate with them the most efficiently. Yep. It's actually amazing. You can actually make like your work ethic with somebody perfect using this type of tool set. It's kind of amazing. <laughs> if I actually or, like or anybody I work with and develop into some nightmare. <laughs> to be fair though if like it devolves into some nightmare you probably shouldn't be working where you're working which is why i would never do it with my co-workers because it would be (laughs) my like supervisor is like Uh dyslexic and we would die every time and i would yell at her Mm. (laughs) like it would be real bad real bad Um, that game's fun, though. It's, like, 15 bucks for the game, but the nice thing about it is if you just want to try it out, you don't even, you just need to know somebody with the game. Yeah. Which is kind of hard. For as much praise as that game gets, not a lot of people have purchased it in, like, my group of people I talk to. So. Yeah. I guess a lot of the people probably just figure that I'm going to be the one to buy the game, because I usually am. <laughs> yup. That's okay. Um, but like, I I guess I'm more interested to know, like, I talked a lot about my side of things. Like, how's the puzzle aspect? Is there like a weird stress on you to like, make sure you did it right? Is there a lot of second guessing yourself? Like the, the hard part is a figuring out like what 
information do I actually need from the person with the bomb? Uh-huh. Because the, the way that it's written <clears throat> is purposely obfuscated and c- overly complicated so that you don't – you're not sure what. And then it's also just being able to decipher like a big list of stuff that's not in any order that makes any sense. Yeah. So you have like the stuff with the words – so you have to like be able to search through that like very quickly and figure out where where stuff is. That's that's more of the stress. And then just like figuring it. It's just like just reading purposely bad directions, but like they're not actually wrong. Right. They're just all mixed up. I it's kind of weird too cuz it starts off that way. <clears throat> In the manual, the first thing you uh, encounter is simple wires. Yeah. And some of the instructions for simple wires are like, if there is more than one red on the bomb but not more than two, then cut the fourth wire. It's like, okay, well, there's not more than two, but there's like one. Does that count? It's like, no. It's kind of one of those things where like, if if what you see on the bomb does not match exactly what that line says, you move on to the next step. Yeah. But so you, you have don't... to learn that you can't. There's no black. There's no gray area of like. Well, there's a wire, but there's not more. Like there's two wires, but there's not more than two. Okay, there's not more than two. Move on. That's how you have to do it. It's cut and dry. Yeah, and it's it's like getting over the thing of you don't really just want the person who has the bomb to tell you everything. You want to be getting the very specific <clears throat> information you need at this moment from them. Yeah, you don't want everything because that's like too much to process in your head. I feel really bad for the way we did that when like we were doing it that one day after doing a few like on my own with like YouTube videos and people streaming it as like uh-huh. the background noise. I figured that like for complicated wires, the literal things I only need to say are just like light red star, light blue no star, blue red no star, blue mm-hmm. like. That's all you have to say, and then, like, they can figure it out. You don't need to say that there's, like, a white interlining with the red, because that mm-hmm. doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah, or, like, it's at the point now where, like, reading the instructions, I realize why you need to know if there's batteries, um, if the thing ends in a odd number and uh, there's a parallel port, because it determines if there's a P, B, or S yeah. to cut. So, like, next time we do that, if we ever do it again, I'm just going to say, okay, it is a P, B, not an S bomb, and these are the things, and then you can go. Like, yeah. it's weird because being on the other side actually made me so more, much more efficient at my communication that we will probably beat that game no problem <laughs> next time we do it. Because mm-hmm. it's like, well, I know what he doesn't need. Or like, the simple wires. I'm not going to tell you what the wires are anymore. I'm going to say six wires ends in this. And then you can read out the things. It's like, no, no. Okay, this one. Like, that's all you need. I don't need to say, yeah. like, red, red, blue, yellow. Mm-hmm. But it is, like, an, an interesting challenge of when you first start. Of Like, the person's giving you information and is, like, not giving it to you in the way you need it. Because the way you would give it normally is, like, different from the way that this manual wants you to have it. Right. Also, the stuff of, like, where it's... Like with the words where it's purposely putting in like you, who's on first. you, you. Yeah, who's on first. Yeah. that's That stuff was great. Yeah, it is. 
God, that's annoying, though. <laughs> your, you are, your, and you are letters. Yeah. Yeah. You, you are in letters. <laughs> you space R, I think, is also one. Yeah, like written out, you space R is one. You um, apostrophe R-E is one. Y-O-U-R is one. U-R is one. Like yeah. letters. Yeah, they really went full out with that who's on first, and every time I see it, I hate it, because it's just annoying. That one's my favorite. (laughs) It's the most annoying to me, because there's, like, three different steps, and you have to redo it every time, and I hate that. Yeah. Wire sequences is easy as fuck. Yeah. Now that, like, when I saw it, when I was on the other side, I didn't understand how you guys knew what to cut and not, or whatnot. And then, like, when I looked at the instructions, kind of read them, and then saw somebody do it, I was just like, this is the easiest wire thing. Easy. Like, yeah. And I can well, see it's, what... It's, mm-hmm. it, it, it's hard if you're bad at reading a Venn diagram quickly. Oh, no, Oops. that's complicated wires. Oh, yeah, complicated wires. Right. I'm, I'm talking the sequence where you just have to, like... Like, for example, next time we do sequence, I'm just going to say, like, first black, first blue second black like i'm gonna tell you what the thing is so you can tell me cut or no mm-hmm. <laughs> like it'll be instant basically yeah 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 um that's keep talking nobody explodes yeah. uh i'm gonna talk about some random shit i've been playing i guess because i think right around that time i was playing secret ponchos okay secret ponchos is okay it is a sped-up, more action-filled MOBA, and I am liking that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, I had the best kind of, like, situation to play it the first time, though. Yeah. I played it with a friend and with the developers of the game to explain how things work <laughs> at the same yep. time. So, yeah. I don't think that game is going to hold up to people that don't have the option to play with friends at all because there is a lot of skill shots in that like a lot of kind of hard mechanical things to get your head around if you like that sort of things this is probably a game for you by the way like there's a lot of skill shots and setups and stuff and communication with your partner would be amazingly beneficial to help you Uh and um the skill ceiling is so high right now that people that have been playing it are really good and the matchmaking is broken. So you play against people that are really good and you are just starting if you're playing well, ranked. The player base, I think, is also really small. That's so. why it's uh, borked. Yeah, the, yeah. They've actually stated that the reason it's like that is because they were anticipating, like, this is how like it would work better with a higher player base. Otherwise, it just kind of grabs whoever's available and the people that are available, yeah. obviously, are going to be the people that play it a lot. <laughs> yep. That so, makes sense. So, they have they have problems with the game. The yeah. actual game structure itself, the aesthetic, the music, all that stuff, is fine. It's It works perfectly fine. It sounds great. I love the music. Like, the soundtrack is great. I love the design, like the spaghetti western, old west theme is great mm-hmm. and um i like that if you buy it you get a copy to give to a friend <laughs> that's good because that's like good. of course they're trying to build a player base here yeah i hope they get that player base i really do because for one thing like 
this is gonna get into like I I'm friends with like one of the developers territory. Yeah. I like them and I want them to succeed. But on mm. a more like personal level that like consumerist level and as a person that loves video games, they need a bigger player base so that game can be actually playable and fun. It's like a chicken and the egg kind of thing. Yeah. Because people Probably. don't want to play it. It's the same thing with me. Like, I have a copy of it, and I don't want to play it until the player base is big. People aren't going to want to buy it until the player base is big. The player base is never going to get big if people don't play it and buy it. Yep. It's really also, too bad. Yeah. yeah. So they... So I will just say I saw on uh, an Unprofessional Fridays, the Giant Bomb Yeah. played it. I think it was uh, Jason played it because he really liked the aesthetic. Yeah. But they were, they were not... They were not into it at all. Really? That's too Yeah. Bad. What did they say about it? I'm kind of interested. Um, they, they didn't think any of the moves really had enough impact. I, I don't necessarily it, agree with that. It was for, for whatever character they were playing. I mean, that was part of it. They're, I'm trying to remember. So, like, don't, don't take me just at my word. Because uh-huh. I watched this a while ago, but you, they just weren't—they were just—they weren't feeling it for whatever reason, and that was—and also they like weren't getting full matches because not that many well, people play yeah. that game. <laughs> oh, that reminds me. I saw Total Biscuit did a WTF is on it. I'm wondering if that helped at all. I should yeah, watch I that too. I'd be interested to see what his opinion on it is because I know he likes. MOBAs and like the kind of more like you can hone your skill type video games. Yeah. So I think he probably liked it, but uh, I yeah I'm interested yeah, I to see what his opinion on that is. I'm I'm more interested to see if his opinion bumped it up at all. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but um, because yeah. Mike yeah. the the issue with that kind of game is when you're playing a game that's not super popular that has a super high skill ceiling yeah it's like the num there's going to be like some very small number of people that will put a lot of time into it and they'll kind of make it miserable for anyone else and then no one else will play it so yeah. it's like a brutal space because people who are into the skill shot stuff they have their game they're probably playing a fucking shit ton of it. Yep. It's just like, uh, it's, I, a, it's just brutal. I really like their game modes too, though. Like to get it just back into the how the game plays. Yeah, I really like their posse leader mode, where like out of the three of you, the only person whose uh, death counts for the other team is one person, and the rest are the other two are just bodyguards that will respawn infinitely. Hmm. I like that because it's kind of like a capture the flag where like two people don't have to really worry about giving up a point. They can just go in and like try to kill the posse leader or like kill the other two. So the three of you can overwhelm the posse leader while the other two are spawning mm-hmm. or like you're playing it. It's weird because you're playing really hard when you're the, that side. But then when you are the posse leader, you're playing way more carefully and it's usually alternating back and forth yeah so 
in like a full round, you're going to be going balls to the wall and then having to stop and be like really methodical and then going balls to the wall again, maybe. <laughs> it's kind of cool. I like it. Hmm. Also, I just like how the characters play. They have some neat moves. That knife move is bullshit, though, and I'm so mad that <laughs> I can't remember who does it, but there's a move where they just, like, toss a dagger into your back, and you're just, like, stunned for a second to pull it out, and then they can just, like, destroy you. I hate it so much. Weird. Yeah. There's a lot of different mechanics in that game, and, like, how you use certain things are different, like... The guy I had was Gordo, and he could throw a Molotov cocktail, or he could pour the Molotov cocktail out as he's running to create, like, a flame trail. Huh. There's there's mechanics in there, dude. They're, yeah. br- they're really good. Yeah. There just needs to be people to play with. Yeah, I that's... It's just one of those things, like... Yeah. As a developer, you want to believe... Or it's like someone who made the game. You want to... They probably want to believe, like, if we made this thing... It's like interesting and it's fun when you you know what you're doing, and that just like the way the market is flooded with stuff that like is not enough. <laughs> the annoying thing is they were talking about secret ponchos at least two years ago, and people were actually talking about it. Like yeah, the name they was had... thrown around on like Giant Bomb and other sites about like this cool thing they saw at PAX, and I think they just took too long to get it out. Well, didn't they launch it on like consoles, and it was sort of buggy yeah that sounds familiar i think they launched it on consoles and it was buggy i think like they've had technical issues on top of that which is not that's not helpful when they're yeah in a working from behind kind of yeah it's really too bad though it sucks that people can make a fun thing and then that's not enough in a way though this is going to sound so pretentious and elitist and shitty, but I'm going to say it anyway. All right. In a way, it's kind of a nice change from something like Undertale, where it's just like, secret ponchos might not be doing well, but it is a thing that works well. It's mechanically fun and whatnot, and I'm on the ground level. Nobody mm-hmm. else cares, but I do. So I can play it with the developers and friends that care about it. Like mm-hmm. it's one of it's kind of like that secret clubhouse, right? Where it's like, oh wait, you play ponchos? Oh man, we should hang out. Whereas uh-huh. like, if I talk about like you play Undertale, <laughs> everybody does. <laughs> like I don't want to talk about it with you anymore because every because <laughs> li- like you are one of I think it's probably a literal fifty people now that have told me to just like shut up and play it. And every time somebody tells me I should play it, I'm less likely to. And, like, at least 50 different people have said that. That's not even a joke. People on Tumblr, the thing I don't even use, people on Tumblr are telling me I should play it. It's so weird how, like, the way that game got into people that are just, like, go out into the world and tell people. It feels like a cult. It's really weird. And I agree from what I've played. I like some of the things they've done, and I think it's charming. I just think it's boring, and I'm so not in the mood to put up with, like, that type of gameplay to get something out of it. But that is, that's an aside I can talk about later about Undertale. Um, Sure. But, like, it's just kind of, I wanted to, like, give the contrast where Undertale, everybody's talking about it, but the reason, one of the things I like about Secret Ponchos is it's, like, my dirty little secret that I can play with some other people. 
It's your secret poncho. Wah, wah. <laughs> Ba-dum-bum, podcast is over, everybody. <laughs> oh, it's ruined forever. Yep. Um, speaking of secret ponchos, I played Yotun. <laughs> has nothing to do with it. But uh that's oh, the joke, people. Vikings Yeah gods. That's the same as secret some ponchos. So I played that I played that live, like my first impression sort mm-hmm. of play of it on stream. And were you there for that? Like, did you watch it? I watched the beginning of it, and then I think okay, that game is beautiful looking. Yeah, that game plays like trash. Mm, that's a shame. Your dodge f- is not very good because there is like an animation priority of when you're getting out of it and going into it, sort of thing. It's not just like an instant dodge. Yeah. Your movement is slow and shitty to the point where, like, when you get a speed-up upgrade, like a boost or a power-up or whatever, that just feels like how you should be moving all the time, so it's disappointing when you don't. Mm. Um, There's some cool, like, boss fights and puzzly things in there that I really like. I really like the background stuff, though. All this hand-drawn art and animation and stuff, it's really cool-looking. It's just too bad that the game is kind of shitty, the actual yeah. game part. Um, it's It feels like one of those things of like people learning the wrong lesson from Dark Souls. <laughs> like, oh, we make a game that's slow and hard. That'll be the... That's the good design part, right? Honestly, it would be of the mechanics to get out of harm's way were good Mm -hmm. like if you could run faster and your dodge felt better i would love that game to actually be harder Mm -hmm. so yeah it's but like on thinking that like dark souls has i feel like people assume dark souls is like bad game feel so they they build that into the difficulty or something I think they it's more like they learned the like wrong things from Titan Souls, I think. Mm. Cuz Titan Souls is basically like Dark Souls, but like what Titan Souls did is kind of the puzzly boss fights sort of thing where like, I I'd I mean I'd say both games learned the same things from Dark Souls independently. Probably. Yeah, but the thing is Titan but Souls similar, actually yeah. was able to like make it feel right by like having the encounters work with how your mechanics worked. Mm -hmm. Whereas this kind of just wanted to make something pretty with the same idea and backdrop and just like broke how you move. Yeah. And that's so shitty. Holy fuck. Does that suck? It's like, it's one of those like with Ori in the blind forest, like, yeah, it was pretty looking, but it (laughs) plays really good. That's the thing. Yeah. Like, okay, the art style, honestly, for me is whatever. Like, it's it looks pretty and stuff. It's not whatever, dude. It's so good. It's very pretty. <laughs> yeah, very it's pretty. so good. But when I'm playing it, I want it to feel good. Yeah. And honestly, when I'm playing a video game, I tune out visuals to an extent. Like, I focus on what stuff means to me in gameplay a lot of the time. So, good fidelity or graphics matter less like they still matter because like i still look at stuff but no that game feel is the thing that's the thing that matters 
Yeah. If you fuck that up, you... You... Oh, you... (laughs) Yeah. No, I agree. You get fed to shark decons. The really annoying thing, too... Sorry, I'm just stretching my arm because it's a little sore. The really annoying thing about it, too, is that I love the idea and the setting for everything. Like, I'm a sucker for the stupid, like, mythology things. You can put that in any video game, and it's almost an insta-buy for me. (laughs) Because <laughs> I love the idea of, like, different gods and different areas and the, like, your monger or whatever, the giant snake, the world-eating snake. Like, yeah. I love all of that shit so much. It's what made me actually love Too Human. Mm. That game is fucking trash, but I played <laughs> the shit out of Too Human. Yeah. Like, I think I have almost every achievement in that game. So, like... Um, yeah, I kind of agree... Um, fucking God of War almost ruined that for me because it's like I can't trust a video game. Yeah, but see, I only played God of War 1 and I was happy with it. (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) Because as far as I'm concerned, when you kill the literal God of War, there's nowhere else you can go. He already won. I didn't need a God of War 2 or 3. Like, I already know. Four or... Or Ghost of Sparta or whatever. Yeah, like two PSP games, I think. Yeah. Like, I didn't need any of that stuff because he did, in the first game, he did exactly what I was expecting him to do, become the god of war. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's fair enough. So, like, I was done. <laughs> and I'm happy with how I ended it because people said some of the other stuff sucks. There are people who like those other games. Not a, not Ascension, though. I don't think anyone likes Ascension. Yeah. Um... I mean, yeah, that's all I'll talk about for now. We should talk about Life is Strange. We talked a lot about Life is Strange. That's true. You can actually listen to that (laughs) if you want to, like, do spoiler stuff. But uh, Life is Strange is done. I I think we both kind of enjoyed parts of it. I think it sounds like both of us are at the same part where it's like we really liked what that game did, but we did not like that last episode, like, at all. Nope. Okay. It was... Okay, this is going to sound really bad, but it was similar to the experience I had when I watched Revenge of the Sith. Okay. Where it was fine when I was watching it. Yeah. And then the more... As soon as I stopped to think about it... Yeah. It kept dropping, in my opinion, until I actually hated it. (laughs) See, what... It worked the opposite for me, where I hated every second of playing it, and I was uh-huh. angry. And then when I stopped to think about it more, I started making excuses for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I was a little more okay with it. So I think we both kind of found a middle ground of like dislike for it from opposite paths. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. That last episode is lazy writing and kind of shitty. Yeah. yeah. Like, it. it's like... Mass Effect 3 level and ending kind of stuff for me. It's like, this is just bad and blame. That ending is really shitty. It's not good. And it's not constructed well. Yeah, Whereas, especially like, since Chloe should always die. Fuck Chloe. <laughs> He's a fucking bitch. Calling you out, Ben. Look, Ben is just the guy in the art museum staring at the picture of lesbians and saying how great art is. That's who he is. I I love that, like, in the spoiler talk or whatever, 
the part where we're talking about like them kissing at the end, the only thing Ben's saying is just like, wait, how did I miss that? <laughs> how did he miss that? <sighs> it's actually a good question though. How did he miss that? I don't know. <laughs> I I I don't know. So this is clearly what he cared about. This doesn't seem like something we should harp on because if people want to listen to that, like um you, me, Sean, uh, Ben and Peter, I'll like talk for about an hour of just straight sp- like keep talking spoiler shit. Yes. So you can listen to that. We like yep. run down pretty much. We run down our feelings on episode five specifically a lot, and then the whole like series about like stuff we liked and didn't like and stuff. So mm-hmm. that that's probably a better way to listen to that. We won't talk about it more here. Um, tell me about tales from the Borderlands though, because. I would like every time people have told me like it's really good and I've been interested in playing it and then I got a review code for it, <laughs> it randomly. Nice. So it's just like, oh, it's free. Yeah, okay, now I will play it. <laughs> so I've really liked ta- Tales from the Borderlands one through four. I really like the like the writing and the the storytelling. I like that it's focused a lot on jokes and a lot of your choices are like. Do you want to see this joke or do you want to see this joke? Yeah. It's not like who will die in this moment. Like it's still a it still has like emotional stories there are characters who die, but it's not like constantly hitting you over the head with like choose who lives, who dies. There's like the the deaths that happen are basically built into the story for the most part. Okay. And the thing there but there are decisions you make that sort of shape what, how characters think about you. Like, did you dick this person over? Did you, were like, were you fine with them dying or did you kind of show an interest? And that actually plays into the final episode. Like, they did it. They did a simple design choice. They put in the extra work to make the choices matter a bit. Fucking great. They did it. I was so fucking happy when that happened. That sounds cool. And it's just like, at the end, there's the heist mission, so who are you going to bring on the heist with you? Who The people you can choose to bring on the heist with you is determined by like what you've done. So if you thought you like were like okay with this person dying, they're not going to come to help you. <laughs> That's not going to happen. <laughs> and then, so then you get to bring those characters on, which are obviously the characters you care about, because you made the choices to like befriend them basically. Yeah. And then you get extra scenes with them interacting with people. Great. It's, it's simple. It's not that fucking, I'm like complicated, but not enough fucking games that build around choices do this. So touchdown, like you did it. Hooray. That's kind of sad. Hey, that like, that's all it takes. (laughs) It's kind of sad, but, uh, yeah, that's like the bigger thing is like I that's what really makes me mad about Life is Strange's ending is like it's not that hard actually to give me what I want here. It's yeah. not that hard. And you didn't do it because the, this thing did it. And it's still really written. It it comes to a satisfying conclusion. It doesn't like completely just sequel bait for the next Borderlands game which which was I was like the thing that would have sort of ruined this whole thing for me. And that you were kind of expecting, honestly, I'm sure. Cause like, yeah. why wouldn't they, right? It would be so easy. Yep. It would be so easy. 
And I mean, <laughs> one of these playable characters could end up being a playable character in the next Borderlands. But whatever, they finished the story they were telling. I'm f- so I'm fine. I'm out. They finished the fight. They finished the fight, man. That's they did important. It. They did it. It was a good thing. This is the best game Telltale has made easily. And I really liked Wolf, uh, Wolf Among Us. That was on my top ten last year. This is much better. What about Minecraft? Uh, Minecraft I'm not going to play because the smiles, I hate them. I hate the expressions okay. on their faces. They look like smug assholes. They're like, yeah! I kind of want to watch like maybe ten minutes of an LP or something. I just want to see what that game looks like. I have no I idea. Watch, I watched like a 30-minute the 30-minute Giant Bomb quick look. Okay. It was it was whatever. Who played it? Uh Giant Bomb East, I think, played it. Okay, so Vinny was part of it somehow? Yeah. Okay, cool. Then I will watch that. I really like Giant Bomb East. Yeah, they're really good. I, Austin is great addition. Austin annoyed me at first though. I think he finally fit like he found his way to fit in. Mm-hmm. But yeah. No, I do like him for sure. I mean, fuck, Patrick took forever to fit in, in my opinion. Mm. And he, when he did, he left, basically. <laughs> so, like, the fact that Austin only took, like, maybe a month to fit uh-huh. in, it's pretty good. <laughs> That's actually yeah. pretty good, so. Yeah. Oh, man, they were playing fucking, uh, they were streaming Phantasmagoria 2 today. I was so happy. Oh, really? Oh, that's probably going to be premium content now, right? Uh. It's their their choose our own adventure thing where they put in the forums to have people suggest. Well, the because first, Vinny the first... did Phantasmagoria one already. Yeah, yeah. So I want to watch two now. So the, the the idea with that feature was just to have people choose what they were playing because they wouldn't know. Okay. Like, uh, like what people might want, and the first two weeks, Life is Strange got chosen, but they so they decided this week of we're just gonna play that later. We want to keep this feature as playing new stuff, so so they just vetoed that because Life is Strange would have won again. So this time, yeah. Phantasmagoria two won. And I've watched a playthrough of Phantasmagoria two before. Oh man, that game is amazing. It's like, yeah, uh, it's such a Sierra adventure game, but it's like all it's so fucking bizarre and weird. Oh, I've been wanting so another. Great game like harvester i i need something to scratch that itch again mm-hmm. do you have any suggestions off the top of your head i was thinking that like seventh hour or eleventh hour whatever the hell that is can't remember what it's called i have uh, it on steam uh, i think i don't know i need more like just stupid horror fmv sequence garbage from Pin the Adam 90s Gloria 2 is fucking primo for that i but the thing is but, like yeah. you just said giant bomb did it like so yeah, yeah, yeah. um yeah I don't the know. seventh guest is the one i was seventh thinking guest of is the one like yeah i don't know harvester is great I've by the way seen are ones i've seen playthroughs of so harvester is still great that is a great fucking game it is the perfect amount of just terrible stuff mm. did you ever see that one Nope. It's so good. You have to watch someone play it. All right. I'll oh, check. my God. You have sure. no idea. 
I have no idea. No, Hol- I don't. Holy I don't shit. Have any idea. How do you not know? Oh my god, we ha this is your homework because we have to talk about Harvester. Alright. Holy fuck is it bad. <laughs> that ending. Oh shit. I'm excited for you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess you could just play it if you wanted to. It's probably on sale somewhere for a buck. But you might as well just watch somebody play it because what makes it great isn't finding out this stupid like point and click adventure bullshit it deals with. It's just seeing what happens. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah, I'll probably watch a playthrough of it. I mean, I have a playthrough of it <laughs> if you wanted to watch it, but I would recommend somebody good. I'll see. I'll see what I I feel like watching. Yeah, fair enough. What I can find. Fair enough. I'm excited. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, okay. So, kind. Phantasmagoria mm-hmm. Two. You send a rat to get your wallet. That's and really weird. There's a the part where you have to use your wallet on a bill to pay at the restaurant. Okay. Okay. Ten out of ten. That's pretty good. I'm trying to think of something in Harvester that's really dumb that you have to do. I'm sure there's something, but I can't remember what it is. I'm sure there's something. Okay, while we're on this train of thought, I've watched an LP of Until Dawn. Yeah, I have also watched. I watched Giant Bomb East play Until Dawn. That's how They played Until Dawn? Oh, I should... That was premium content. Fuck. I wish I had watched that. Oh. They did not save everyone. <laughs> okay. Um, let's... Okay. I, there's a bigger thing I want to talk about, but first we should talk about Until Dawn. Yeah. Because okay. this is a game... Okay, like, just straight up. The reason why I watched an LP of it is because I don't have a PlayStation 4, and Until Dawn doesn't seem like a game I want to spend $550 on to buy a PlayStation 4 and the game. Yeah, that, that game is not enough to get me to buy a PS4. That is the first game that I think is only on PS4 that I want, though. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly where I'm at. It so, still might be the only one, honestly. So we found an LP of it, and, like, me and the girlfriend, we, like, yeah. put it on, like, a movie, like, on the big TV, and just, uh-huh. like, spent two nights of the weekend just, like, going through every part, <laughs> basically. Nice. And, uh... That game is the most predictable horror bullshit ever, and God, I want it. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> it's so perfect. The, uh, like, I don't know what they were trying to go for with, like, a twist. Uh, oh, I mean, okay, if you don't want Until Dawn spoil, blah, 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 I'm going to talk about it. Yeah, yeah. If, like, so, Wendigo's? Wendigos are Dude, not a the- twist because being Canadian, that is like a thing that we just know of up here. <laughs> so the guy who wrote that game, yeah, wrote the movie Wendigo. You know what? <laughs> sure, of course he did. <laughs> oh shit! I will be right back in one minute. All right. Filling air. I don't. Yo, Wendigos. I, I haven't watched the movie Wendigo because I haven't. I have the movie Wendigo on my computer. I want to watch it, but I haven't watched it. Wendigos, man. When you eat human flesh, you become cursed with the Wendigo. And then you be 
become a Wendigo. It's great. It's great. 10 out of 10. I don't know what to, I don't know what to talk about. I don't want to burn podcast stuff. Just ramble. Just ramble. Okay. So. Hello. Wendigos are like not a thing that is <laughs> weird because uh-huh. like we've heard st- like stories of that stuff since we were kids. That is not yeah. like a weird thing to come out of nowhere. I read it was... a comic. There's a X-Men comic book where all of Canada gets fed meat secretly and becomes Wendigos. All of yeah. Canada. The weird thing is, is that Wendigos are not usually portrayed as just like jaunty humans. Uh huh. They are much more terrifying, honestly. Uh-huh. So, uh, the fact that like it was just humans basically, but that like they're being deformed, kind uh-huh. of, kind of weird. Like they didn't even have like antlers or anything. It mm-hmm. it was a weird thing, but um, it was just kind of like, oh, they're Wendigos. Okay, and oh, like. Who didn't know that Josh is the, like, quote-unquote killer <laughs> instantly? It's always the weird, creepy guy who has, like, an axe to grind with somebody, right? Who's also the main character of a TV show that premiered this year. <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, That guy is the main character on Mr. Robot. Okay, fair enough. I was going more for the, like, he has something against this group and he somehow convinces them to come up to the cabin and creepy stuff happening. Like he's the dude. It's like, Oh, Hey, Hachi hosted the next iron fist tournament. What? Hey, Hachi had secret plans that was wiping people out. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's, it's such not the thing is like, I don't think it matters that you can call everything that happens within the first 10 minutes. I think what matters is that they follow through with it so well, like a shitty horror movie. You're watching, you're playing a shitty horror movie. And that's what I want though. Yeah. I want to know what's going to happen and I want them to try to convince me otherwise and fail at it (laughs) and like just do tropey dumb shit. So I loved every second of it. Yeah, no, that was, it was exactly what it needed to be. It has an asylum. It has crazy people that you don't know the origin of that turn out to be good guys. It has, like, animals and wolves fucking with you randomly. It has a fucking Evil Dead reference. It has a crazy old man who knows the right things. Well, that's what I'm talking about. It's yeah. like, it has the dude who's like, a lot of history up in these mountains. <laughs> <laughs> it has that dude in it. Yeah. Yeah. It's so good. Holy shit, is it good? But holy shit, are they just like butterfly effect in your face all the time? Butterfly effect. (laughs) To the point where like everything you do, a butterfly flaps its wings. (laughs) Yeah, man. Choices. You're making choices. Yeah. You get to choose whether you're afraid of clowns or spiders. I was looking into the back end a little bit after all that stuff. Apparently that stuff just like adds one scene with that stuff in it. That's all it yeah. does, which yeah. is great. It doesn't have an effect at all on the storytelling or anything. It's just like uh-huh. there's a mask at one point, and if you chose that you're afraid of scarecrows, it will be the scarecrow mask instead of the clown one. Yep. Or like, are you more afraid of spiders? There will be spiders in this one part. 
It's so weird. It's hilarious, actually. Yeah, it's like, it's super dumb, but it's like, yes, you did it. You went super dumb with it. And every time there's a jump scare, it's not from something scary. It's from, like, something coming up at the camera quickly, and it turns out to be... It's like the scene in Alien where the cat is the thing making the noise and jumps out. Yeah. Yeah, Uh, every time. Bobby's, like, favorite thing was getting monked. That is, like, a thing for them now. Getting monked? Yeah, where the guy, he, like, runs up them with, like, a... Like, he's dressed like a monk, where he has, like, a hood over him, and he goes, and then just takes off the hood. I don't remember that. Getting monked, yeah. That happens. Interesting. I don't remember that at all. There's a lot of there's a lot of shit in that game. Yes. A lot of shit. Like, it's even little things too. Like, when you look at a picture of one of the sisters that dies at the very beginning and you notice she very obviously has a tattoo, you just know that she's going to be one of the monsters at the end, and then that tattoo is what will make you recognize (laughs) that. Like, why else Uh would she have a giant black marking on her arm? Uh Uh-huh. Like, it's so tropey. But so holy trippy. shit, is it good? But it's it's what you want. It's like, yeah, video games, you can't handle good stories. Make, but do bad stories right. Yeah. <laughs> so what I wanted to talk about more about, like, we could talk about this off air for as long as we want, just the dumb shit about it. The more yeah. important thing I wanted to talk about is, like, I want to include this on, like, a game of the year discussion. The problem is, I didn't play it in the sense that of playing a video game. I watched an LP of it, but I experienced it with the people playing it. Yeah. Does this constitute, like, am I able to put this on a game of the year list? Or do I have to spend 500 to $600 to be able to do that? Just so I can own it and do it myself. Hmm. I mean, to me... If you like the story enough that you want to put it on your game of the year, even though you experienced it in a limited fashion, you should be able to do that. Like, I don't see a problem with that. Okay. Because the thing that makes that game great is the sto- like the dumb story. It's not like... The choices stuff is all trivial. Yeah. So, like, that you could have done that fine but the reason it would get on your game of the year list is because of the stuff the way you experienced it and it's not like like you know how that kind of game plays you've played a david cage game i've played like i think all of david cage's games (laughs) at some point like you're aware enough of how that would play yeah you can put together like how that would if you were making those choices, if that would actually change your experience or not. But like, but I think what, that's fair. But is it fair because I didn't have to do the quick time events? Like, I didn't have to do the mechanical thing to make me progress a certain way? As long as you take into account, like, how you feel about bullshit quick time events. Like, yeah, do think about, like, that's part of the game and how much do you think that hurts it or how much do you think that doesn't matter because you like the story. Like, those are story-based games. Like, to an extent, you're judging them on the story. Like, to an extent the ge- that the gameplay is bad matters. It's, like, obviously not going to get number one, maybe, because fucking it has, like, trivial gameplay. But I don't know. I don't, I don't see the problem with it if it means that much to you. Okay. 
this is where we're going to move on, uh, kind of sidestepping this, but like under the same umbrella here. Soma had this problem. Now, I I wanted to just watch Soma because, quite frankly, like I don't like scare tactics in video games. I don't like to feel stressed out or like um, nervous or anything during like my hobby time sort of thing. Mm-hmm. I don't like horror games and I don't like jump scares and stuff. Yeah. So frictional games making another thing. Like I played Amnesia and I didn't want to do that again sort of thing. And I kind of put out on Twitter like does it count as playing a game if I like watch somebody play Soma because I hear like the story beats and stuff are great. And like everybody basically said, no, fuck you. You have to play it. So Mm -hmm. I was like, fine, whatever. I buy the game. I play it. And I like instantly fall in love with what it's doing. It does some amazing stuff. But, um, it's not what I love about that game is not anything. I would not have gotten from watching somebody play it at all. I don't. I know how frictional games like Amnesia and stuff control. I know how like the physics feel on like moving a chair around or like picking up a cup and like spinning it around in my hand or something. Yeah. I've played these types of games before. What I wanted to go in here with is like a viewing experience where I can really take in the atmosphere and just kind of watch somebody like worry about all the ambient bullshit and like get scared or whatever like i didn't want to be the one stressing out and just wanting to get past a part i wanted to be able to watch somebody take on that stress and be able to like maybe look around the area they are and like see things they're probably missing because they're looking for something specific Uh and um i feel like people strip that away from me because that like it sound they made it sound like this was something like totally new and the totally good thing about it is the story, and I would have gotten all of those beats from a person doing the exact same thing. Anyways, long story short, I didn't beat Soma because I got to a part where I was like paralyzed with fear. I couldn't, I didn't want to go past it because of some like phobias I have, and I yeah. just wasn't going to. Like, this is my video game time. I'm not going to stress myself out like in this underwater cavern area where I feel like I'm suffocating playing this game. I'm not doing uh-huh. that. So I watched somebody play through it, and it's like the last hour and a half of the game, so I don't think people are going to, like, shit on me too much if I say that I played the game Uh and, like, finished it, even though I didn't physically finish it myself. That game, um, I'm going to talk about spoilers for Soma for people that care about that. I mean, you've had time to play it or watch it if you care, so that's your warning. Uh-huh. What that game does great is it builds up this weird ass fucking reality and world and future only through things you find out through uh reading logs, listening to audio logs like and finding like written notes and shit all around the world. Uh-huh. And it deals with some really weird heady things. Do you know anything about Soma or like where it goes? Uh I watched playthrough and it it got to like him having a vision of like seeing him having robot hands, I think like an underwater part. And okay. like, so I've, I've watched like the, the beginning portion of the game. Okay. So this is a basic premise or idea of Soma is that you have like a terminal brain defect or whatever. And, um, at the beginning of the game, 
you like remember this crash or whatever that you were in with your girlfriend or like a friend or something. Uh-huh. And like you have these weird visions. <clears throat> you go into this doctor because your brain is fucked and they want to do a scan of your brain. And what this doctor actually does is basically download your brain onto like a file or something. Like he's doing some experimentation. He's he's a doctor that's in like a doctor's office that's in like a renovated apartment building. Like it's not like in a hospital or a clinic. Uh-huh. So you go in here and he's like looking at your brain and then when you wake up you're in a chair in this like under underwater like drilling station or science station or something. Uh-huh. Sorry, I just had to cough some stuff out. All right. Um what the I, basic, basic premise is is that when you start the game, you are a human. I think your name's Jason or something generic as fuck, because of course it is. Uh, you start. Actually, you know what? I'm gonna talk about this quite a like. I want to know what his name is. <laughs> I don't want to be the guy that just makes up a name for something and sounds like a weird asshole. <clears throat> so, S- Samantha. Soma, Samantha. <laughs> That's why it's called Soma. That's why it's called Soma. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Oh, fuck you, Soma. Why don't you just have a Wikipedia? There we go. So Megatron. Uh, Yeah, Megatron. (laughs) Simon. Okay. Simon. So when you start the game and you're, like, going to the doctor's office and looking around your fucking apartment building and shit, you are Simon. You are a human being person who goes to a doctor's office and like has a terminal illness or whatever and you're being looked after and looked at and stuff when you wake up you are actually a downloaded version of simon's memories and brain into a robot suit in a station about like 200 years later the reasoning for this is there was a apocalyptic event where like a comet hit the earth and it's unlivable on the surface so people in this underground or underwater research facility known as Pathos or Pathos are kind of trying to, like, they were under there before, but they're the only people left alive because the surface is scorched. And they're trying to find a way to kind of save, like, the human species. They develop an AI that turns into, like, a virus and starts spreading itself all over the station. And the AI's prime directive, because it is still a computer, essentially, is to maintain human life. So the idea is that this AI is like spreading like a virus and keeping these people's memories and bodies in a stasis in like a matrix type thing where they're still living but like they're not right because they're plugged into a computer that's like keeping them alive so excuse me I just gotta I don't know why my throat's acting up okay so it it does hate me so this thing's keeping people alive. It's this weird horror thing of, like, you see people or machines that think they're human, like, calling out for help or, like, human beings kind of, like, alienized, like, into walls with this, like, weird mechanical, like, micro-mechanical goo sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Like, little microcomputers wrapping around them and, like, holding their head in place and stuff like that. So, this is a basic world, but... What's cool about it is that it really, really hinges on a lot of, like, philosophical questions about are you, like, what makes you human? 
because this robot has Simon's memories and thoughts and stuff. There's just a gap in like his memory from when he was at the doctor to when he woke up 200 years later on a space station sort of thing, right? Yeah. So like, is he still human? Even though he doesn't have a human body, he still feels things. He still has memories of his past and like he still misses like <clears throat> one of the things he's sad about is that he will never see his friends in Toronto again because it's hundreds of years later. Yeah. It's a whole different time. And, like, he even says that he feels, like, lonely because he doesn't know anybody in this time. He doesn't even know this world at all and shit like that. So, like, the philosophical question is, like, is he still human? Like, is this a human? Even though he's literally just a copy of, like, a human being's brain that is long since dead. And then later on in the game, you copy yourself onto another machine and you have, like, this thing, like, well... This version, old version of Simon's going to stay here while we, like, get ourselves out of this shitty situation. Like, do we unplug him and erase his memories, essentially killing that version of Simon? Or, like, um, the, basically, one of the things that is saving the human race is that this has become a thing that they've done on this research station is they've downloaded people's brains essentially into a thing called the arc and what the arc is it'll be like the matrix and that will be in a satellite that they'll shoot out into space and mm -hmm. all these uh existences of people these memories and like people's personalities and stuff and everything will live on forever in this mechanical like cyberspace sort of thing that's kind of floating into space so that maybe one day like, it's kind of like the remnants of their whole civilization, right? There's only, like... Because nobody's alive anymore. All the humans yeah. are dead. But they're all kind of living in this fucking space thing, like this space satellite. So yeah. what they're trying to do is... This satellite never got sent. And a mechanical... Or... I keep saying mechanical. A digital version of one of the doctors who created the ARC program wants to send this thing out into space to actually save humanity when, like, her human counterpart couldn't, for whatever reason, which you find out later. But, um... So, like, one of the things you're going to do is download yourself into this ARC with her after you send it out, or, like, as you're sending it out to space, all that sort of thing. And, um... There's this ending where you download yourself into it and then you're still you see it go off into space and then you're just like what the fuck happened and then she's like what are you talking about they're up there sort of thing and then it's like this whole you're the copy that yeah. didn't make it sort of thing mm -hmm. and you're seeing like you didn't make it you're stuck down here forever yeah sort of thing like i don't know it just does a whole lot of neat questions about what it means to be actually human and like the human race and stuff or moral quandaries about like if you kill somebody's memories off or like who they are like their brain do you actually kill them or different copies of a person it's so fucking weird and i really love how they do it it's really cool the problem uh, with the game is actually playing it this is why i think watching it would have been the better way to go yeah and i've said this on tdp but i didn't ex explain what happens there's <clears throat> there's different parts of the research facility you go to, 
And in each one, there's kind of like a monster of that station or like a monster of the week sort of thing, right? There's a different being trying to hunt you down or stop you from progressing. Yeah. And every time you run into it, it's like stressful, but not scary. And more importantly, it hinders what you actually want to do, which is explore this area and not just run away from it. Mm-hmm. And that's bad design when the the thing your game does good is finding out about this universe and story through your searching stuff. So why would you throw in something that like you can't get past unless you run past a huge section of like hallway and rooms that probably have cool things in it just to progress? Mm-hmm. It's fucking stupid. But mm-hmm. that's I don't know. That game I think that game is going to make it on the game of the year somehow. I don't know how or where, but there's some heady, amazing shit in there. I would really suggest if you ever get bored, just watch like a playthrough of it and see some of the stuff they go through. It's kind of cool. Some cool stuff going on in there. I wouldn't recommend playing it, honestly. This is a game I think would be better off like letting somebody play it and you then you just watch and kind of experience it because the actual playing part is a shitty part of it. Mm-hmm. Mm. I don't know. I didn't I didn't get grabbed by by what I saw of like the beginning. It just wasn't my kind of thing. It doesn't actually start getting really interesting until probably about four or five hours in. So yeah. that's fair. Yeah. There was some game that had the idea of like where you were com- it was like a two D thing where you were you're constantly like making copies of yourself to solve puzzles. And like each but like the each swapper? version of you Yeah, the swapper I think. Where you like were I think the story of that is like you leave that other version of you behind. It's yeah. Just... It's the same idea. Yeah. I just like that idea a lot. Mm-hmm. But like sure. I mean, I just want to kind of bring this back. So watching an LP or something, would you say you could quote unquote get the full experience of something just by watching? Or like is there still this kind of archaic idea where, well, you weren't holding the controller, you did not play that thing? It depends on the game, I would say. Mm-hmm. Like, honestly, that that your experience can be like affected in a negative way because there is this gameplay part of it that sucks. That you don't. That sucks. Yeah. That like that matters if you're gonna be talking about like the game critically. Sure. So so for that kind of game it matters. For adventure but like to an extent you if you know that and you take that into account, I don't necessarily think you need to play it because if like you've played video games and you've played enough to know exactly what this thing is. Because yeah. it's like games aren't different. Like if you played Amnesia, you probably have a good idea of what the gameplay is like even if you watch it. Like when if I watch v- footage of a battlefield game i have a pretty good idea of what that battlefield game is going to be like yeah at least to make an informed decision for myself yeah it i like i wouldn't say i played it but i i could consider myself informed on it to an extent okay uh yeah it it becomes harder when you're you're really going critically because you you have to make sure you're that the parts of it that you didn't experience wouldn't greatly affect your opinion. 
You just have to like be aware of what you're doing. I think when you're doing so that. maybe it is de- like it's probably okay that it, or probably good that I played Soma because that gave me more of an insight of like what I really liked about that game being kind of hindered by the thing I really didn't, which is the gameplay, which is not something you would get just watching somebody like burst through it because you wouldn't have the ability to really feel like the tempo switches from being in an area you can just kind of look at everything for as long as you want and then being thrown down a corridor where you have to get out. Like, there's not that <laughs> back and forth. You're just kind of watching it all. You're not yeah. experiencing the, like, flow of the game fucking up by this mechanic they threw in. Yeah. Whereas, like, something like Until Dawn, that game is literally a movie with, like... Yeah parts where you push a button and anybody can push that button like it wouldn't be a valid criticism like oh i was mad this character died because the person i was watching fucked up at this one part like yeah <laughs> it's like i wish the story had played out slightly differently but i wasn't the one playing it so maybe I should how many people did it. they kill in um under a, un, until done a bunch okay bunch oh they kind of they didn't realize like Die, like what triggered the final explosion so they kind of ended up killing a bunch of people at the end because oh so they just like blew it up right away instead of not waiting right around. away but 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 not they didn't wait long enough to get everyone out just because they didn't know i thought that was pretty obvious yeah they just sort of <laughs> yeah okay immediate like uh instinct reaction and then went up oh, Whoops. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah, okay. But I think, like, they'd done... Yeah. Because I think even uh, Alex was playing with the controller, and I think Vinny had played through the whole game mm. before, but wasn't wasn't pointing stuff out. Also, while we're on this subject, there's another game that came out this year that those guys played all the way through that I watched that uh-huh. was really enjoyable, which is this adventure, this FMB adventure game, Contradiction. Okay. Which is like a, you're uh, you're playing this investigator who comes to investigate a murder. Sure. And it's just like, like his acting is like, feels like, oh, he's like a minor Doctor Who character that wandered out of, into this world, sort of. He's like, he's oh, this great overacting and it's just like if you like FMV conversation stuff, it's silly and dumb in that way that's like super appealing. It, that it has cool. like Yeah, it was a fun it was fun to watch. The UI is like complete garbage and it doesn't seem like the it's not it's just the thing of like you're clicking on all the options and like mashing all the things together to get the the story to progress but it was it was a fun silly story that had two really hammy actors doing a great job of that's premium content i'm guessing that is premium content i think the beginning of it isn't and then the rest of it is i I think think during my week off coming up here i might just like subscribe for a month and get caught up on like all the premium content i wanted to watch Mm mm-hmm yeah, that was a fun playthrough. Cool. That was weird because they were getting like they got some like stuff from the people who had made it. Like they they sent in stuff to them like in character talking to them. Oh, weird! So they played on the uh, on the Beastcast at one point. 
it's like weird. the main character. It's like it's like the it was like framed as like this was an audition thing, but then they started talking about people who are clearly the beast cast guys. It was weird. They they were sort of conflicted about like is this <laughs> is this too weird? <laughs> like yeah, but that happened. Cool. So that was that was a thing. All right. Um, I mean, okay. Well, yeah. I was gonna say I played the beginner's guide, right? <laughs> and I watched you play the beginner's guide. So it's it's that, kind right? of a weird like way to segue into it, but but yeah, that's that's that is a game next. you can watch. You do not have to play because it is one linear thing that no matter what you do will always turn out the same. I guess unless you really can't figure out that puzzle. In which case, you're fucked. <laughs> like, you are so fucked if it, it just flies over your head. <clears throat> can't, can't get past the door puzzle. I mean, there's that one part where those dudes are like, wait, how did you get past it? Uh-huh. They're, they're talking to you, and you're just like, uh, dude, <laughs> really? Really? <laughs> um. Anyways, the beginner's guide, again... Like, this is something I'm going to talk spoilery. We're going to talk spoilery about. Yes. And uh, there is a way you can watch that on my YouTube if you care. So go do that and come back if you want to. Otherwise, shut up and listen. So The Beginner's Guide is one of the most important games I've played this year because it dealt with stuff that are not usually dealt with in games to a point where it, it felt too real to me. And... I it made me really uncomfortable in ways I can't even begin to describe. What the beginner's guide is is it's a video game that is literally a collection of video games that a dude is com- doing a commentary track over as you're playing it and they all are from one of his friends. The da- guy talking is one of the guys who uh Worked on Stanley Parable. He's the writer for the Stanley Parable. Writer for the Stanley Parable named Davey Reedon. And yeah, he's talking about his friend who liked to do little like indie game things and like little experiments with Source Engine and stuff like that called uh, Coda. And the way it's kind of it's curated in a way that like it's supposed to show what Coda learned kind of doing these small little experiments and like how he was kind of expressing himself and using the medium of video game design and video like level design and stuff to express who he was as a person and get a better insight of how he was the, but that's kind of all a ruse and a red herring. The game is actually about Davey fucking up and like, losing contact with this friend because of being kind of a like selfish dickhead and showing like working against his wishes coda kind of just did these things and like showed it to his friends he didn't want them to become public and stuff and like he showed his games off to people because he wanted like the praise for like what his friend did sort of thing it's kind of a hard thing to explain unless you're a person who does this sort of thing where you stream video games or you talk about video games like you get a sense of enjoyment that like you found this thing and you show it to people or like you talk to people about it and like Mm -hmm. 
it's I don't know. That's one of the things that hit hard, where it's just like. I like doing this thing. I like to play a video game, and I like to show it to as many people as want to watch, right? Like, there's a Twitch channel. Things are thrown on YouTube. I talk about it on two podcasts if, like, the podcasts are regular anyway. And um, (laughs) I like to be the dude, like, showing this thing off, showing the world, like, what you're missing by not knowing this thing or this person or whatever. So that whole thing about, like, the interest of the artist... And, like, the interest of the person on the other side or whatever kind of Mm -hmm. not matching up, that felt really weird because I'm sure there probably have been a few things where, like, I talked about it completely out of turn or something or, like, maybe some people just didn't want some things shown or something in a video game or whatever or, like, just completely got the wrong idea of stuff like Davey does with some of the stuff that, like, he talks about with Coda saying, like, well, he, like, looks... The shows like how depressed he was and Coda at the very end is just like, I, dude, I was never depressed. That says way more about you than me. I just like doing like prison designs and mm-hmm. stuff. Like, I don't know. It's a weird thing to be just like, th- like mirrored back at you. And then it gets weird on a few other levels. Like the fact that he got they got in like an argument or whatever. He lost contact with him because he didn't want him showing. Uh, he didn't want Davy showing people video, his video games. And then he puts out a video game where he's ostensibly making money and showing the world stuff, which I don't think is true. I, like I assume it's fictional. Cause if it's yeah. not, I'm not okay with that thing at all. <laughs> the thing is you don't know if it's fictional or not. I don't necessarily think it matters honestly for what it does because it's supposed to, I think, if anything, it's probably a writing exercise. Yeah. Because, for, I, yeah. For me, I it, I would be more okay with it if he if he hadn't put himself, cast himself as the that main character, if there had been more of a separation, just because I feel like that's a shock thing. Yeah. That is more there to, like, confuse like to completely disarm the the audience inherently and it's it's like a it's a it feels more like a stunt move than like something that needed to be part of the game and kind of my bigger problem with the thing is i hate davy immediately in that thing yeah like his approach to talking about games and talking specifically about coda instantly put me off so that he turned out like it wasn't a surprise what happened at the end to me because sure. I clearly this guy was fucked up immediately and I didn't trust him because of the way he talked about Coda's intention for stuff because I don't yeah and like making judgments about Coda based on this little work that Coda was making and like throwing away yeah like I it's weird because depending how you look at it, if Coda is fake and he's like kind of doing this all about himself or whatever, he's an egotistical asshole. If Coda is real, he is just a genuine, terrible person. Mm-hmm. So either way, he is a piece of shit. Like he doesn't make himself come off as good at all here. And I don't but, really mind that. Yeah. Like it, and it, whatever, it could be that it's like, flipped around and like he just knew someone who was like this character he's playing and maybe he was like friends with someone who was Coda or something else like maybe 
the guy who made the designed the levels for Stanley Parable was Coda or something. Like who fucking knows? And that's yeah. also sort of the thing. Like I'm not going to make judgments about Davy based on this thing. He sort of invites it because he put himself in, which is like another problem in a game that's like don't make assumptions based on who people are yeah. just from this work. Like you can learn about who they are as an artist because of the stuff that they choose to put out there, like can show a pattern. Yeah. But that's like, like creating art is like cutting off a tiny piece of yourself and putting it out there. And you're not going to extract the whole person from that, like speck of blood or whatever. I think this is another thing that struck heart. Like the thing is like, I think the thing people think of in this game when they watch it played through or whatever, and when I say, like, there's some things that really rang true for me, they're not the things that are obvious for a lot of people. The things that rang true for me are I've known a lot of people with, like, mental health issues in my life, Mm -hmm. and I've had to deal with a lot of stuff like that personally. Yeah. So the thing that rings true isn't Coda at all. What it is is the ignorance on Davy's part of like seeing something so small and making a giant thing and saying like, he's obviously depressed and stuff. Like I've seen real depression. I've seen like some of my friends try to kill themselves. I've seen people kill themselves. Like at my school, they were there one week and then the next week, like they hung themselves. Mm -hmm. Like I know what this shit is. And to the ignorance behind real life people that talk about mental health issues and depression and stuff kind of willy-nilly, and they don't know anything that goes on with it. The way Davey talks about it, about Coda, like, having these issues and closing himself off and stuff, they he is literally every ignorant person I've ever seen talk about these issues before in my life, and that's what annoys me about him because it is so dead on where you yeah, like yeah. see I, such a little thing this is like he's obviously closing himself off it's like no if he was closing himself off he would act like nothing was wrong like he would show you games that are happy and then he would be fucking dead the next day because that's yeah. how life is mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you like don't I th- understand yeah. I think what the game is good at is being a character study of Davy. like I think that's yeah. what it's effective of as and I hate that person because I've yes, known people like that that's, that's like my problem with the thing is like I just I don't like the thing because I don't like spending time with this character. Like it's yeah. it's a well done performance. It's like constructed well. I just don't like it because I don't. It's like a it's an issue I have with character pieces where I just don't want to spend time with that person. Like you put a lot of work and you did a good job. I just don't want that. And, like, the very end where he's kind of freaking out and saying, like, I'm sorry and stuff, that hit hard for me not because of, like, what he's saying or, like, what's happening there, but... He still doesn't get it. (laughs) That's exactly it. It's just such an ignorant thing where, like, he's saying, I'm sorry and stuff, but the reason he's sorry is, like, I think there's even a line when he's screaming that stuff out, like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, or whatever... And just being like, will you create games again? I want to see, like, it's still about him. Yeah. And, like, it goes against everything. Like, it doesn't make any sense to me. Mm-hmm. But that's how people act. People are so... The reason why he's sorry is because he needs that fulfillment again. Yeah. And that is disgusting. Like, he is a disgusting character, whether or not that's him at all. Yeah. It's just... That's... It's too real. It's so too I think- real. So, like, that's why I don't like that he put himself on it. Yeah. Because if it's 
fiction, if it is fiction, just let it be fiction. Like <clears throat> this is a terrible person. If yeah. you want to tell a story about them, that's that's fine. But like putting yourself in it to it, it it's like it has that shock value, but it's also like, what are you doing? <laughs> Why are you selling this thing? That's like to make you. That's like putting casting yourself. Yeah, as this horrible, horrible person. Yeah, and I, I, yeah, I think this game is harmful too, because I think, for one thing, it undermines like what I think the true message should be, and it's not about Coda or like getting people help because you think you're trying to be their friend or something. Like, mm-hmm. this is very much a character study of an ignorant, like, fucking loser who just doesn't know what he's talking about and makes things, like, terrible for himself. Yeah. <clears throat> so that's what this is. But I don't want people to go into this and, like, start thinking that, like, he actually has an eye for, like, game design and, like, this like long climb up like signifies a long journey before you like have an idea or something like some of the bullshit he spouts about like what Coda was thinking and stuff. I don't want people to start looking at video games that way. If anything, especially with like Twitter and Facebook and stuff now, just ask the people if you're interested in like what their thoughts and feelings were when they were making a product, like send something out there, throw an email out there. I hate when people assume something, but even worse, when they assume the worst. Like, well, he was obviously depressed because he was making prisons. It's like, no, he probably was having fun with, like, this thing where, I, okay, what he actually says is that, like, he just did, like, a dozen prisons or whatever with the yeah. same assets. It's like, that's how you do iterative design. That's how you make something amazing, is by failing with the same thing over and over until you find the perfect way to put it together. He was actually, like, what have you done, Davey? You wrote a shitty fucking game. I didn't like Stanley Parable very much, honestly. <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> you haven't really done much, especially in game design, so, like, why don't you shut your fucking mouth about stuff when... This is how a good game gets made by doing something and then hating it and doing it again and again. It's not self-destructive. It's actually like growth as a human being and as a developer. Yeah. yeah. So like I've he's such like, an idiot and I hope people don't actually think he's smart because the, it'll be it'll do so much bad for all the YouTube kiddies out there that think they want going to be game critics. He like he's a fucking idiot and I just hope people don't take it seriously. I mean, I think the way it's structured the way it is is to draw in people who might think like that and then shock them out of it like that's in, bad though in i my don't head, like that and i don't really like that <laughs> i don't like that that approach to it like maybe that'll work but I, it's, it's that that kind of thing people generally get the wrong message the thing is though from as what a, i've seen because people are so stupid. as a character study it's so good that it's actually mm-hmm. amazing. It, yeah. It, I hate people like Davey. And even if he is like that, the fact that like he wrote himself or like made this all this stuff up to make me feel that disdain I have for real ignorant people like that for him is amazing writing. He's really good at character <laughs> like development mm-hmm. writing just through dialogue. Because I... Like- yeah, like part of me assumes he, at some level, knew someone who was like that. 
Like whether oh, it was I'm him sure. or just someone else. Like yeah, but he he put it together in this in this pack. It like he wrote it correctly, <laughs> and that's why it's a super. It's the most important game I played this year because it is not. That is not something you use the video game medium for usually. Mm-hmm. It does something completely creative and like the fact. I don't know the fact that I actually feel these strong emotions and stuff for something for a character that's probably not even real just shows how accurate he got it. And that's scary. I don't like that. (laughs) I I don't like people being like so good at making something up that they can mimic reality to a point where I hate them. That's scary. Yeah. It's to me, this kind of game though is so similar to radio drama that yeah like, yeah of but this is how propaganda happens yeah you just have to do like if he can do that just like instead of saying that's him let's say it's like our new prime minister here in Canada like mm-hmm. then it's propaganda <laughs> like you know what I mean if you yeah, yeah, yeah like if he if what if it wasn't Davy that did this what if it's Coda like say these are two actual people. <laughs> And Coda yeah. did all of this writing and stuff, saying he's Davy and did all this stuff. This is propaganda against somebody who, like, maybe had it coming, but didn't actually do anything to harm me, and I hate him. Uh-huh. That's that's powerful writing, and that's scary. I don't like that. Um, I, I mean, mean the, other than that, the game's yeah. fine. <laughs> <laughs> other than that, it's like, it's a walking simulator. It's a source game. Yeah. So... Like just I I come down like it's it's well made. I personally just don't like it. I don't have affection for it. I will never play it again. You know what actually it's been great for is I'm glad I had the experience of it when I did. Mm-hmm. And I love like seeing people who I like to watch do content play it because uh-huh. it gives me more of an insight of who they are as a human being. Yeah, by how they react to it, and I love it. It is amazing for that. It's like a weird social interaction generator where you get people's true colors when they play it, and just by watching it. I actually hate Davy so much I can't do it. I can't watch that thing again. I can't sit through it. I've sat through it like four times now. Yeah, yeah, and every time I actually start like just shivering in anger in some spots. It's actually like heart-wrenching for me i should i I probably shouldn't watch it anymore because it Mm -hmm. actually is probably doing something bad to me i'm gonna have like a aneurysm or something Mm -hmm. because like i was i went through a phase where i would draw like fucked up little comic strips like yeah i i know like i i i like uh, empathized with the idea of just wanting to make this like one one particular thing that was fucked up just because you wanted to do it like it doesn't, uh, yeah. like, yeah, and like coming from like an art school and like that background, uh-huh. like, I never, I didn't understand how any of the like quote unquote weird things he was doing, like, would have been a call for help at all because I've seen some fucked no. up shit from totally normal, smart people. Yeah, and it's the only reason they did it is because I wanted to evoke something, like I just wanted to have fun. I wanted uh-huh. to, I wanted to draw like guts, so I did. Yep, <laughs> that's how it goes. 
the yeah i oh i just hate davy so much especially oh man when they like talk about how davy was like changing the levels too to show Uh it to people and like implementing what he thinks is right game design onto someone else's work is like heartbreaking in the cruelest way it's just terrible like the part where you go to the house and you're just doing chores. I really like playing that part because after all the like prison shit and stuff, it felt relaxing. Like there was a yeah. nice song playing. There was a repetitive task and I'm kind of chilling with this person who's talking and like saying some corny things and all we're doing is cleaning and I'm having a relaxing time. And then Davey just decides to stop it because you have to keep moving. It's like if I was Coda, that would piss me off because the reason I did that was to be kind of like a way to, like yeah catharsis right i'm gonna calm down i'm just gonna play this infinitely for like two hours while i listen Mm -hmm. to a podcast or something yeah oh man the changing people's work is like a crime that i think should be punishable by death it's terrible it's almost as bad as pedophilia pedophilia is way worse by the way i actually hate pedophiles <laughs> look modding is a thing but like yeah contextualize it properly modding is different that's a different yeah. thing yes also the that he so early talks about how koto was just throwing these games away it's like yeah you're going through someone else's trash, trash creative trash pile yeah not i'm not and then, like, making judgments based on it of, like, the thing they didn't, uh, uh. It's like, Coda didn't show this to anybody, so it must mean he's depressed. It's like, no, he probably just tried something out, didn't like it, and threw it away. <laughs> what what right do you have looking through it, you piece of shit? Why don't you go write a shitty game? Oh, wait. Uh, yeah, that was a thing. Dude, fuck that guy. I don't even care if that's him or not. The fact that he wrote a character that makes me that angry, fuck him. <laughs> yeah. Also, the, fuck uh... Undertale. <laughs> I'm not even gonna, like, explain why. Yeah. Fun. Fuck that and fuck you if you liked it. Fuck Moving on. RPGs. Unless I'm in the mood for that. I'm probably going to start getting messages on Twitter when this goes up. <laughs> yeah. Um, you can... Let's talk about Transformers. Let's get out of this, like, hate spiral I've thrown myself into after <laughs> having a relatively decent good day. Well, Transformers devastation. Yo, do you like Transformers? G1. Like, not really. <laughs> Yo, do you like Platinum action games? I mean, yes, but that's only because they're good games w- that do like that weird is things. This is. this is a platinum action game. But like, how weird can they stuff. go? The reason why I like stuff like, say, Bayonetta, right, is because it's a witch who does crazy shit with her hair, and it's like this spectacle. Transformers are just fucking robots in disguise. Yeah, but you get to be Bumblebee and beat the shit out of Megatron. You beat the shit out of him. <laughs> okay. That sounds really weird. All right, he's so fast, and then you kick, and then you get to like be Optimus Prime and kick the shit out of Devastator. Because why not? Okay, like it's. Do you have to be a Transformers fan to really get something out of it? Because I think you do. Yeah, 
You yeah, have, okay. You have, to, you have to like G1 Transformers. Do you have to, like, love it? No, because I don't love it. Because, like, I think Transformers I like are I have okay. Nostalgia. I have nostalgia for See, it. See, I don't have nostalgia for it, but I don't hate it. I don't mind it. Yeah. What I, I really love, Beast Wars. That was my Transformers shit. I mean, G1 is, like, terrible. It has that level of, like, being... S- it occasionally was so terrible that I just find it hilarious. Like, there's an episode with a kid in a wheelchair who literally says, No one's truly disabled as long as they have courage! And then later in the episode, uh, Sparkplug tells Spike straight out, Spike, sometimes nothing you do makes any difference. It's just like the like huh. writer just couldn't fucking handle the fucking cheesy bullshit he wrote early in the episode and had to fucking bring it down specifically on this one character. That's great. <laughs> I like that. That's like episode six of Transformers. Yeah, for me, it was Beast Wars. Beast Wars is the shit. And even then, the only reason I liked it was because instead of being like cars, they were animals. When I ran, it's once they got past season one, the plot got really good. Waspinator. Yo, Waspinator is the best. Waspinator has plans. I remember. Okay, so for like just your reference, Beast Wars up here in Canada was called Beasties. I'm aware. And I don't know why. Do you? I have no idea. I would like to know if you do. Canada can't handle wars, man. I don't know. Is that seriously it? It might actually I, I be. I assume like it's the reason in Europe Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles were Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles because ninjas are too much. It the reason why I think it actually might be is because it aired on like the youth television YTV here. Yeah. Which like the target audience is like 8 to like 14 or something like mm-hmm. young young so um i think it might be that like just syndication wouldn't allow it if the word war was in it yeah that's probably what it was which is hilarious did you guys <laughs> at mcdonald's when that was popular get the toys for the happy meals as well uh i don't know okay because we did and i would order like two happy meals as my meal just for the toys <laughs> that's great yeah. It's great. I can't remember the spider's name. Oh fuck. Like probably Spidertron or Arachnus. Tarantulas. Tarantulas probably sounds right. I can't remember. How I'm blanking. Black Arachnia. Yep. Optimus Primal. So good. Yep. So good. Also that Megatron is the best. He's actually the best. Was his name just Megatron? It was something yeah. else, right? No, it was just Megatron. I don't think you're right. I am correct. Why would they do I know, that? Um, <laughs> like, the, why, uh, why the, wouldn't they uh, change his the, name? The lore reason is his name wasn't originally Megatron, but he was such a maniacal thing. He took uh, the name Megatron. Oh, so he named himself. Yeah, that's like. Well, that's a thing. Like in the first that's episode, as fuck. the way they the way they introduce all the characters is them naming themselves after they get their beast modes. Yeah, I guess <laughs> that's how that that shows. <clears throat> no, he. Oh, right. Okay. Wait, what? Like that's why he's Rat Trap because he was a rat. Like they, their names are puns because like they like renamed themselves. Dude, I fucking hated Rat Trap. He's Dude, the rat worst trap. one. Rat Trap is. Raptor's pretty good. Rhinox is, is the best, though. Rhinox is amazingly good. Yeah. 
I'm trying to find... Okay. List of Predacons. Oh, man, the Predacons. Yeah, because they're Predators. Starscream was just still called Starscream? Well, there was... It was Starscream's spark, because... Like, it was Starscream's ghost inhabited Waspenegger for one episode. Mm. Starscream was in an episode. Razor Claw. Razor Claw. Razor Claw. Yeah, I don't know who the fuck. Razor Claw, the yeah. leader of the Predacons. He transforms into a lion. Razor Claw forms the head, massive torso, and thighs of Predaking. That's comic book stuff. Ah, uh, yeah. That's Fair not. Enough. It's, uh, it's technically the, canon. There are Beast Wars comic books it's that have canon. Like shit ton extra characters so they can sell more toys. Well, yeah, but it's canon. <laughs> Not that it can't be canon. It, it can't actually it, be canon. It, it There's is. no room for those characters within the plot of that show. They fucking leave at the end. There's no more room. There was also a an anime version of Beast Wars, I think, where they have like super transformation stuff that sounds dumb that's not canon yeah i i tried to watch it's unwatchable who the fuck was inferno that was the ant burn in the fires of inferno hmm i don't remember the he ant. called megatron my queen all the time hmm that's pretty good <laughs> i like that <laughs> Oh man, G One Megatron, Optimus Primal, Jerry, Gary Chalk for voice. Mm. I'm just looking at the voices. Uh-huh. Scott McNeil did Rat Trap, Dinobot, Waspinator, Silverbolt, and Dinobot Two. Scott McNeil's the man. Does like everything, <laughs> and those voices are all super different. Yeah, they are. Fucking Waspinator. What was Air Razor again? She was the bird. Yeah, what type of bird was it? Like, like an a, eagle like a, or something? A out. hawk? A hawk or something. Okay. Yeah, Tarantulas. You were right. That's the name of it. Pterosaur. Pterosaur terrorize. Yep. Rampage. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to download this series, I think. I have the... Uh, <laughs> the... Beast Machines, Transmetals, PlayStation fighting game. Is it shitty? It's it's pretty shitty, but I love it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a 3D open arena type fighting game, too. So it's real jank. Wow, this debuted in 1996? Weird. That's a yep. long time ago. Yep. It was impressive like CG animation for the time. I mean, yeah, but so was Reboot. Yes. That's true. Reboot Same kind studio. of actually holds up just because it's not anything that, like, is supposed to be something, if that makes sense. Like, uh-huh. Beast Wars kind of doesn't hold up because you know how, like, say, a silverback gorilla is supposed to look when he's moving, right? <laughs> Whereas, like, in Reboot, they're all just, like, stupid little fantasy computer sprite guys. So uh-huh. it works well, somehow. I have no idea how the internet works, but other than computers work. They have no idea how the internet works. (laughs) The web. 
Yeah. Remember that arc in Reboot that took like a whole season and it was literally just like them surfing around in a ship in the web? <laughs> that was shitty. Uh, that sucked. Oh, 90 yeah, sensibilities. I, like, I, I just like the writing on Beast, Beast Wars a lot more than Reboot. I'm going to have to revisit it. It's been a long time. I own both those series on DVD though. So. Oh, so there are like box sets you can buy for it? Yes. That's good. I should just buy think, them then. I think Rhino put them out. That's probably on the Amazon.com. Probably. I mean, if I can... This is the thing, is that if I can buy the Mega Man cartoon, <laughs> I should probably have Beast Wars. Yeah. But yeah, Transformers Devastation is... It's a platinum beat-em-up game. It's not very long from what I know, and I know it reuses a lot of the boss fights over again, mm-hmm. but like those games play well, and if you have nostalgia for G1, the cool thing about G1 is it didn't have good writing in the first place, uh-huh. so platinum writing doesn't have to be anything special <laughs> yeah. to feel truly authentic. Sure. <laughs> so it's like it's 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 good as a nostalgia trip. It has weird things where it's like you get weapons and then you level up weapons by feeding weapons to other weapons. It has like a whole loot thing built in. Okay. Kind of like Blade and Soul? Like how that I works? I mean, yeah, kind of. You would like, like break they, down the weapon to like power up another weapon? It's more like how... Destiny works. I don't know how Destiny works. Or it's just it's just like you take your gun and you just feed this other gun directly to it, and then that gun levels. The (laughs) the gun you're you're feeding it to gets experience points and levels up. And based on the quality of the weapon, like it gets is like like a letter grade, that'll determine like how far you can level it up. Like it'll cap out at some point. So it's like blade and soul. And I think you can only get the uh, higher level stuff on uh higher difficulties stuff okay it's like part of the the it's just a weird thing to add into the progression system that seems like those thing japanese thing yes lately it's a very very japanese thing yeah that's cool how much do you want a beast wars transformers megatron action figure uh i have a beast wars i have a beast wars Megatron and Optimus Primal action figures that were part of an anniversary thing, so they're really nice and big. Okay. <laughs> Are they still in box? Nope. I have them Okay. standing on my thing. So, like, the big thing for Megatron is, like, the original Megatron toy, his face is just, like, whatever, plastic stuff. Yeah. But on this toy, he's got a great smirk. Oh, okay. It makes such a difference for me. <laughs> This action figure I'm looking at and is they, $691. Like, Jesus. <laughs> and also, these these they made these after the fact, so they made them look like they do on the show, whereas a lot of the original Beast, uh, Beast Wars toys don't really look like the characters on the show. Mm. Although I did have the toy for Rampage, and he did look like he did on the show. That was a good toy. Did you ever play with Mighty Honestly. Max toys? Yes. They were so good. I want all of them again. I don't know where they are. I loved Mighty Max. That Mighty Max was a type of thing that I wish I was like five years older 
when it came out so I could buy them with, like, my money <laughs> and not have to just, like, rely on my parents being able to buy me one for, like, a birthday or something. Uh-huh. I would buy the shit. I would have bought the shit out of them. I don't remember anything about the Marty Max cartoon. I know I watched it a couple times. Yeah, I don't really either, but honestly. It, but, but it was more like <laughs> I was obsessed with because I was obsessed with Mighty Max. Like, I don't remember any content of it at all. Yeah, that's kind of it. <laughs> it was just like super excited. Oh, Mighty Max. Oh, my God. Those toys were great, though. They were a full playset in the palm of your hand. They were Polly Pocket for boys. Yeah, but Polly Pocket was badass if you were a chick. I mean, they didn't have like Polly Pocket didn't have the variety because t- girls' toys are just all pink all the time. Yeah. Which they got to put like different thematic stuff into Mighty Max. What was your favorite Mighty Max? There is a right answer. I don't, I mean, I just remember the ones I had. I had the, the Skull one. Yeah. That was good. The Skull one is classic. I think everybody yeah. had that. That might have been like one of the first ones or something because that was like iconic for that series. And then I think there were, I had like a couple tiny ones that I think think we're happy meal things like i really I don't yeah think they, i had a couple of those the really tiny shitty. ones were lame though because they had like one thing that went yeah, yeah, yeah yeah i think i had that I, I had like a frankenstein thing too i think those were the two i had a frankenstein thing was there a frankenstein there was one that like it wasn't like a frankenstein but it was like a cyclops there was a Frankenstein up. in it, for sure. Oh, like in it? In it, yeah. There was a Frankenstein monster in it. That might have been the skull one then. Oh yeah, that might. Oh no, I had the skull one and I had the snake. Dude, yeah, the snake was the bomb. His fucking rattle was a scorpion tail. Yeah. Yeah, it was yeah. so good. Also, there was like this spider one that mm. was kind of gross and creepy, like it was a giant spider head. Or like a giant spider with like a little little legs or whatever. Then when you opened it, those legs attached to like another spider inside, and it was nice. like a spider's lair. It was gross. I want one again. The snake was the oh. bomb. The snake was the right answer, by the way. Oh, <laughs> so I had the snake. I had the the skull, and then I had like the this weird alien head one. I don't even know what that thing is. Weird alien head. What does yeah. it look like? It's like. Uh, teal, like dark teal, kind of. Dark oh, I teal. also had like the boar one. I had a lot of these things. I also had, like the, I only had like I had the snake, the spider, and the skull. Those are the only three I ever had, and I'm so mad. I had four, I guess, of the big ones. I'm trying to think of what the alien head would have been. There was a like mount. Doom or something as well. Mm-hmm. Just like a giant playset. I never got that. I always wanted it though because it would be on every Saturday morning cartoon ad. So in that in the in the second column I had the ones on both edges in the, the second one down. Second one down on the edge. Oh, like that goat head thing on the left? Yeah, I had oh, that. I had that too. That was a spaceship. Yeah. And then I had the one on all the way on the right on that same row. Weird. Okay. I'm... Fuck, I'm going to look into buying Mighty Max. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
What's hilarious is I was talking with a friend about Mighty Max for like no reason the other day. Yeah, they're great. <laughs> they are the best. Fucking loved it. And I had in that picture I had the of the small ones. I had that green hit one in the middle. Do you think I could get away with making a YouTube channel doing like Mighty Max Let's Plays of just like a camera on a tripod? And just, like, me making up a little adventure with a Mighty Max with it zoomed in all macro-ish. I mean, y you could do it. <laughs> it would be amazing. I gotta do, like, a Mighty Max voice, like, oh, boy! <laughs> that is Mickey Mouse! You've confused two MM characters. Oh, gosh, huh? Yeah. Same thing. I'm at. I am actually going to look into getting some of these because they're selling for kind of cheap on eBay here. Like some of them are selling for six bucks. Hmm. I want a Mighty Max for six bucks. There must be something people don't buy anymore. I guess. <laughs> Probably for good reason. That, <clears throat> it seems kind of like a bad idea too to like market something to kids that, that has they, like, moving really parts. Tiny. Yeah. Really tiny pieces. Yeah, that you can just die on. <laughs> Whatever. I was super into those. Yeah, they don't make toys like that anymore. Probably for that reason we just talked about. Yep. You know, lawsuits. Oh, well. I'm trying to see if there was any... Like, these tiny... These really small keychain ones. I feel like I had one. At least, but I don't know which one it would have been. If anything, it's probably that, like, Skull Warrior, it's called. It's like a cyber wolfman-looking mm. thing. Hmm. We should probably just keep moving on. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about Mighty Max all goddamn day. So, uh, my last game. Yeah. And the most important game. I want to know all Sona about 4... Dancing all night. Oh, it's so good. Is it so worth getting a good. Vita for? So you kind of have to care about the Persona 4 characters to really make it worth it. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I just, just want to dance with anime people. I mean, there are Katsume, Katsume Miku games you could get for that, I guess. Yeah, I want all of those too. <laughs> <laughs> I love this thing. Well, because you won't, there's like, you wouldn't play the the visual novel part of it, because that's like a story that's a sequel to Persona 4, basically, mm. of okay. the characters all getting back together again. And like, it's just, so what makes the story and the, re what makes it so great is like, it's such a silly thing, but they go all the way with it and do it right. Like, so the characters in Persona 4 are, a lot of it is like, that is, these are characters who are like repressed teenagers who are totally inward and have to like confront the, like, the worst parts of themselves that they, or the parts of them that they hate the most. Mm -hmm. And like, then just seeing them like a year later, like full of like the confidence of just fucking dancing to express themselves <laughs> is such a fucking cathartic experience. Hmm. It's just fucking joyous. And then you get to put them in silly outfits and stuff. Like, okay. Like uh, uh, today, they just released the free DLC so that you can dress them all up like Power Rangers. 
which is a thing you can do in Persona 4 Golden because that like all the costumes I think most of them that are in the game were like outfits they wore in Persona 4 Gold. Like those are all things that they wore. So it's all it's all thematic in that way for the most part. But it, and it's just like silly dumb stuff like you can buy a mask of the shopkeeper and put them on characters. It's like a big plastic thing and then you can buy one that's gold. It's just dumb stuff. And it's just a fun rhythm game on top of all that. So how does the rhythm game part work? It, like, So it's like basically it's a six button thing where you're using the outer the outer edge buttons on the Vita and the... So it's like, not up- tapping. It's not like an Elite Beat Agents. It's more like a Hetsune Miku game. Yes. Okay. So you're using like up, left, down, and triangle, circle, X... Uh-huh. As like as like notes come in from the center, and then go out to to like those spaces on the Vita screen. You like you can actually also just use the Vita screen to physically press those buttons, but eh. yeah, yeah, that would involve much more movement. Yeah, and then there that. there are also occasionally there'll be scratches, which is like instead of a note, there'll just be the like they sort of all the notes follow like a circle, like a big arc that reaches around to both sides uh-huh. for when you're supposed to hit the note. And for scratches, there's no note, and you're you hit those either by just like hitting the uh, one of the, either one of the analog sticks in any direction, or you can set it up to be the triggers. Although I don't like that as much. And then there are like different noises depending on how you. They're like a couple like for up and left we'll do one noise on the trigger and down and right we'll do like a different side of noise and then they're like weird modifiers you can change all the noise stuff uh-huh. and then sometimes the game will have you like press two buttons at the same time and then there's like a ton of difficulty options you eventually like unlock um like mutators to fuck up the whole thing or or things to make it easier so there's lots of different ways for you to customize how the difficulty in this thing in this thing plays the okay. challenge the challenge was good um i was pretty bad at it at first but I, i've played a lot and i've gotten much better like it has a good skill curve for me that i really enjoyed i fucking platinum this game like i can't i can't say enough good that, like this is, might be my game of the year because i just fucking love this thing hmm. i i i did there's still more to do like beyond the the platinum is just really play a lot of it and then there there there's an in-game metal system for some more ridiculous stuff how much of your love of it is just a love of persona in general and not so much the game a lot of it but i really like playing the rhythm game and i really like the music from persona okay serious like I really like the music from these games they do a bunch of remixes of tracks that I really like like I bought I bought the fucking special edition because I came with like a two CD soundtrack yeah like and I just I've been listening to that stuff too like I just really like the music so having a rhythm game that's full of music I love like it's just it all comes together for me because every part of this is a thing I like this is what you've been waiting for forever like it's also like compare so the story the visual novel thing is very similar to the fighting games they've put out okay for persona 4 but those like involve persona 3 which has like thematic stuff i'm less into than persona 4 whereas this is pure persona 4 so i'm like thematically it follows up on that and i 
I really love it. Okay. Where it's like a lot of it's you're in this world where whoever set it up has made it so no one can hurt anyone. And it's try there's a song that tries to convince you to become the person everyone else wants you to be. And they're kidnapped these idols, like Japanese idols. Okay. Like two of them. Because one of the main characters from the original Persona 4 was an idol. So like oh, okay. that's that's how that plays into that. So then you have these idol characters and then your characters are just dancing to express themselves fully to show that you don't need to be the person everyone wants you to be. You can be yourself. Convincing these and then convincing people, these girls to just be themselves. Because they're idols, so they're super susceptible to the idea of becoming the person everyone wants to be because they're already like being these characters that aren't really representative of who they are. It's fucking great. I love huh. it. Okay. I really love it. It seems like one of those, like, you have to play to understand it sort of things. Because then, like, so in Persona, you have, like, your Personas are sort of like Pokemon, but they're also, like, your big summon stuff. Yeah. So when you finish a song with a character, then they summon their Persona, and the Persona does, like, a solo on an instrument. <laughs> okay. Like, That's pretty good. the main character, he does a sick guitar solo, or you play this other character, he, they bust out, like, a saxophone. Is that the and game you, where they, like, pull out a gun and shoot themselves? That was Persona 3. 3, okay. Persona 4, it's just cards that they, they they smash in their hands. Why don't they shoot themselves anymore? Because... Angry parents? Like, it was... Un, it was, like, unnecessary. Like, Persona 3 is a much more aggressively dark game. Uh-huh. Like, more into everything being fucked up, whereas Persona 4 is more about, like, the balance of fighting monsters and stuff to save people and investigate a murder balanced with like school life drama of being a teenager. How how much am I missing out if I don't play Persona 3 and just go to 4? Uh nothing. At I didn't all? play I didn't play Persona 3. Okay. Good to know. Yeah, again, Persona 4 Golden is my favorite game. So this just having these characters speaks to me in a really strong way. Because these are my favorite characters in video games, and seeing them dance around is fun and silly. Necro's but answer is Persona 4 isn't edgy as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. It still has teens with sexual repression. That's pretty edgy. I would argue it can be. Just like Linkin Park. One step closer to the edge. <laughs> Is that is that song in any Persona game? No. It sounds like it should be. Uh, no. It's edgy as fuck. Yeah, but... It's like Persona know. 3, apparently. Apparently. Maybe it would be belong in Persona 3. That is the game where they shoot themselves in the head. Over and over again. And over again. And over again. And over again. And in the end, it doesn't even matter. And in the end doesn't even matter. Anyways, so Persona 4 yeah, this is, is the game probably been, your game of the year. Yeah, I've been playing it every day, basically. Oh, just, wow. Just, like, doing some rhythm game stuff. Because I finished the story a long time ago, but just doing free mode stuff. Hey, you don't have to explain to me. I love me some Hatsune Miku. Hatsune like Miku is in this game as DLC. Yeah, that's fine. Yep, 
I bought the I bought I bought the three DLC tracks that give you a new character because characters are tied specifically to tracks, but then you uh, get to pick you get to pick the backup dancer that comes on when you do super well. Ah, uh, okay. And then like you unlock who you it's like for each of the three main difficulties, beating it on that difficulty unlocks a particular character to have as your backup dancer, basically. Gotcha. Okay. Cool. Yeah, it's fun. Fun as shit. You know what else is fun as shit? Movies? Left for Dead. Oh. Unfortunately, it- Left for Dead is super old, so instead we have a Warhammer game called Vermintide Out that is basically Left for Dead. <laughs> Hooray! I really like wa- I really liked watching people play Left 4 Dead. Yeah, watched a lot of people play Left 4 Dead. Really, that yeah. doesn't seem like a game that would be fun to watch for some reason. If like the people are being dicks to each other, honestly, or okay, like they have, or it's like a lot of it is just people, like the interaction between the, the way, people playing, the way people interact with it, and just kind of the the surprise, like that it's always. People are taken by surprise when stuff happens. When oh, that yeah. happens, that reminds me, we did like a video series of that. Yep, I watched that. Oh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> I've watched that, and I watched the guys who do uh, Dragon Ball Z Bridge Team Four Star. They also did a lot of okay Left for Dead stuff. So I watched that too. I remember some funny moments coming from that now, though, from Left yeah. for Dead. Yeah. Okay. Yep. I was so mad during some of them. <laughs> Yeah, it's you can tell. <laughs> Great. Great. I'm glad it's, that's it's, on the internet. It's the pleasure. It's the joy of seeing people like Eno kill you guys and then I wasn't nearly as mad in that <laughs> as I was in Magicka though. No, Magicka I got too real. Magicka broke me in a way that I wasn't ready for. It made me like hate the people I was playing with. Uh-huh. That was bad. That was a bad time. Anyways, let talking about Left for Dead, Vermintide is Left for Dead with a more mo- uh, melee focus mm-hmm. combat and set in the Warhammer universe. So how does that sound to you? Does it have a thing like a tank that sort of a bigger enemy that yes. you have to sort of be ready for? And yes. That changes things up? Okay. Then yeah, that's, it's that's like all I really need. A giant like rat. What yeah. the hell was it called? I can't remember, but yeah, it is literally a tank, and like you just hear it like stomping around and like screaming before it comes onto the scene, and then it just does, and it's like pummeling people. Because mm-hmm. that—that's the the thing that really makes Love for Dead is like if you're if you're not like super on top of your game, you're fucking around, but you're getting through stuff, and then you're not prepared for when the tank comes, and you're like, oh no, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that can happen. Like I can't remember what the hell that type of rat is even called but like we faced one like super early mm-hmm. when i was playing it and it's just like oh okay rat ogre it's just very specifically called a rat ogre <laughs> um yeah it is literally a tank okay that sounds cool then yeah there's different types too there is uh oh my god the rattling gunner mm-hmm. he has a gatling gun rattling Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, there's like feels like there's a hole for a Left 4 Dead type game because there is the Left 4 Dead guys made evolve, and that was not that did not serve that purpose. 
yeah, no, there is definitely a space for this. And and I'm, also with Payday being garbage now. Yeah, no, I'm super glad they're doing this because not only is the whole field for Left 4 Dead, but also the just like the loot grind. Uh-huh. Because there's that too. Where Left 4 Dead didn't have that. Like you go into a level, you could have like a guitar sitting in a random place and then use that as a melee weapon for a while, and then maybe even carry it into the next area, but eventually it breaks, you throw it away and you pick up something better. Yeah. This is very much revolved around you have a loadout you can choose like your weapon loadout your shield and stuff like that at the very beginning before like in the tavern before you go out uh-huh. you go out into the mission you get things like you kill things you can do different things to like get more loot drops at the end possibly and then what you do is you roll dice for loot so you can like pick up dice in the world to like add another dice to your loot roll you can do things that will give you a dice that will automatically like win no matter mm-hmm. what. So like it increases the likelihood of you getting something good, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And it gives you a reason to replay certain portions over and over. Yeah. Which is really, really good because this game is really, really fun and it would be really, really dull without that. Like without a reason to go back in and have like a carrot on a stick, like yeah. a reasoning for doing it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, no, it's um, it's one of these games though that you need friends. Like you need to just have people to play with because the AI, from what I hear, like I don't dare play with the AI myself. I'll probably yeah. get frustrated. The AI is terrible, from what I hear though. Mm-hmm. They don't do like there's certain attacks. Some rats uh have like full body armor on, and the only thing that can atta- hurt them is like a piercing attack, and the AI just like won't do a piercing attack on them so they're essentially useless sometimes like they won't even get you up or whatever like it just sounds bad (laughs) that's the one thing ai needs yeah or maybe it's the opposite thing where they try too hard to get you up and go into like harm's way (laughs) all the time either way it's bad so like if they fix that maybe it's but, kind of the I same mean, thing as Left 4 Dead. I didn't play that single player either because I'm not crazy. Yeah. Those are those are co-op games. You need a good crew. Yeah, you really do. You don't even need a good crew. You just need one to show <laughs> up. <laughs> you need a crew. I really like how the game plays because mm. first-person melee is usually a recipe for like terrible gameplay. It feels yeah. really good, though. It's snappy the way you do stuff. So... Mm. Say you take a swing with your axe or whatever, and then you have like a shield. You hold, you just push the shield. Your shield's instantly up to like block an attack that's coming at you right after you uh, took a swing with your other hand. Like it's really responsive, really quick. So you don't ever feel like you're in a situation where you're being screwed by animations, Mm -hmm. which is super important. The only thing with that is that playing the dwarf the field of view slider is weird because I'm, you're really low to the ground. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, doesn't feel like you're seeing everything all the time, like on <laughs> your sides because you're small, you're small in stature. So if you have like a shield and a weapon out, that's taking up a lot of your screen. Yeah. Which is kind of shitty. I'm having flashbacks to playing short character, short races and EverQuest. garbage field of view. You should look into that, maybe. We could play some Vermintide, I think. 
Yeah, that'd if, be cool. If we get two other people, it would be better. <laughs> yes. For sure. It sounded like Spart was super interested, but it's Spart, so you never know. Never know. Never know with Spart. Spart uh, had a tweet the other day where he said he woke up feeling super good, and then by the end of the day, he was feeling bad. I was just like, I just imagine that is you with every activity, <laughs> action, and like thing you do you start out super happy and then just get miserable he has some my thick impression skin, of though. Spart. he can put up with a lot of bullshit yeah I like but that he guy always, he always seems to descend from his joy mm-hmm. like super quickly but like the only person that brings him down seems to be himself everything yeah. else like from other people rolls off his back mm-hmm. so I I like that guy that's he's a good kid. Um, I'm kind of pissed off that like if he continues down his path, he will be like a world famous designer in probably like five years. But whatever. <laughs> mm-hmm. Got to keep people close. <laughs> I'll just leech my success <laughs> off him. Um, the last thing I played is Davillion. It is a game by the Treon people, or the Glyph people, uh, the people that did Arcage and, like, Rift. Right. It is a Diablo clone that the big thing with it is that you have a second form you can go into, kind of like a, like, what would that be called? Like a devil trigger mode or whatever, Uh where you're just more powerful. You're, like, a powerful demigod sort of thing for a certain amount of time and you even collect souls if you go into like the whole like devil may cry type thing you collect like demon souls and you can power that up that way but it's just a way to like take out a lot of things really quick which you never need because even in your normal form everything dies when it looks at you basically but like it's meant for bigger like mini bosses and bosses and stuff and for that it works well the thing I don't know that I like about the game is that it feels way too easy with like very very little payout. Uh-huh. When you get loot, it's a very sm- incremental small upgrade, so that never feels like you got the next great piece of loot. It's just like I instead of a 1, this has a 2 on it sort of thing for a stat. Like uh-huh. you get a decent amount of loot, but it seems incremental and nothing like game-changing. The way you look, the like loot color changes basically but like it still looks like the same Uh. jacket or something like that Uh which is kind of lame even more lame is that shit will just melt on like all of your abilities so there's nothing stopping you from literally pulling a full area and killing all of it with like a few blasts which is in a way satisfying until you want some actual gameplay (laughs) Uh so I don't know how I feel about it. They're doing another like closed beta event, I think, this weekend. I might try it out again with a different character. I played whatever their like whipping vampire killer Castlevania ish dude is, and that was okay. I think I'd like to try like a mage. Uh-huh. I just really melt stuff, but uh-huh. if like the thing I ha- the problem I have with it is that if you like Diablo games, there's a game out there that does it well called Diablo. <laughs> Yeah. So, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, it took a while for Diablo to do it well because it sucked, but now yep. they do. 
Mm-hmm. So you might as well take advantage of it before Blizzard does something to fuck it up again. Um, I I don't really want to say much more about it because I I kind of don't care. We should yeah. we should talk about some movies because you've seen a shitload of movies. I saw a shitload of movies. I watched Until Dawn. Does that count? Does that count as me playing it and watching it as a movie? <laughs> <laughs> no, you needed to watch Windigo. That's the movie. I don't even know that movie, honestly. I gotta look it up. I haven't. I've been. I've like. It's on. Like I have it ready to watch, but I haven't watched it. Huh. Two thousand one was yeah. when it was released. Yeah. Five out of ten says IMDb. <laughs> you know what? That sounds about right. Oh my god. It has Dewey from Malcolm in the Middle in it. Look up the cast. Amazing. <laughs> Anyways, tell me about some movies. Okay. I'm going to talk about these mostly in the order I saw them, I think. So I'll start with Sicario. So this is directed by the director of Prisoners, which is a movie I loved. And it's starring Emily Blunt, Josh Brolin, and uh, Benicio Del Toro. That's a pretty good cast of two people that look pretty similar. <laughs> Josh yeah. Brolin and Benicio Del Toro can look the exact same if they have the same hair and uh, facial like go- facial hair going for them. Mm-hmm. They speak pretty differently, though. I mean, yeah, but <laughs> they're two... I'm just saying, they're two different people. They can just look <laughs> similar. Yes. They can pull off shaggy hair with a goatee well, is what I'm getting at. Yeah. So I was ready for this to be like the action thriller starring Emily Blunt I've been wanting. It's not that. It okay. like Emily the problem is Emily Blunt's character has is like the audience's way into this story, but beyond that she's actually pointless. So she's a passive viewer. She's like trying to be active, but she's just pointless. Like at the end she's actually there for that just because they need to for like bureaucratic reasons and that they don't even care about at the end it's like it becomes about how there's no room for rationality in an insane world basically and she becomes like the like the poster child for rationality so the movie is all about making her feel completely helpless in a way where she's because she's the only female character, it feels really uncomfortable, honestly. So it kind of undermines her. It like undermines completely. her at every turn. That's really weird to do. Like, why do you even have a character in that position at that point? Because your movie is about how you can't be rational. Like, because your movie That's a has lazy an way to convey something, though. Yeah, it, it's not good. The movie looks really pretty, but that's not enough for a script okay. that's actually super dumb and obvious. Like, it's just really, it's a really bad script. That's too bad. The, the thing I'll say about it is the opening sequence, which involves a drug raid, is actually just great. Okay. So if this movie shows up on a streaming sequence, it's totally worth it to watch the beginning of it. And then once they leave that starting area and like there's a scene in back at HQ, 
turn it off because you've seen the best part and there's nothing else for you to see there. <laughs> That's really too bad. Okay. Well, yeah, I was super disappointed. That movie is not good. Yeah. Next movie, Peace Officer. This is a documentary. This is one you really liked. Yeah. So this is a really good documentary. It's sort of the way it's way in is this retired sheriff who back in the 70s was part of made got his county's SWAT team established because the, like that was the area where the the era where the thought was you needed to have like a prime sort of specialized police force to deal with specialized problems sure and your issues but that's still kind of the thought for some people but yeah so then years later he's retired his son-in-law has is out in a car with a gun to his head okay who's going to kill himself and SWAT comes in and ends up killing him and okay. there's and the movie like opens up with footage of them like of the footage of the actual scene of that happening where they're like throwing there's like they're like driving army trucks up throwing flashbangs at this guy who only ever pointed a gun at himself hmm okay so then it sort of becomes like uh he so then it sort of becomes the guy i forget his name is Dub, I think, is his nickname. Okay. He, like, he starts a personal investigation into, like, what happened and truly understanding this crime scene. And he, because he was, like, a sheriff, he was in politics, he's very charming, but he's also, a, he was, like, a really good crime scene investigator. So his skills at, like, breaking down what happened at this scene are really good. And really the highlight of the movie is him breaking down crime scenes. Because he, he, like, gets down to the nitty-gritty of, like, he finds on the video the person that shot his son-in-law. Like, okay. the sniper who had an itchy trigger finger. So, like, a lot of the movie is, like, about the over-militarization of the police force. Like, it's, it's kind of, like, about the same stuff as what's happening in Ferguson. Except this is happening in Utah with, like, just poor white neighborhoods. So there's no... Like, it's that extracted out with no racial component, really. Like, everyone in this is white, so it's really just about the militarization of the police force and the effect that it's had. Does that Police State song by Mariana's Trench play at all? No. Is that Mariana's Trench? I don't know. We are living in a police state. That song doesn't play. Okay. (laughs) Anyway. So there's this, this other... There's this other crime. So then he goes on to like help other people investigate crime scenes. And there's this one of this scene where there was a guy who was suspected of growing pot. And these like four undercover in plain clothes police officers raided his house at night. And it ended up in like this huge firefight where like over a hundred bullets were fired. And two of the police officers ended up dead. And, like, they go in and break down that crime scene, like, thoroughly. And they, the amount of evidence he finds that the police just left there is kind of staggering. Like, they, rec- they recover, like, 50 bullets that the police okay. just left there. They, like, tie strings from every bullet fired. And, like, that, that, like, procedural of them seeing them 
do that stuff. They figure out where friendly fire among the police officers took place. And like, so you say this police officer shot right here. And if the bullet came down, it would have come out in this hole in the wall right over here. And they dig a hole there. They pull out the bullet and it's deformed in a way it would only be deformed if it had hit bone. Okay. Like, like the thoroughness of the way they break down this crime scene is what makes this an engaging video movie. Because, like, the idea that the police militarization in the United States is like out of control is like already something I know about, and um, and like I agree with the movie's position on it. This is a movie that has a position on it. It sounds so like that, uh, that's less interesting. The interesting, what makes it a really good movie is this the way it like breaks down crime scenes and the yeah. compellingness of this particular guy that's the movie it's like in on this road sure so yeah okay so we're seeing at some point i don't yeah. think this is one i would see in like a theater yeah that's fair it was a it was a it was a documentary and like because of like st- like my disappointment at something like uh um whatever the uh oh uh. <laughs> Fucking, um, straight out of Compton, just seeing something that was more dealing with this sort of police, police militarization stuff was something I was interested in. So I went to see the stock. Scratched the itch a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So this n- next movie, this movie I really liked. So this is a Chinese musical about the housing market crash okay <laughs> and its effects on the chinese stock market okay <laughs> so so what what makes a i i like i like the songs pretty good but what it's really good at is like a lot of musicals lately have even if they're adapted from musicals i think are okay have been bad movies uh-huh like just the pacing and stuff like working that into what you need to get for a movie hasn't worked. This works as a movie. Okay. So it's, it's filmed really interesting where they have this giant set that is like all wires and you can sort of see through everything. So it has a stagey like quality to it, but it allows the director to get a lot of interesting shots. So it always looks really compelling. And then the, sh- the songs are short enough. The acting is really good. It's just like, it's just a, it's just a fun movie. And then okay. like, it's got like great, it, it's really weird. Like uh, Chow Young-Fat is in it as like this stern, older boss of this company. It's just a weird role to see him in. It's just, it was just a really, that was just a really fun musical that I really liked. And I had a hell of a time tracking down the, uh, the soundtrack for it. Oh, dude! Fuck! Like I, every time you talked about this, I thought you were to just talking about like The Office. Uh huh. Because, like, that's it. Even just finding information on it is yeah, like yeah. fucking impossible. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I had to find the like the the specific Chinese characters for the title and like search for those, and then find like. Did you find the soundtrack then? I did. Okay. I found the, entire, I found the soundtrack and I've been listening to it. Okay. I really like cool. it. It's got it's got some good songs. Like Police it, it, State. So like a lot of it is about like 
No, police state is not one of them. They're not like police state. What would like a Chinese police state sound like? You know what? I'm not even, I was going to go somewhere with that. Totally racist. Anyways, let's move on. <laughs> so like what, what the movie actually ends up being a lot about is trying to find ways to ha- form personal relationships in a world that's all about like being impersonal and not caring about other people. Okay. That's sort of like, like the principles behind the movie. I can dig. Yeah, it's good. Uh, the next movie I saw is Pay the Ghost. Okay. Which is a shitty movie, but it stars Nicolas Cage, so it's great. Yeah, I've been wanting to actually check this one out, maybe. It's, like, it's, I just want to see what Nicolas Cage is doing these days. It's been a while. He made that Left Behind movie that I've just heard is super boring. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about that Dying of the Light? I didn't hear anything about that. I don't, I don't even think I know what that is. It came out last year, apparently. I remember... Yeah, this just sounds boring. It probably. When a devastating illness threatens to end Evan Lake's career in the CIA, he goes rogue to hunt down a terrorist who tortured him during a mission gone awry years ago. That sounds, like, that looks so boring. Dull. Yeah. So this movie This movie has ghosts in it, so it's like... Yeah, this is what I want. <laughs> this movie is dumb in all the right ways. Except for Big like, Daddy. Big Daddy would be better. <laughs> like, uh, there's like this blind home... Like, the f- every person Nicolas Cage goes to for help, like, shouldn't be helpful to him, but everyone's helpful. Okay. It's like he fa- he finds like a a secret underground hobo village and f- there there's a blind hobo wise man who fucking tells him everything about <laughs> who knows everything about how that ghost works and has a flashlight ready for him when he needs it. See the weird thing is is that the like movie poster or whatever for it is amazing cuz it looks like Silent Hill. And it just makes me want Nicolas Cage in Silent Hill. That would be great. It would be so fucking good. I don't yeah. even remember, like, Cheryl! Just, like, <laughs> yelling for his daughter's name. <laughs> oh, God, Cheryl! He does yell for his kid a lot. <laughs> of course he does. That's what Nicolas Cage does. He yells a name <laughs> and then says, oh, God, or something. <laughs> he dresses up as a cowboy for Halloween. Oh my god, that's amazing. Is this actually worth seeing? Let's like actually be serious here for a second. Because Um it's if you like Nicolas Cage, it's worth watching as a dumb bad movie. Okay. Keep in mind it's gonna cost me about thirty dollars for two people to go see this. <laughs> that's not worth it. <laughs> yeah, okay. It's worth seeing it once it's on out Netflix. On, on Netflix. Yeah, okay. Like check it out then. This is not it's not that transcendent. It's just fun to see Nicolas Cage in a bad movie. What was the last Nicolas Cage movie that was like transcendent, like worth seeing in a theater? Like an an actual Nicolas Cage movie, not like his part in Kick Ass. Um It must have been a long time ago, honestly. I Okay. It was Ghost Rider's Spirits of Vengeance. I didn't like that one. I liked the first one, honestly. But like, I like the pissing Ghost Rider joke. It was probably Drive Angry. I was gonna say Drive Angry. I actually really enjoyed. So it was probably that. Especially if you could like get to see it in like a drive-in or something. Oh my god, be amazing. Mm. 
Yeah, it's been a while. He's been making. Apparently, he was sort of had money troubles, so he was just yeah whatever paychecks he could get. That's why he was in that Left Behind movie. Left Behind. Which one is that? Those one? are the those are the Rapture movies. Oh yes, that's right. Okay. Kurt Cameron. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was a re- reboot. He was so. in some weird shit for a while too. I kind of yeah. liked him in Bad Lieutenant, Port of Call, New Orleans. Dude, I love that movie. <laughs> I just love that movie. That, that movie, movie, like, he is a bad detective. <laughs> that is the only movie I've seen where the director got bored with the stuff happening and so decided to take the perspective of the lizards yep. that one of the characters was hallucinating. Yep. No, it, I mean, it was <laughs> well, great. Movie's amazing. Remember World Trade Center? And how he was a firefighter in that with a mustache. That was I, weird. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't watch that on principle. That, oh, oh yeah, because you live in New York. Or, yep. like, close to it, rather. Yeah. Well, you mom. would have gone to see it in New York. My mom commuted through there every day. Oh, really? Yeah. She was on a ferry boat on her way there when the second plane hit. So did she actually see the plane? She like saw it? it completely, yeah. Okay, like, we're going to forget about everything talking about movies right now for a second. <laughs> okay. At that point, on the ferry boat, does the ferry just turn back around, or does yeah, it actually the, go to harbor? When the second plane hit, the ferry turned around. Yeah, okay. Dropped everyone off, and then went back across to ferry people back. Okay. That, yeah, I mean, I was going to say, if, like, if there was some stupid, like, bureaucratic person who's just like, no, you gotta keep to your job, get those people over here, it's like, that person needs to be shot. <laughs> yeah, no. Like, you I... turn that shit around and get people home. One plane was a weird accident that people were, like, stunned by, but still going around their routines. Right. Second one... Something's sh- going on. Everything yeah. was dropped. Yeah. Did you go to school that day? I was in school. My mom picked me up early because she wanted me to know she was okay. And she realized. She, like, got over her shock. Were you worried when you heard about it? Uh, yes. Well, like, <laughs> I know, like, the answer sounds obvious. But, but I like, was worried about my mom specifically. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, you weren't worried about, like, the ramifications of, like, a war on terror or something. I'm sure. I mean, it was it was more like, like it wasn't like a thing like oh god the terrorists are attacking yeah. the US it was more like a personal like is my family okay sort of well, thing. We didn't really know what even what had happened so it wasn't yeah, that's like fair. about that. My dad when he first started it was someone told him the twin towers are gone. He was like gone. What do you mean gone? Where did they go? Yeah, that sounds that's a weird way to tell somebody. <laughs> yeah. Mostly it was just like fierce anxiety. Like fierce anxiety. How old were you at that time? I was a freshman in high school. So, what is that, like grade 7 or 8? Or no, high school 9, I guess, right? Yeah, 9. nine. So you would have been roughly 16? Yeah. So you probably, like, were used to going to the city on, like, bus alone a few times? Yeah. At, by that point? Like, how did, like, how long did it take for, like... The ability to just, like, continue on, like, going to New York randomly to go see a movie and stuff. I'm sure, like, that weekend you didn't go see well, a movie in New York. No, the thing, the the way I would I would get into New York was taking the PATH train, yeah. which stopped at World Trade. Like, that line was down for 
like a year or two. Holy shit! Like that was a like it was like they ran extra ferry boats. Oh, across the river to make up the, for it. To make up for it, yeah. yeah. But like, yeah, that was it was a transportation. We also like lost most of our TV because all the TV antennas were on the World Trade Center. Oh, weird. That's a yeah. thing I never would have even thought of. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. We got cable. My family got cable around then because it's like because of that reason. They just you know, we need TV. Yeah. How like how much was there like what was the news like down there? Because of course, like in worldwide, it was on news like yeah about it for like I would say the first forty eight hours, and then up here things kind of went back to normal. Was it more like a week down there of just like news reports every day of stuff? I mean, it felt endless. I don't even... Yeah. Like, up here, it was literally, like, it probably was, like, two days. And, like, they would still talk about it on, like, news programs and stuff, but it wasn't breaking news, like, taking over, like, the Simpsons time slot anymore, like it was Uh before. Yeah. But, like, when the news would start, it would just, like, there'd be an update or whatever. They just, they replayed the footage of the planes hitting the towers over and over and over again. Like, you weren't watching the news because it was, it got to the point where you just felt, like, sick that they were playing it this much. Did you see, like, the clouds of, like, debris and dirt and stuff? Uh, uh, by the time I saw it, it was just this giant cloud of smoke. Okay. So did you just like look across the like river or whatever? Yeah, because okay. I live I live like where I could see that from outside my house. <laughs> oh, I see. Okay, like just across the river down the uh-huh. street. D- you didn't have to go to school in New York though, right? No, or did you? No, no? we okay. got well, the weird thing is we got school canceled for longer than they canceled school in Manhattan. Because my dad oh, was really? a, my dad was a teacher in Manhattan. He had to go to work before I got like a week off from school. It was weird, but they like went to school right. They like started school back back up in Manhattan. That's that's interesting, huh? I wonder why there'd be the difference. Like, are they just of- maybe trying to like? brush it off like life has to go on we keep going and, and kind of and they're like so many kids that go to school in new york that like having them not in school would be a huge issue oh yeah that's usually like that's sort of just a way to where those kids are like controlled <laughs> controlled yeah i mean for sure. lack of a better term i guess yeah <laughs> yeah where they have like any structure in their lives. What's the most outstandish thing you remember about that time? Outstandish? Yeah, that like when people bring up like World Trade Center or 9/11 or something, like what's the first thing that you remember from that time? Just like maybe worrying in school, I would assume. Yeah, and just my mom telling me that she was on the boat. <laughs> When it, the second plane, like her story of like going, like forgetting her lunch snack and then going back inside and then coming out and seeing one of the towers and finding goes, Oh, that's weird. And just like going to work because she was just going to work. Yeah. Like just like in a rush. Like, yeah. Just like the weirdness of just like keep going until, Oh, no, wait, that's not an accident or something. Yeah. 
How did you guys in school find out about it, like over the intercom sort of thing? So in my first period class, the I, I assume the teacher did it on purpose, but all the blinds were drawn, so I didn't learn about it till second period. That's kind of gross. <laughs> or we, she just didn't like they just happened to be drawn. Oh, okay. I can't, I can't actually. I don't actually know. Sure. So then, and then we found out because like you could see it out the window from my high school. Oh yeah, I guess, huh? Yeah. So you didn't hear it on like a news broadcast or anything. You just saw it. Yep. Hmm. Smoke. And you didn't like you really didn't know what it was because it was just the you couldn't see the buildings and there was this giant thing of smoke. Like really, yeah. you could see like the corner. By the time I saw it, you could see the corner of one of them in a giant pile of smoke, and then after a while, you couldn't see the corner of a building anymore, and the smoke was just bigger. Right. Huh. All right. And that was a thing that happened. And then Nicolas Cage and Oliver Stone did a movie about it. The real thing I remember about it was the bloodlust of the nation afterwards that lasted for a long time. Like arguably it never ended for some people. Yeah, but as a country we kind of eventually started to res- come down off that blood rage high. Were you a part of that? No, I was super against that blood rage high. Even from the beginning? Yep. That's interesting. Yep. I was in a I was in a I went to a protest in Manhattan to protest to invade Iraq like the day before we invaded Iraq. Oh really? Yeah. What about your parents? Were they on a bloodlust high? No, they went with me to it. Oh, okay. I went with them, yeah. Is that because you guys don't like freedom? Yes, exactly. Yeah, it makes sense. Don't worry, as Canadians we hate freedom. <laughs> That's why her dollar is shit. (laughs) Okay, anyways, Nicolas Cage did that movie. He had a terrible mustache, and that movie was kind of a mockery of everything that actually happened. Uh Uh-huh. Anyways, so Pay the Ghost is great, you're saying, in a Nicolas Cage way where you don't want to really spend too much money, but, like, you can spend some time. Yeah, watching. if you're if you're in the mood for some some silly bad movie, okay, with a ghost, and Nicolas Cage is really the important part. What about girl that Ghost of Girlfriends Past? If you just want a ghost movie, I don't I don't think I know that movie. Yeah, I don't really either. I just remember that like I think I think that was like one of the last movies that uh, Reese Witherspoon might have been in. Hmm. I don't know. She doesn't do anything anymore. Who cares? Who cares about people who don't make things anymore? Yeah, exactly. How's Maze Runner? Like, it's, okay, it's kind of like Naughty Dog made a movie. Yeah. (laughs) But it's like, it's like trying to be every movie, but it has to be made for like teenage it's like very adolescent in the way it tries to be every movie where it like tries to be emotional in parts but then it also doesn't show violence in the way it should given the circumstances Uh uh-huh 
Like, there's a scene where a character is being grabbed by basically zombies. Okay. And, like, if it were a real movie, like a real R-rated movie, he would be pulled apart like it was Shaun of the Dead or Day of the Dead or something. Yeah. Like, just ripped apart. But he, like, gets out of that. But then he was slightly bitten, so he's dying of being a zombie. And then they have the scene where they say a tearful goodbye to him and walk off and have a poignant shot of all the characters while you hear him shoot himself in the head so he doesn't become a zombie. It's that kind of movie. Like, it's too wanting to be adult and serious to really be as fun as it should be. But it's not actually adult enough to do this stuff seriously enough for it to, like, really work. So is it just kind of like one of those things where... They want, like, the people making the movie obviously want it to be this thing, but, like, the publicists and, like, the producers behind it know that, like, this is the target audience, so we have to keep it in this scope. It's kind of not that, because the thing with these teen novels that these movies are being adapted from is they are just succeeding by trying to be every story ever. Okay. Like, like the... the what seems to appeal to teenagers in these books is like they just fucking cram everything from every other story like in bits and pieces and mash it in there that's just kind of what those books seem to be so this is like an adaptation of that <laughs> weird okay so. uh this doesn't sound good <laughs> no <laughs> did you like the other one or is there two uh, other ones there's one other one yeah okay it was I found that one just kind of boring. Okay. I saw bits and pieces of it, and I thought some of the ideas looked cool from what I saw off to the side, but I didn't want to, like, sit down and watch it. Yeah, no. That's... It's like... I like the labyrinth thing, though. Like, I've always liked that, like, yeah. myth or whatever. Yeah, the thing is, like, the labyrinth... It's... They... When that story starts, they already know how to get through it. <laughs> it's not actually a maze for them at that point. Then why don't... It's just a like, thing. That why don't they just get through? There. Because the outside world is scary. Like, there's literally a tribe of guys, like, the bad kids in that movie just want to stay where they are because that's the right thing to do. Is it? We find out probably it isn't. But then it's all a test. Uh, The twist in that movie is, at the end of that movie is, oh, now they're into the next layer of the maze. (laughs) Who do you like? Do they explain who's doing all this? Like, who's pulling these strings? Who's putting them in there? Like, why is this even a thing? Um, because there's zombie virus, but some people, kids, are immune, so they're harvesting them. Oh, okay. But really, it's just a blatant metaphor for high school. Like, I mean, really yeah, obviously. okay. <laughs> like, and simply and obviously enough that teenagers will get it. And, like, that's why it appeals to them. Uh, okay. So it's kind of like the new version of, like, The Breakfast Club? It's kind of like if you took Hunger Games and replaced Jennifer Lawrence with the blandest main character imaginable. Oh, no, I would never replace her for anything, ever. <laughs> See, that's, <laughs> like, the other part is, like, the main dude in these movies, in these Maze Runner movies, is the most boring main character, like, character imagine. He's just so bland. That's why it really, and it's, like, then they're, like, set-piece moment stuff, so it really, really feels to me like a Naughty Dog movie. Great. Yeah. 
It does. It like rips off the part of like a character standing on glass that cracks from Jurassic Park Two. Great. Like it has to rip off every movie. <sighs> this doesn't sound like something I'm gonna get into. So okay. Yeah. Why did you go see it then? If you thought the first one was boring, do you just kind of need to like see it through now that you have like the story? I just like there's a part of like movies about teenage hijinks and them like joking with each other that I like. Like okay. the extent to that 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 is in this movie, I like it. There's just not enough of it. Like the part of the movie that's a bummer is like what makes me not like this movie. Not that it's dumb. Or childish. It's that it's like trying to be too serious when it doesn't have the. It's like punching above. It's trying to punch above its weight class. Okay. That's why I don't like it. So you just kind of like like schlocky teenage movies, like dramas yeah, or whatever. A, like yeah, I have a, that that can appeal to me. Okay. So you love the Breakfast Club. I don't love The Breakfast Club. Okay, why don't you love The Breakfast Club? It sounds exactly like what you want. <laughs> I just hate all those kids. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> this, those specific kids, I just hate. Yeah. I find them all insufferable, so that doesn't work for me. You don't like Emilio? Nope. Yeah, that's probably fair. All right, cool. They're so smug. They're so smug. You have a thing about smugness don't like smugness apparently ironic considering how <laughs> smug you are <laughs> about it especially <laughs> what about smaug do you like smaug uh, smaug the bouse i don't know nah he's all right he's a dragon yeah yeah dragons, dragons are okay are, dragons are cool yeah one of them they was sean connery be. Oh, dude, that movie's so shitty. <laughs> it's oh, so bad. Holy shit. I remember liking that movie because when I saw it, I was like a 10-year-old kid, and it was like a PG-13 movie, so it was above <laughs> my like weight class in terms uh -huh. of like <laughs> movie-watching prowess. But like watching it again, holy fuck, that's a piece of shit. Like nothing even happens in it, basically. Yeah, it's just super boring. <laughs> but Sean Connery, though. Yeah. Sean Connery's great. Yep. Yep. Speaking of Sean Connery, how was Attack on Titan? Um, meh. Is it meh? Like, is this something I should see in a the theater? Though I feel like it is because giant titans. Yeah. So the appeal of it is the like the effects on the live action titans. Yeah. Like the guy who directed it is going, actually going to direct the co-direct the next uh, Japanese Godzilla movie, which is cool. Okay, but like this movie, it's paced terribly. Like scenes just drag on way longer than they should. Yeah. So it feels like nothing's happening, even though they're burning through, like story material basically in the like that they're adapting the re there are a lot of people that don't like this movie for the reason that this is basically just a separate adaptation of the manga it's not basing itself any on the anime so there are a bunch of people nitpicking it because it's not like the anime enough for them 
Hmm. Which isn't my problem with it. My problem is it's just not it's I've, not engaging enough. And then the part where they do the action with like the wire stuff. Yeah. That is like obvious blue screen. Like that just they didn't put their money into making that look good in the way they made look making the Titans look good. And that stuff is so like dynamic and energetic you'd want that to look better that's really weird considering like they literally have an in-universe excuse to just do wires for like throwing actors around and not having to edit them out or do cg stuff yeah like you actually have an in-universe reason to like hook your actors up to wires and just move them around the stage yeah they didn't (laughs) so weird they they spent they just like obviously blue screen them in and like have the like make them go faster with their through editing stuff and then there's like tons of cgi blood and stuff so it's just like it it detracts from like the really part that really looks good that's the draw that there's another part of it that doesn't look so good Mm. and like overall the movie ends up just being a little too flat and boring Uh, okay as a spectacle, though, because there are titans, is this something I should watch on a big screen? Knowing that, like, I'm not going to get, like, Shakespearean actors and, like, great effects or for some of the stuff. Is it still, like, does it still scale to, like, I should be watching this on a bigger screen than my TV at home? Probably. Like, again, yeah. it's kind of on par to, like, a classic Godzilla movie where yeah. it's, like, how into seeing these big, like, this, these filming these things to look big are you? Well, I mean, that's why I watched the newer, the newest Godzilla in theaters. Yeah. Because, like, I could just watch it at home, but I needed to see Godzilla on a giant screen. I needed to. Yeah. No, for sure, like... The, to the extent there's an appeal for it, it's definitely enheightened by seeing it on a big screen. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cool. That's, I mean, so I, yeah. that's kind of too bad that it's not great, but if it was, it was more also, like the uh, anime, it would be kind of shitty. Yeah, it also shouldn't have been split into two parts. Yeah, like, I mean, is that just a money been. grab? Yes. Okay. I mean, I figured, that's but... That's what that is. Yeah, Okay. Second part is like eighty-five minutes of new material. <laughs> Great. Great. Uh so I saw the Martian. Yeah, alright. Martian's really good. It's a fun adventure ride. Okay. Of seeing this dude survive and like overcome the odds. So and it's it- Apollo thirteen. It's sort of Apollo 13. Apollo 13 is not bad. It's not a yeah, bad thing I'm saying. It's, it's very it's similar to Apollo 13, but the real best part of it is Matt Damon's character is having so much fun. Okay. Like he's super impressed with himself when he like figures out how to farm potatoes on Mars. He's like okay. becomes and like at near the end he's like doing insane shit he probably shouldn't do just because he wants to like be the guy who does this ridiculous thing (laughs) like there's Hmm. also an element to search for Spock in it in that like the crew that leaves him behind then goes back to save him Mm -hmm. and they like like break the rules and stuff like it's very silly there are these 
the parts with Matt Damon are the highlight and easily the best part. It's like just a great old like classic sort of adventure movie. Mm-hmm. It's just fun. The parts that are that I don't like as much are on NASA because they're just super dumb and like bizarrely dumb. There's like a part where they're in NASA. A they're always like in mission control and it's there are no lights on and there's no one there. And then they're like, uh-oh, we need a map of Mars. So let's go to the cafeteria and take a picture of Mars off the wall because NASA doesn't have a map of Mars. It's just weird. It's just bizarre choices. Like it's funny, but it's so fucking stupid. Whereas like there's this really good movie going on over here, guys. It's really good. It sounds silly. It's silly and fun. Okay. That's why I like it. Yeah, okay. I think I can live with that. So I also saw Pan, basically because it's got nothing but terrible reviews and is a horrible box office failure. So it's like, I got to see this. Is it bad? It's really bad. Have they ever made a movie since Hook based on that stuff that is good? I don't think so. Hook's great, by the way. Yeah. I, I like Hook. Seen Hook. I haven't seen Hook since. You I know why Hook. Hook's good? Because Spielberg has fun with the core material and does his thing. Mm. Not because it's a good movie, mm-hmm. but because it's different. It's not just like the Peter Pan tale over and over again with his shadow and stuff. There's just elements of all that shit put together mm-hmm. for a new story. Mm. I hate. I kind of hate the just the story of Peter Pan. <laughs> Honestly, it's stupid. So this makes it stupider Great. by make it's like the it's like the studio executive's wet dream of a plot where it's all about Peter Pan being the chosen one. Oh no. Okay. And then like Hook is like So he's Neo. Yes. And Hook is probably Agent Smith. No, he's uh um, he's Han Solo. What? Okay. There is a part where he flies a ship away, only to later fly it back in to save the day during the climactic battle. Does he and say like, never tell this... me the odds? He might as well have. Like he's <laughs> kind of doing a weird Harrison Ford impression, and he's always like, he's like has like an Indiana Jones thing with his hat. Like it's so uh on the nose, it's like, what are you doing? Great. Uh, right. The part that almost made this movie work is Hugh Jackman as the main villain hams it up so fucking hard. Okay. It's amazing. There just isn't enough of him. He's not in the movie enough. He has like a couple really great scenes at the beginning that are just ridiculous and it's like the movie is fun in a train wreck way. The other part that comes early on is like the, where the his like this like horde of slaves and pirate slave miners and pirates. Also, this movie is about mining Pixium. Yeah, sure. <laughs> but so this horde of pirates and miners start singing "Smells Like Teen Spirit." Oh no! <laughs> it's like what is this movie? You're kidding. No, that's not they, a. They sing Smells Like Teen Spirit. The movie like becomes Moulin Rouge for like two scenes. I forget the other song they sing. 
in the universe. <sighs> but so that part is ridiculous. It's like train wreck bad. But not enough of the movie is like that, and too much of the movie is the studio executive's wet dream of what a movie should be, and it's just so boring. God damn it. I got to see it in, like, a renovated theater, though. So, like, AMC around here has been replacing all their seats with uh, reclining chairs. We don't have AMC up here, so. so good. (laughs) Like, all these theaters are getting reclining chairs, and it's so good. I was, like, lying down while watching this movie in the theater. (laughs) Wow, a lot of people love this movie on IMDb's, like, forums. Everybody's like, oh, my God, so good. So sad it flopped. Ah! What, Pan, really? Wow. Yeah. Such a flop. (laughs) Nirvana song was the heart and soul of the movie, and it was badass. And they're singing it so badly, too. I'm just going to read so what... That's what the name of the like forum post was. Yeah. I'm just going to read a little bit of this. I loved okay. that song and how cool it made Blackbeard. Hugh Jackman was so into character that I forgot he's an actor. Go Nirvana. I'll never get tired of hello, 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 how low. And he went down with it, too. Hello. I am a full-grown adult and went to see this movie knowing it's a kid's movie without great expectations, but this song totally made my afternoon worth it. Congratulations to the director and the sound team. Even Nonzo and Nonzi's, whatever, brutish character sang it, and it fit the character so well. He is so stoked that this song is in there. It the made his afternoon. It's basically how they sing it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to find, like, an audio clip of this. You know yes, what? I'm going to go totally, on YouTube. It's totally worth finding, like, a YouTube clip of that part of the movie. This it's a fucking amazing, but it, the movie is not worth watching. It's super boring. It smells like Teen Spirit Pan is actually just a thing that comes up when I started typing it. Pan soundtrack. Oh, my God. It's actually just on the soundtrack straight up. Oh, of course it is. That soundtrack will based on that song. Probably. Oh, good. It's a song I grew up loving, slowed down, and made all melancholy. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You know what? That never happened before. Wait, they're not singing, though. This is a girl's singing it. Oh, weird. Okay, this must be like a soundtrack version That must be a soundtrack version that they based it on. All right, well, I'm going to have to find the actual thing of them selling. Wait, Cast of Pan, that's probably it. Oh, my God, this is probably going to be terrible, isn't it? Probably. I have to try to keep, like, talking a little bit just in case it flags audio (laughs) when I do this, so that's kind of why I'm just incessantly talking over nothing that you can hear. Yeah, that's fair enough. Uh, Music by John Powell. John Powell... You did not write Smells Like Teen Spirit <laughs> because you did not blow your brains out in 1994. <laughs> so, oh, this is getting loud. I got to turn that down. Uh, They're not even singing. What the hell is this? Oh, my God. There it is. <laughs> it's it's like a chorus of, like, a bunch of people singing it. Yes. Oh, my God. This is terrible. I actually want to kill myself. <laughs> this is... 
you know why this is terrible? It's not even the fact that, like, it's a song in Pan, uh -huh. or, like, it's a weird arrangement or something. This is, like, exactly what Cobain didn't want. He did uh -huh. not want his music to be this, like, giant successful thing that would be in a movie. It's almost, yeah. like, just, like, shitting on his grave, to be completely honest with yeah. you. Pretty much. Oh, it's amazing. It's exactly what studio executives want. I can't believe that is an actual real thing. Oh, wait, somebody else said something here on the forums. Did anyone else like rendition of Smells Like Teen Spirit? <laughs> I will admit that the entrance to Neverland is court is chorus of Smells Like Teen Spirit is very random and out of place, but I love the insanity of it. Is there anyone else who enjoyed it? I think it's stupid as shit. I enjoyed it as a fucking train wreck thing. Yeah. Find it hilarious. Uh, I'm I'm just disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even mad. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> Pen, I'm disappointed. Whatever. How is Bone Tomahawk? Bone Tomahawk is the fucking best thing. <laughs> okay. Oh my god. What is Western, it? Western. So it's basically a straight Western. Uh huh. Where this dude's uh, wife and the deputy of the town get kidnapped, and four guys have to ride out posse to go save them. Okay. It has Kurt Russell as the sheriff, which is great. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And the big thing that makes it different is that they were kidnapped by a tribe of cannibalistic troglodytes who only communicate through these piercing whales that they have like this bone protrusion in their neck with this little like whistle hole that they blow out of. Okay. They just yell. And so it goes full fucking horror in the last act. Okay. It's like see a man ripped in half. Hmm. Fucking that goes for it. It's like just got lots of brutal violence. And it's just a really good Western on top of that. Okay. It's really fucking good. Huh. This is something I should check out then. Yes, this but, is. Uh, it's on. So it was only. Pl it's only playing like two theaters because I didn't get a rating. Like it's rated, not rated. Uh -huh. But it's on. Uh, like on demand, uh, streaming and HD purchasing stuff. Oh really? Yes. So I can actually legally watch this. They gave yes. me a way to do that without yes. having to pirate it. Uh huh. Holy shit! It's like they know what the internet is. Yeah. That's well, amazing. Also, have this cannibalistic western that didn't get rated. It's yeah. Like, what are you going to do with it? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I I, I actually you know what? This might be like my Halloween movie. Yeah. I'm okay with that. Yeah, I do want to check that out though, for sure. Okay, looks like you have some older movies on here. Yeah. So I watched Predestination. I don't know what the fuck that is. It's the weirdest fucking movie. So it's starring Ethan Hawke. Oh, okay. And he's a time traveler agent person. He looks like um what the fuck is his name? Matthew or Matt Dillon from <clears throat> like uh what's it called? Something about Mary with that stupid ass mustache. Mm-hmm. God he so looks dumb. I was expecting like a time cop kind of movie 
Yeah. That is not what I got at all. What is it? So half of the movie ends up being him talking to this guy. It He's like pretending to be a bartender. There's a guy at the bar who's a writer. Okay. Who tells him the story of how he used to be a woman. Okay. And th- so I'm going to spoil this movie now. I mean, I don't care. Sure. But Where if anybody wants to. It turns does. out mm-hmm. that this person is Ethan Hawke. Okay. And it's a story about how this person became the perfect time cop by being both his own father and mother. <laughs> This is like some <laughs> the stupid shit. I'm my own grandpa. <laughs> dumb ass shit. I'm going to listen to that song later tonight. <laughs> it was not what I expected. I was like talking on Twitter one day like I just saw the weirdest fucking movie. Okay, that was that was this. That was this. Yeah, okay. I didn't I didn't know what to do. <laughs> wow. <sighs> so that was the thing that happened. I yeah, okay, whatever. No. I don't even know what to say about it. <laughs> Neither do I. Okay. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much where I'm at. <laughs> so then, uh, me and a friend. So okay, a little backstory for this next one. Okay. One of my favorite terrible movies. Yeah. Is Man with the Golden Gun. Yeah, that movie's garbage, but it's great. I love how it's like just scenes happen. Like yeah. there's just like don't kill him here. This is my home. Take him to school. And then James Bond wakes up in the middle of a karate tournament. Yeah. No, <laughs> I know it's d- so dumb. Nonsense and it has Christopher Lee in it, so it's great. So the the other yep. thing is I haven't seen very many other old James Bond movies, and the ones I have tried to watch, I always fall asleep in the middle of. Yo, I'm going to so, do a spoiler alert for you here. A lot yeah. of James Bond movies are fucking garbage. Yeah, I mean. Like, yeah. bad garbage. Not even, like, entertaining garbage. Mm-hmm. In fact, so, I would say 90% of them. <laughs> so my friend was telling me that Moonraker fell on the side of entertaining garbage. No. that's Okay, well, I fell anyways. asleep during it, so I disagree. It continued my trend of just falling asleep during James Bond movies. Okay. Yeah. I mean. Mostly I just wanted to mention that Man with the Golden Gun is a fucking bad movie masterpiece. Mm-hmm. So fucking insanely bad. And I mean, James yeah. Bond isn't the hero in that movie. No. Christopher Lee's Scaramanga kills the bad guy. Yep. He shoots him. It's so good. And then the movie has to like come up with a reason for Scaramanga to be the bad guy. Other than that, he had a weird, uh, like, f- funhouse thing with a little person trying to kill him, like that whole thing. Yeah. All right. God, that movie is so those James Bond stuff. It's so racist. Oh yeah, it's it's all hit and miss too. There's no just like. There's no just one era where you can say, like, Well, the thing is, from what I understand, like, the Ian Fleming novels are more racist than those movies are. 
Oh, yeah, I bet. Well, they were written in a certain yeah. time, though. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you can't really blame them for that. That's like saying, like, Walt Disney promotes smoking. Like, of course, everybody did when Walt yeah. Disney did shit. That was just a thing. But, yeah. Uh, um, how many James Bond movies have you watched or seen, roughly? Um, so I've watched all the Pierce Brosnan ones. Okay. I've watched all the Daniel Craig ones, except I haven't seen Quantum of Solace. Okay. You and I are on the same page. <laughs> okay. And I've watched Man with the Golden Gun, and all the other ones I've tried to watch, I fall asleep during. Okay. I haven't really watched them. Like, I've tried to watch Goldfinger a bunch of times, and I Goldfinger. Super boring. Yeah, there's a lot. Super boring. Honestly, like, all of the Sean Connery ones are pretty boring. He's, I mean, he's a good Bond, though. He has that, like, suave British thing (laughs) going for him. James Bond. The best movie where he plays James Bond is Last Crusade. I, you're totally right, actually. <laughs> Last Crusade's great. I would really like that movie. Yes. A That's lot... why he's Indiana Jones' dad, because he's James Bond. He's like the progenitor. A lot of James Bond movies are garbage. Yeah. What's your favorite James Bond movie? Favorite. Yeah. Probably Goldeneye. That's the right answer. Because it just, like, the pacing just goes. It just yeah. keeps going. Yeah. And then they do the stupid twist at the end. But, yeah, like, it just, that movie trucks along. And it doesn't along. feel like any of the other ones. Like, no. all the, the all the Pierce Brosnan ones after that feel like each other, but they yes. don't really feel like Goldeneye. Okay, but Tomorrow Never Dies is actually amazing. Because... The big baddie for it, the villain, is just like a media dude, like a newspaper guy or whatever. He's yeah, just like, like trying to make the news. And I like the dude with the bullet in his brain that makes him stronger. Cause oh, the world the is not dumbest enough. Fucking thing. Yeah, the world is not enough. Yeah, I can't remember that dude's name, but nope. yes, that that movie had Denise Richards in it. <laughs> Die Another Day was terrible. I don't even remember shit that happens in that except for like an ice palace. Dude, the like... ice palace it melts. Yeah. That's the only thing I remember in that whole well, movie. Well, there's all, like the satellite that's like a solar. I don't thing. even remember that. I've seen that movie that's twice. What, that's what melts everything. I've seen that movie twice. <laughs> I, I don't remember any of it. I saw it twice in theaters, too. I was a stupid kid. I saw Jurassic Park 3 twice in theaters. Eh, that, you could do worse than Jurassic Park 3. That was because I found it hilariously bad and convinced friends to see it. Yeah. Skyfall did a lot of money. Holy shit. Yeah. Holy shit, this is a lot of money. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> this is amazing. I'm looking at, like a graph of mm-hmm. or a chart or whatever at the box office for every single movie and like how much it made the budget and all that stuff. Yeah. It's crazy. Oh, I feel so bad for <laughs> die another day. 
they paid Pierce Brosnan $16.5 million for it. <laughs> I mean, it made a lot. And that's what I feel bad about. It made $431.9 million. Jeez. Those movies were popular. Yeah. Are you going to watch Spectre? I'm going to watch Spectre. Yeah, it looks like it's probably okay, right? Like, Daniel Craig has a different Bond feel that I really enjoy. Yeah, those are good. They're good action movies. He seems like a human, which is yeah. nice. <laughs> like, he seems like he has, like, emotions. <laughs> it's got, um, what's his name? As the villain. Hmm? Fucking... What's his face from uh, Inglorious Bastards? Yeah, Christoph Waltz. Christoph Waltz is playing Blofeld. Yeah. I mean, it just makes sense, really. Yeah. The my big fear for that movie would have been that they were just using it to set up another James Bond movie using Blofeld, but I think this is Daniel Craig's last one, so that's not going to happen. Yeah. In that way. So that's cool. That makes me more excited for it. That it's like the end of this. That they're trying to go excited? out bang. What? The fact that we can talk about Naruto because you've apparently been watching it. I, wa- well, I was sick one one week. Naruto's like, perfect for being sick. Like, I just needed something fucking mindless. And How many bland. filler episodes did you get through? So he, my strategy, though, is I can't deal with Naruto filler. Okay. So I just I had a list of canonical episodes. Is there any way you could pass that along to me? Yeah. The so the other problem with yeah. Naruto though is even when you get to canonical episodes, if it's a fight that didn't matter, but like they think it could have mattered, they will cram in so many fucking flashbacks. So you have yeah. to be ready to like, oh, this is a flashback skip forward this far in the episode till that's over. <laughs> How many arcs did you get through? Like, where did you end up? Well, the thing is, so I'm super late <clears throat> in Naruto. Like, I'm okay. deep into Shippuden. Oh. But I got through, like, 70 episodes or something Yeah, okay. of, like, content by, like, skipping. I probably watched, like, 20 or 30. Something like that. See, that's... That's kind of cheating, because, like, when I started going through Naruto, we got to, like, episode 94 or something, just by, like, watching four a day with my roommate every day. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, I watched Naruto straight to, like, episode 136 or whatever, the end of, like, the story before it skipped to Shippuden. Sure. Like, I watched all that, and I've read the manga already. See, I stopped Past where I am in the show. I stopped watching Naruto at ninety four, wherever I'm at, because yeah. I couldn't handle anymore. Like yeah, I was so fucking done. <laughs> the like if like the actual way I recommend people to consume Naruto is to read the comic because it moves at a much better pace and doesn't have all the filler stories. Yeah, but even that at the point I'm at got so slow because. They went and had a plot where every character who had died came back as a zombie. Great. Okay. Every character, like almost every character. There are a couple they don't bring back, but like they bring back almost everyone. 
Okay. It's like fucking endless. Like I was reading that comic in the story for fucking like years and it didn't end. And that's why I haven't finished that story. So you've seen a lot of Naruto. Yes. Does Sakura ever become good? Because she no. sucks, dude. She has like one glimpse of amazingness in one episode. So she gets another good fight at the be very early in Shippuden, but she's sort of being puppeteered by this old woman. So that doesn't really count, I guess. <laughs> so it almost doesn't count, and then she doesn't really get anything out Okay, of so she is literally just in there for the like love interest, love triangle thing. That is what she's there for. Yeah. Fuck. That sucks, because that one glimpse, it's so badass. She's so good. Yeah. The, she cuts her hair and then just, so, like, throws those fucking... It's basically, i become much more okay with her as a character, because she's, like, she trains and becomes, like, super tough. But then the plot never really does her justice after it sort of actually builds her up into something. I mean, that's the problem I have with it. I don't have a problem with her as a character or being part of the show or anything. I have a problem with her never, like, showing potential. It's the same thing with Black Widow in the Marvel movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck, that's annoying. Okay. Um, I still have to finish Food Wars, so don't spoil anything, I guess. But, like, how was Food Wars? You watched more of it. Food Wars is great. Yeah. Like, it kind of ends just with a, a tournament of people presenting their dishes one after another. Yeah, And if the show were literally that for episode after episode after episode, I would watch it and love it. Sure. But then it just sort of ends. Like, it, it's, it has, a, like, a conclusion, but it sort of ends in the middle of a tournament. And I don't know if they're ever going to get a season two. That's too bad. I really like that show. It, so it, it might end up just sitting as, like, it's this plus sort of then there's a manga that keeps going after this or something. But they mm. might make a season two. I don't know. I hope but they what, do. for what it is, it was super fun. Yeah, I had a great time. Yeah. Okay. Just cool. Great, great time. Speaking of I great did. time, how did you do in Apocalypse World this last weekend? When I couldn't make it, uh, I couldn't make it either. Oh. Okay. <laughs> okay, you couldn't, or you didn't want to, because I wasn't there. Be honest. Uh, I was. I was in the city and got held up and was like uh, okay so i was like fuck it yeah i just turned out to be busy and i didn't the the thing is like i could have probably made it but i was exhausted and like just didn't i just wanted a day off from everything so that's yeah. what my saturday became so i canceled mm -hmm. that and watched until dawn all day yeah <laughs> like so that was it. I just needed a break from internet stuff for a full day. And unfortunately, mm -hmm. that was the day that we we planned to do Apocalypse World with those people. So, yep. Oops. Uh, what about D&D, &D, though? Let's talk about D&D. &D. Yo, D&D &D is fun. Yeah. D&D &D is real fun. I guess we I've... haven't talked about our last thing. Like, yeah, it's been that been. long. Yeah. Like, I don't know what else to say about it this, now that it's been so long, though. I don't think David's plan of just not doing anything was a good one. Because no. we got beat up way more than we should have. <laughs> no, it was dumb. We killed everyone who saw us. We were always going to kill everyone who... Like, 
yeah, I'm not exactly sure what was supposed to be the plan there. But he stuck to it. I'll give him that, I guess. Oh, we just lost the call. I can hear okay, you. Okay, there we go. Okay. <laughs> um, so, yeah. That was because the call was over five hours that Skype freaked out. Yeah, maybe. It's kind of weird that it would freak out at five hours and eight minutes, though, and not right on. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Either way, um, I don't know what he was trying to go for, I guess, because, like, we were at the point where, like, the rats were going to die. All of them. Every yeah. single one. And it's like, at some point, we had a plan that we were just going to try and convert the rats or something. But, like, it's been so long between sessions, I was just like, I don't give a fuck anymore. <laughs> just kill shit. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. I feel like he got a little salty about saying he, he was going to fuck it up. So he just <laughs> make sure he didn't fuck it up. I don't know. I don't really <laughs> get what he was doing. That's fine, though. Yeah. That's part of the role play thing. Is that, yep. like, this is the thing. Like, when you don't metagame, mm -hmm. things turn out weird like that because people have different ideas and, like, you can't control other people if you were in the situation anyway. Yeah. So, like, it's totally fine that he was yeah. going for a thing like, that we didn't understand. Like, yeah. Uh, I, we play, I think we played it the right way of just those characters, like, just being confused. <laughs> just because from a character standpoint, I was confused. Yeah. What he was doing at that point. I don't know. I, like, I kind of have an idea of what he was going for. He was thinking that, like, everybody would be dead. They would come out and, like, he would be able to, like, maybe backstab them or something. But, like, the just the way the campaign was going, it didn't seem like it was going to happen that way. It was going to no. be, like, we're going to fight them. Like, it doesn't matter how they... Th if they think you're on their side or not, like, they're going to die and then you will just like be the ruler of the rats that no longer exist because everybody died yeah <laughs> so <laughs> yeah like it's like fine because it, it, i mean at this point we're wrapping up the campaign like i don't it, think he the, knew that though at that time oh, okay like i think that was still a kept secret between like you me and tony i think uh, you just overheard me and tony talk yeah. we talked about it with you one day okay because david hasn't been around for a lot of the like just random conversations mm -hmm. he's been working a lot and stuff so yeah fair enough i don't blame him like he didn't probably know what was going on and stuff and he was trying to thing and we were all kind of like um <laughs> okay but uh other than that the session was basically like he gets asked to betray us like we go willingly with a plan then mm -hmm. we do a giant fight that was that session because it yep. had to be a short one that night yeah which is fine. And yeah. uh, it sounds like the 14th, or is it the 15th of November now? The 14th, I believe. Yeah, Saturday. Saturday okay. the 14th, I'm pretty sure we're going to be doing our, like, finale event okay. sort of thing. And, yeah, I mean, if it... Like, I think I have an idea of what's going on. Tony hasn't told me specifically because I'm playing... Uh -huh. But, like, it seems pretty obvious we're about to fight, like, the leaders of the rats. Yeah. And then it sounds like we're going to get, like, an info dump l of lore for this yeah. world. That'll mm -hmm. close it out, and then it'll, like, open up again to random people next year sort of thing. So that'll be cool. Yeah. And uh, then we're going to have a lot of Wikipedia writing to do. 
to fill in stuff. Oh, God, I wrote so much backstory for Homer. Oh my God. Yeah, <laughs> I have a full backstory in my head, but I don't want it all revealed yet. So like, uh-huh. I just put like redacted in some spots. Yeah. So for me, it's like that story could just be a story Homer told if I feel like changing it. <laughs> right, because he's a bard. Exactly. So, like, he might be exaggerating or making stuff up completely. Yeah. yeah. It's fun, though. I've been enjoying it a lot. Yeah. I've been enjoying the one-shots as well. Mm-hmm. We finished up the Troubadours. That was interesting. And I think Rope Vendor is, like, my favorite NPC of any game ever, <laughs> including video games. Rope Vendor is so good. I Rope... still need to watch the the end of that because I was just, like, super tired at that time. and I, I missed the end. Yeah. Just had to pass out. Rope Vendor is so good. I need him on a shirt just saying something like you want to get naughty or something. <laughs> oh, the puns. I just, I need it. <laughs> so maybe I'll see if somebody can, if I can get a commission of like somebody drawing the rope vendor holding like a rope up and saying something like gross. And mm-hmm. that's just the whole thing. That's the shirt. Yeah. Yeah. Rope Vendor is great. Um, are you excited for Deep Freeze Follies? Oh, I'm stoked. <laughs> it's going to be so dumb. Oh, my God. The Walrus King. <laughs> I still don't know what my character is going to be for it. Did you hear what the premise was? You were probably sleeping at the end of... Uh... No, I think I, I think I woke up for that part. Okay. And also, Tony told me before. Oh, right. Yeah. Gonna be stopping a walrus wedding. Yes. Love it. Sure. Gonna be so good. Oh my so god. Good. And Spart, oh my god. Yes. <laughs> it ha- it has the potential to be so dumb. So yes. dumb. It's gonna be dumb. Yeah. I think uh right. I think that might I don't think it was nailed down yet. I'm pretty sure that's gonna be the weekend of the twenty first or the twenty second, one of those two days. Uh, of November. Yeah. I think yeah. what we were talking about was was around then. Yeah. Yeah. So that'll be coming up pretty soon. That I mean that'll be exciting. I've been learning how to do some GM stuff lately actually. Uh I think I think we're still on if like people want to, we could probably run Call of Cthulhu Friday or Saturday. Cool. I think we could do that. That game is pretty easy. It, it's kind of fun, actually. It's become like an obsession of mine to like learn these new game mechanics for different mm-hmm. games. Because once you just kind of like learned one, like how we did with 4E, yeah. it becomes like kind of a second nature to just know how to read how they're written for game mm-hmm. mechanics. It just makes sense. Yeah. Whereas like that's a skill set that you didn't have before, like knowing just how to read how things how this shit's written down. So like 5e I have a firm grasp on and we could probably run something in 5e D&D sometime easily. Mm-hmm. Uh Call of Cthulhu, I think I have a grasp on. It makes it a little bit easier that I don't have to come up with a campaign for it. We're just going to do a pre-written one. Yeah. So that's like way easier. And that might be interesting to do. A little horror theme for Halloween and all that. But um that's been taking up a lot of my time. A lot of reading different systems, a lot of, like, just reading random 
people's like on reddits and stuff uh, red different subreddits people's like campaign ideas and character ideas and just in taking all of this like stuff to use at some point maybe yeah it's become a weird obsession that i never thought i would have and mm. in a way it's kind of ruined how i look at games because mm-hmm. it's just like why would i play this linear experience that's poorly written that some guy thinks is important when I can make the experience myself mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah like a lot of the my my problems with like choice in games are like there are simple things you could steal from D&D that would just make this more interesting fuck yeah yeah and then like just to see that some things even things with like D and D property names on it don't do to justice is gross. No, like Sword Coast Legends is unfortunately t- kind of terrible because it doesn't know what it wants to be. It's not like an exact D and D clone, and yeah. it's not like a good video game representation of a D and D game. It's just somewhere in the middle. Yeah, I don't get why if if you're gonna make a game with a DM mode, I don't get why you wouldn't make a game that like played. With the rules of, like, turn-based stuff, like, why did you need to make it this action thing that doesn't seem to be that good? Also, if you have a DM mode, why can't the DM just make a dungeon with tile sets instead of, like, <laughs> having to choose certain rooms? Yeah. That's so badly designed. It's so poor. It's so fuck. Even, it like, feels, Tony Hawk feels... has a half-pipe creator. Yeah. <laughs> on the PlayStation. Yeah. <laughs> PS1 games are outdoing you, guys. Yeah, it's it's Excite Bike is outdoing you. The thing is, like, D&D games have been good before, as in, like, 20 years ago when Baldur's Gate was around. Uh-huh. Because that is a straight-up D&D game with, like, dice rolls and everything. Yeah. <laughs> so how can they not do that now? I don't understand it. Whatever. I'm just going to make myself mad talking about it, but um, how have you been liking Apocalypse World the times we've done that? I've had fun. Uh, I do kind of prefer the structured combat and structure of D&D, just personally. I kind of do, too. It makes me worry about ever wanting to try like Dungeon World or things like using the Powered by the Apocalypse engine because I, I like the idea of a GM enforcing like a set of mechanics that you can work within to kind of structure what you're doing and not so much just like this like the way apocalypse world and these games those games run is kind of a hippie movement of gaming that Mm -hmm. i'm not a big fan of personally where it's just like okay i want to attack this guy all right well what do you do i kill him okay well he's dead now what i'm more into set mechanics than i am yeah, like pure freeform storytelling. There's there's a place for it. Yeah. Um. With Apocalypse World, I don't know how much of it we're doing is right. I think there's there's supposed to be a little more structure than we're doing because there's like dice roll rules. It's just it doesn't seem like we do them a lot. So I'm not sure. I'm not sure, honestly. Yeah, I don't know. I Either know way, it's, it's been it's, fun. Yeah, yeah, it's fun. It's it's kind of like 
I don't know. It's a different feel. It's like when you play D&D, it's like you're playing a board game, like, say, Monopoly or something with a bunch of friends and, like, just, like, doing weird shit, like, pretending you're, like, the dude in the car or, like, the thimble and, like, making weird voices or something. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, Apocalypse World is almost just, like, chatting with a few friends. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Yeah. So, I don't know. They're both good for different reasons, but when it comes to the end of the day, I prefer D&D type stuff, but yeah. I also know that, like, D&D type stuff is a bitch to get ready for a group. It takes a long time and a lot of planning. Yeah. Yep. So... It shows, yeah. though. It's a funner experience. Mm-hmm. It's also like, now I know. Now I know that I prefer that structure. Yes. Like I suspected, but... Yeah. Sure. It's not even to say that one or another is necessarily bad. It's just I prefer no. the one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Cool. I think that's kind of it. Oh, my God. We talked about all the things. We talked about all the things. Let's talk about, like, some housekeeping site stuff because you've been sure. writing a lot. Yes. That was one of my ways to talk about all these movies I saw was just to write up little things on them. Yeah. And then some game reviews because I liked those games enough. Specifically Persona 4 and Tales from the Borderlands. Yeah. So you have the game reviews up. I'm actually looking just at the front page and they're still up there. Um, You've been doing like a movie thing a day until Halloween. Yes. So far? It's a, it's a horror week kind of thing. Horror week, yeah. So, like, in my head, it's it started... It was, like, the unofficial kickoff was Bone Tomahawk on, on Sunday. Yeah. Which was just because I had just seen that. And then I did a... I couldn't just... I wanted to do it to kick it off on Monday with a classic horror movie. I couldn't just... And I was bouncing around a couple ideas, but I ended up writing about Night of the Living Dead and Dawn of the Dead and started comparing them. And how they kind of work in unison to, in different ways, sort of thing. Yeah. With the same subject matter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How how Dawn sort of approaches a, like the same ideas, kind of in a in a different way. Yeah. I mean, if anybody wanted more information, we don't even have to talk about it. It's literally up there. You could read it. So. <laughs> yep. And then, today I posted a piece on. Monster oh, no, Go Go. No. Yesterday I posted a piece on Escape from Tomorrow. Yep. Which is the horror movie from 2013, I think. Mm-hmm. It was filmed in secret at Disney World and Disneyland. That's pretty neat. And is like, it's the story is basically a guy is on vacation there at Disney World with his family, and then gets a call from his job that he's been fired, and then he starts to go in. It's like an anxiety thing, sort of where he starts to go insane, but. And and also then the world is like crazy in like a Terry Gilliam movie kind of way. So it it it's like a movie built around a weird gimmick of production where they had to film it in black and white on these like specific cameras that could pass as like normal cameras you would use in the park. So they had like no depth of field. So all their shots had to be super specific. Mm-hmm. And it ended up looking really good, and they ended up being really funny and compelling despite those restrictions, which like was actually surprising when I saw it because huh. I really didn't know what to expect. Considering when I saw it, all I knew about was the gimmick, mm-hmm. and it's it's a it's a funny movie. 
Okay. It's also like got lots of weird like sexual stuff. Like he's like his young son has like a total Oedipal complex. <laughs> and then there are all these like weird like alliance shifting between like the kids and the parents. Just like weird stuff that's like it's like ridiculous, but it also sort of is too real. Yeah. <laughs> and he spends a lot of the movie like leering over these two like French girls he sees running around or in short shorts. As they're one to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes sense. And then there's also like weird supernatural stuff and just weird. It gets weird. It gets really weird. I mean, of course it does. <laughs> yeah. And then today I wrote about Monster A Go Go, which is a fucking terrible, awful garbage piece of movie that I kind of love for some reason. I don't really have a good explanation for that. It's it's the I described it as the er boring movie. It's like so boring. It's like tr- transcendently boring. And then it has okay. the greatest non ending in movie history, which is totally worth looking up a YouTube. Did video you and I talk Monster about this? Go-Go. Probably. I've probably mentioned it. With Nathan on that one podcast? That seems like a thing that would have happened. Yeah. Okay. Because, yeah, I remember some discussion about this. And suddenly there was no monster. Yeah. No thing called Douglas. A cosmic switch. Yeah. I love how you end that one with thank you for wasting your time. (laughs) As opposed to, like, every other one. Yeah. Pretty great. Yeah. Do you have plans already for, like, technically today's? Yep. Okay. Is it done, or do you just have to do it up later? I just have to do it up later. Yeah, okay. I have today's and tomorrow's. Oh, really? All ready to go? I don't know what I'm going to do on Saturday yet. I mean, yeah, you have to do something big for the day of, I guess. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know what, but... (laughs) I Me mean, either. <laughs> well, we'll figure it out. Yep. Uh, you added to your anime to your list. I put Food Wars on there. Mm-hmm. It, it ranks at... It's one of those where I'm like, I love this thing higher than it ranks because it's it's really just a shonen tournament thing that happens to be amazingly delightful. Mm-hmm. So it ends up ranking with a bunch of, sh- of higher-end shonen tournament stuff. Okay. Um, also, Oni Metsu uh, submitted something to the site. Yes. And he told me that the submit your article thing was busted, so I fixed it. <laughs> <laughs> and that works now. But uh, he had some troubles submitting through the other thing. But he did. And that is on the site now. It's uh, Ted by Dawn. I guess it's a $2 Steam game. That's kind of like... A, Kind of like a super meat boy, like a, he calls it NES hard, like platforming type thing with zombies and all that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Sounds interesting. I kind of want to try it out, honestly, but it sounds like it's just not that good Yeah, <laughs> from what I read. I really want to play, have you heard of Downwell? That's the game I really want to play. Yeah. It's like three I, bucks on Steam. Yeah, I've been meaning to pick that up. It looks a little bit too intense for me. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of jumping around and stuff. Maybe, like, maybe after I have a good rest mm-hmm. and, like, I'm not working, I can, like, just spend a day trying to get good at it, and then it'll be okay. Kind of like, I felt Spelunky and Super Meat Boy were, like, too ahead of me 
when I first played those or saw those and then like playing them, I got into a groove. So it's probably the same thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm I'm interested in that game for sure. Yeah. All right. Is there anything else to chat about? Not that I can think of. Yeah, I don't think so either. It's been it's been a long catch up night. <laughs> it's been a while. Yeah, that's, that's what happens when you go over a month without doing one of these. <laughs> this is <laughs> so. How nervous were you, like looking at your list of stuff, just being like, "We really need to do one soon." <laughs> yep. <laughs> Because you knew this would happen, basically. Like, I'm like, I'm running out of pay, like space on this piece of paper. <laughs> oh yeah, and like now you can throw it out and start a new piece because yep. you wrote everything down that you needed to, and we did it. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Any plans for Halloween? That's coming up. Nope. Yeah, me neither. Maybe, uh, maybe Call of Cthulhu. But not certain, so yeah, that could be interesting. Uh, I'm off next week, so we should play games and stuff because I know you don't have like a life. Apparently, you always seem to be home. <laughs> well, I'm I'm out in the middle of the day for here. Oh yeah, I guess. And then I have I have weird sleep schedules, so sometimes yeah. I'm asleep and sometimes I'm awake at all hours of the day. <laughs> yeah. We should, like, play some stuff for sure. Maybe some Heroes of the Storm. Yeah. I hear that game is still there. There are a bunch of characters I haven't played now. Check those out. Yeah. I played played Rexar. That's the only one of the new ones I checked out a little bit. Because that's one I'd been waiting for. Is he, um... He's not that good. What the hell is his name? What the hell is the Dota dude? Beastmaster. Oh, he's Beastmaster? Yeah. I thought he'd be more oh, like... Oh, no. Uh, he's, he's... Lone Druid? Yeah, he's kind of like Lone Druid, actually. Yeah. Now that I think about it, because he is the bear thing. Yeah. I mean, that's... Yeah, that's what I was thinking they were going for, but... But he he also has, like, some other animal stuff. Does he have a shout? Oh, no. That stuns? No. Does he have the axes that go in, like, a... In an arc around him? That he throws. I don't think he has that either. Actually, I don't remember. His his like better thing to do is just make the bear super strong. Does he have? Yeah, his ultimates are both about making the bear better. Actually, does he have a pig that can uh, spit acid or whatever the fuck Beastmaster's fucking boar did? You know, right now, I don't remember any of his abilities, except I remembered his ultimate. Does he have a bird that he can scout with? I think he has a bird he can scout with, is the thing. Okay. Okay. Yeah, he's a scout bird. That's 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 what made me think of Beastmaster. Yeah. That's fair. That is very Beastmaster-ish. And that Beastmaster is based on Rexar from Warcraft 3. Like, that's... Well, and that. (laughs) Yeah. All right. I think we're done here. Yeah. (laughs) All right. We'll see everybody later. Thank you for listening to like five hours of this. Thank you. (laughs) We'll see. See you next time.